Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of uh, former Bellator fighters, Liz Carmouche, getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week, it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who, of course, uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ. One Patricky Pitbull is, uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check them out. If you're at home, check them out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Monday, July 25th, 2022. Hello again, everyone. I sure hope you're doing well. It's a bit of an overcast, very hot day today in New York City. Scorching hot. I know it's hot all over the world. And uh, I hope you're, well, not all over the world, but at least Western Hemisphere. Uh, I hope you are cool, safe, healthy, sound. Hope you're enjoying your summer, if it is summer, wherever you may be. And I hope you're checking out today's show because today's show is a fantastic one. I'm excited about today's show. We have a lot to discuss with a lot of interesting people. A lot going on, as always, in the world of MMA. UFC 277 goes down this Saturday in Dallas. Second pay-per-view offering of the month of July for the UFC, which doesn't happen often. And I'm really curious to see what the buy rate will be. But, of course, we have to talk about this past weekend. We have to talk about what happened since we last spoke on Wednesday. Ooh, London was an interesting one. It wasn't quite the feel-good vibes that we got back in March. But uh, certainly a lot to discuss. And I'm excited. And we have a lot to discuss with the crew because they had a very eventful weekend. I'm in a great mood. I don't know about all of you. I was in Boston this past weekend. And I really like Boston. Uh, I hate their sports teams with a passion, but I really like the city a lot. It's a great city. Nice mix of new and old, great history there. Architecture is beautiful. And actually, the hotel that I stayed at, believe it or not, uh, was the same hotel that Dana White, my old friend, used to be a bellman at way back in the day, the Boston Harbor Hotel. Shout out to the Boston Harbor Hotel. They did not ask me to give them a shout out, but uh, they were telling me that Dana used to be a bellman at this hotel back in the day 
and was a very colorful, believe it or not, character. And actually, they told me, used to kind of set up matches, if you will, in some sort of like employee slash broom closet with the other bellman slash employees and was just a very memorable guy. There were people there that were working as bellmen when he was there some, I don't know, what is it now? 25 years ago, 26 years ago, something like that. Pretty crazy, right? Uh, So great location, great hotel, and a pretty funny story. But I was in Boston uh, because I was going to pick up my kids. My kids are home. Remember I was telling you about my kids going to summer camp, and I was nervous, and I was anxious, and I was sad about it. Well, they're finally back. Uh, When we reunited, they were covered in a layer of filth. They were very dirty, but it was a great uh, experience for them, and I'm just so happy. I feel whole again. I feel like everything's okay. No more anxiety. All good. They're back, safe and sound. I'm very happy. Of course, UFC London happened on Saturday. I was watching it in Boston. Uh, well, thank God for ESPN Plus and mobile phones because I was able to watch uh, while walking around. And uh, I have a lot to say about the card. As always, though, I do have to let you know that we are presented by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They are the official sports betting partner of the MMA Hour and the UFC. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code the MMA Hour for a special offer when you sign up again. That's code the MMA Hour only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You may have heard, my friends that uh, not only are we talking to a lot of the participants from this past weekend's card at the O2 in London, you may have heard that a certain Hamzat Shamayev is going to be joining the show today. Yes, it is in fact true. There's a crazy story surrounding how this came to be. And that will go down at around 3.50 Eastern time. Crazy story. I can't wait to share it with all of you. But yes, Hamzat Shamayev, the wolf, the man who will be facing Nathan Diaz, on September 10th in Las Vegas. We'll be joining us at around uh, 3.50 time. Stay tuned for that, and stay tuned for the crazy story surrounding how this whole thing happened. I'm looking forward to sharing that with all of you. At 3.25 or so, we're going to be joined by Dan Hardy, the outlaw, uh, who, of course, is one of the best analysts in the game, who does a fantastic job on his YouTube channel on BT Sport as well, former UFC fighter, former title contender. Anytime there's one of these events uh, in London, I like to check in with Dan because he has great perspective on the UK scene, on the UK fighters. And obviously, this was a really big one for the UK scene and the UK fighters. And I also want to know what the heck happened to his boxing match that was supposed to happen July 2nd in Manchester, the same card as the uh, the big Ricky Hatton return that never happened. So we'll talk to Dan Hardy about all that at around uh, 325 or so. We're going to talk to Curtis Blades at 3 o'clock, of course, he was in the main event on Saturday. And, of course, as you probably know by now, it ended very unceremoniously. I mean, that's two weekends in a row, two weekends in a row where the main event of a big UFC show ends in an injury, unceremoniously, unfortunate, sick to your stomach, upset, sad. This one, I would argue, a hell of a lot sadder, a hell of a lot more unfortunate than the one last week or two weeks ago, I should say, because at least with Yair and Ortega, we got four plus minutes. At least with those two, you know, it was in the midst of a, I'm not saying that that was a great thing, but it was like in the midst of a submission. This this one happened 15 seconds into the fight. It was shades, maybe not as gruesome, but shades of Chris Weidman and, uh, and Uriah Hall back in April of last year 
15 seconds in. We were all looking forward to it. It was a big test for Aspinall, big step up for him, big spot for Curtis Blades, important fight in the heavyweight division. Winner probably goes on to fight a Cyril Gantai-Tuivasa winner, which is happening September 3rd in Paris. And the whole thing lasts 15 seconds. Huge bummer. Spoke to Tom a little bit via text in relatively good spirits. Last I spoke to him, he said he thinks he'll have surgery today. Seems like an MCL injury, cartilage. He did not think it was an ACL tear, which is good news. I'm no doctor, uh, but obviously he was very down. And I reminded him that his hero, George St. Pierre, uh, once had a pretty severe knee injury, and he came all the way back, and he was able to be successful and become a double champ and all that stuff. Um, remember last time he was on, or two times ago, he was talking about how much you know, he admires George St. Pierre and the comment on his Instagram page and all that. So important to remember that. And so many other greats, right? Dominic Cruz came back from multiple knee injuries. Um, Conor McGregor, of course. Multi- I mean, there's so many. Uh, somewhat reminiscent of the Alexander Rakic sequence. He throws the leg kick, you know, blades kind of checks it. But then on the way back, it just seemed like either when it landed or when he took a step back, Something gave out on him. It appeared to be his knee. They had to bring out the stretcher, mobilize it. Um, it was just a bummer, a bummer of a scene. What we were, we we did get to hear the chant coming in, right, Frank? We got to hear the chant. Yes. We didn't really get to hear it on the way out. No. That was kind of the cue to just play the chant just for old time's sake. All right. Heard a little bit of it going in. Not so much on the way out. And I'd be remiss if I don't mention the fact that uh, our good friend TST goes to two UFC events, back-to-back weeks, both of them end in that fashion. I, you know, I'm not the curse guy, but like, golly, uh, not sure if that's ever happened to anyone. How many people were at the London event and the Long Island event? I would venture to say he was probably, like there's probably no more than five people who went to both. I mean, Bruce Banner was at both. Who's Bruce Banner? So close. So close with your... You're oh, getting gosh. there. You're getting there. Did I just mess that up? Yeah, you're getting there. Say it again. One more time. I'm not saying it again. I'm so embarrassed. Are you on uh, the air right now or off the air? I'm on the air, Ariel. Bruce Banner? Would you... That sounds like a superhero. I, maybe I got something confused. Yeah, thank you. Steve Bannon? Steve Bannon. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Are you referring to Bruce Buffer? That Buffer is yeah. what I meant to say. I'll tell you what. But also, the O2 Arena looked like they did not leave as soon as... Aspinall, you know, couldn't get back up, which the UBS arena is like they were gone within a second. Yeah, because those New Yorkers are heartless. I also I wasn't would, gonna say it, but yeah. Well, I would also say that Aspinall probably means more to the local crowd than Yair and, and Ortega did, right? So I think they all wanted to see how it would all kind of play out for him. And it was also very sudden. Um so anyway, we'll talk to Curtis Blades. He's bummed. But how about uh, he? He had a great moment in the post fight. I, I I'm springing this upon you guys way too soon. Do we have that clip or no? Way, way too soon. Way, yeah, too, way soon? too soon. You don't even way have it. <laughs> I mean, it was just a great moment. He was We're at the post fight press conference, and uh, he was. I mean, I appreciate. I actually, I, I'm considering immortalization just for him mentioning this. He's like, you know, if you have a fight like that, do you get the love? Do you get the Instagram followers? Do you get to go on Ariel Hawani's show on Monday? I was like, wow. It felt like a big moment for the for the show. Like people actually cared to come on Mondays. I mean that I don't know. Felt like a big deal. I was just hoping we could play the clip, that's all. Um anyway, so Curtis Blades at uh three o'clock. We're obviously gonna talk more about that in the coming minutes. 
at uh, 240. We're going to talk to Nathaniel Wood. What a great comeback win for him at a new weight class, 145. I would argue outside of Patty and Molly, of course, Nathaniel Wood had the best performance of any of the UK fighters. Obviously, Nikita Krylov had a big-time win over Alexander Gustafsson, although that was a little bit uh, depressing to watch just because Gustafsson you know, obviously isn't the same fighter that he once was, but a big-time win for Wood over the very tough, very game Charles Rosa. The streets of Boston stopped when that fight was going down. Uh, so we'll talk to him at 7.40. At 7.20, we'll talk to Jack Hermanson, who had the win over Chris Curtis. A lot of people were picking Curtis. Seemed like Curtis was the sexy pick going into that fight. And here we have two of the nicest guys in the sport, legitimately, uh, not really uh, loving each other in the fight. I think there were some birds being flipped off and whatnot. It seems like everything has been squashed. They're friends. They took the picture. They had their pints. All good. But in the moment, it did not seem like it was very lovey-dovey. So we'll talk to Jack about all of that. At that was two twenty. Did I say seven twenty? I'm like I'm trying to change the times for the UK and whatnot. At two o'clock, we'll talk to Mohammed Mohayev who had a big win over Charles Johnson. I know it wasn't the uh, maybe explosive finish that he was looking for and the fans were looking for, but it was another big-time win for the youngster who's just 21 years old. So stay tuned for all of that um, to come. But I did. I don't wanted to talk about the event, and I wanted to talk about everything that happened, and I wanted to talk about uh, the cruise experience with the event. In case you missed any of it, Curtis Blades, uh, Tom Aspinall, ends in a 15-second... I guess it's a TKO win via knee injury, but I don't know. It's a weird thing. The guy couldn't continue. So yes, it's a victory. I saw some people saying like it should be a no contest, this and that. It's a victory for Blades in the end. And uh, it seems like Aspinall is going to be out for a little bit. Jack Hermanson with unanimous decision win over Chris Curtis. Patty Pimblett defeated Jordan Levitt via second round rear naked choke. And I would strongly argue that this was Patty's most impressive performance for many reasons in the UFC so far. He's now 3-0. and uh, He did not get rocked. He did not get seriously hurt. Uh, there was no moment where you thought, oh, is something happening here? Is the chin in question? Uh, I know afterwards he said he hated the performance, but I think Jordan Levitt is better than his first two opponents. I think he... I think you can make a case, uh, somewhat up in the air, but I think you can make a case that Jordan Levin won the first round. Patty came back, looked tremendous in the second, uh, hit that knee midway through the second, secures the back, traps the arm, a la the great BJ Penn in his, tr- in his prime, and then scores the rear naked. I thought it was everything you wanted and more. The entrance was huge. It felt a little bit bigger. They closed the lights. Everyone pulled out the cell phones, the chant, Uh, He is a full-blown superstar. And for those that have been watching and following his career for quite some time, I think there's a lot of I told you so's. For those who said he was going to be and never was and not make it to the UFC, here's the best part of the Patty Pimblett story, as you may recall, which we have talked about on this show in the past. He was offered a UFC spot several years ago, and he turned it down because he felt that he wasn't ready. How often do you hear of that? He was doing well in Cage Wars. Then he had the rough patch where he was losing two of three. He was trying to figure out, is he better at 45 or at 55? And finally, the stars aligned for him, and now here he is, and it's all paying off. Patience uh, is a virtue, and and I think he's proving that. Guys, you know, successful in the regional scene, if you want to call Cage Warriors that, took his time, was confident enough 
to believe that the offer would come in the future. The offer came, and now, I mean, like, the guy can do no wrong. And why I think it was maybe his most impressive performance wasn't just because of the fight, but because of everything that he was dealing with. He said afterwards that uh, a friend of his, he found out, unfortunately, committed suicide. He found out Friday morning, just hours before the weigh-ins. Can't imagine. And you could see afterwards, once the interview was done, the post-fight interview was done, you could see the emotion. You could see how it all just came crashing down. Fighters do an incredible job, in my opinion, of compartmentalizing things. I mean, I can't imagine. If there's something bothering me, I feel like I can't do the show properly. And that's just like talking to all of you. I can't imagine going through super-duper tough, stressful, anxiety-ridden moments in your life, uh, gut-wrenching moments, blocking that out, going in there into a cage, fighting against another human being, and then being successful and having a result like that, that, not letting that get to you, letting that crumble you, letting that defeat you. And we've seen so many fighters overcome tragedies, emotion, anxiety, depression, all that stuff to be successful. And what he exemplified on Saturday was amazing. And then, of course, the post-fight interview talking about, you know, seeking help, it being okay to speak if you're, uh, uh, you know, a male, there's a stigma attached to, you know, sharing your emotions, sharing your feelings. And uh, I mean, that just made him even more popular. So uh, I know he probably wasn't as joyous and celebratory as maybe the last fight in March. But that was, uh, I mean, a 10 on 10 performance, if you ask me. And now it appears as though the sky's the limit for the young man. Molly McCann also, I mean, it was it was the Patty and Molly show. They were the two main highlights. Everything else was a bit of a dud. But Patty and Molly, <laughs> I mean, they showed up and then some. Molly with the big win over Hannah Goldie. And it feels to me, and she landed the spinning back elbow again. Now she's going back and forth with The Rock. What what a road for her, right? She hit a rough patch in her career uh, as well. And uh, it felt like she was like kind of doubting herself and losing confidence. Feels to me from afar, given their relationship, it feels to me like Patty's arrival to the UFC boosted her confidence. You know, I'm reminded of like when I went to Syracuse as a kid, not to make, you know, I'm just trying to compare. I didn't have a single friend there. I didn't have a friend from home there with me. I didn't have like a partner in crime. And when you have that one, I always used to say, if I had one friend there, if I had one, you know, school friend, one friend from Montreal with me, I would have so much more confidence walking around. Like you have that security blanket, that safety net. And it feels to me ever since Patty arrived, look at how good she has looked. She has that security blanket. She has that friend. She has that confidence. They're a tandem. They're walking in there. They're the stars, you know, chest puffed out, head held high. It just feels like Patty's, arrival has helped her out tremendously and you're seeing it in her performances she's going for the finish she's going for the kill she's confident in her abilities and both of them have now become gigantic superstars it's an amazing thing so a big win for her Nikhil Krilov uh, defeated Alexander Gustafsson in just 67 seconds and uh, great win for Nikita tough to see Gustafsson go down like that I know DC tweeted that he should retire. I'm not going to ask for his retirement, demand his retirement, but we all know who Gustafsson is and what he means to that region and what he meant to Nordic MMA. And without him, you know, the sport isn't, there's no all-stars and all this stuff. Certainly not as big as it is today. Guy who went toe-to-toe with John Jones back in 2013, guy who went toe-to-toe with DC at UFC 192, gave him his toughest fight as, as a champion in a victory, DC always said. Like, of all his wins, that was the toughest by far. The one in Houston back in the day in 2015. 
Um, never got over the hump. One of the greatest European fighters of all time, one of the greatest fighters to never win a title, in my opinion. Had his opportunities. Always felt bad for how it went down the second time he fought John Jones. Um, so I'm curious to see where he goes from here, but clearly the chin isn't what it once was and hard to see him go down in just 67 seconds. Volkan Ozdemir stopped the uh, the train that was Paul Craig, unanimous decision win. And then we had a stretch of tough fights to watch. Ludovic Klein beat Mason Jones. Mark G. Casey beat Demir Hazdovich, uh, both via unanimous decision. Nathaniel Wood had a nice win over Charles Rosa, unanimous decision. Uh, Jonathan Pierce, not sure about this whole JSP thing. And not sure about Bisping had a lot of jokes about GSP. It was a lot of imitations, mocking. It was like one too many, if you ask me, Michael Bisping. But uh, that's just my opinion. JSP had a win over Makwan Amir Khani. That was the lone finish on the prelims. Mohamed Mokhaev, decision win over Charles Johnson. Jai Herbert, decision win over Kyle Nelson. Victoria Leonardo, decision win over Mandy Baum. And Nicholas Dalby got back in the win column, win column and had a decision win over Claudio Silva. So that was the total story. And I saw uh, people afterwards saying they came back too soon. It was a mistake. They tried to recreate March. March was this. March was that. This was this. This was that. Here's what I, I want to say about that. And then we'll we'll bring in the other guys. This wasn't a mistake. It was the right thing to do. March was such a huge success. You had all these guys ready to go. Obviously, it was a success from a business standpoint. And it was a success because look how much more popular Patty and Molly are. So in that regard, it was a success. And as I said, after Patty and Molly's win, all they needed was a Tom Aspinall win, and the whole thing would have been a 10 on 10. No one would have even remembered the prelims. Unfortunately, it ended on a very sour note, but still, it was a success. This isn't pro wrestling. You can't script the card. Sometimes they're not going to win. Sometimes they're going to be duds. But they didn't come back too soon. These guys were going to fight again in three, four months anyway. So they were either fighting in Dallas or they're fighting back home in London. So of course, it made all the sense in the world. Now, the next time they're going to fight, they're not going to fight back in London. I would suggest, you know, Patty and Molly should fight at MSG. That would make a lot of sense, even though they were talking about Las Vegas afterwards. Uh, maybe like a Mojave in Abu Dhabi. Basically, you can disperse them now for a little bit until the next London show, probably next year. But... This is just a reminder how special March was, how March will probably go down as the best card of the year, unless something else, you know, crazy happens. And, you know, we still have five or so months. Um, but people like complaining or celebrating that this was a bad card, that this was a dud, you know, they're not all going to be March. And that's why you have to appreciate the March cards. That's why you have to enjoy them, recognize them when they're special, and also understand that this isn't pro wrestling. You can't script it. Now, what's happening with pa Patty and Molly feels like it's being scripted, feels like it's pro wrestling because it's that damn incredible. Um, but the rest of it, you know, you got to let the fights play out. And I will say this card was more evenly matched than March's card from top to bottom, from Aspinall's fight to, you know, Patty's fight to Mikhaev's fight. So, you know, they're going to be closer fights. But when you have Patty and Molly have performances like that, it's a huge night, and they've got something very special with the two of them. And obviously, like you can't split them up. They've got to be on every card together. And I would suggest putting them here in New York in November to get the rub from this crowd with all the, you know, the Brits living here and 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 people who would travel here. I think that would be quite the scene. Now, I understand uh, GC and Frank watched the card together, and it was quite the weekend. 
I didn't have the same type of experience because, like I said, I was parading around town listening and watching on my ESPN+. Plus. But uh, I want to bring in the guys here and find out because I purposely didn't ask them any questions about their experience because I wanted to talk about it on the show. Now, the last time we spoke to GC and Frank, uh, we we had found out that Frank was going to have a late night on Friday because he was doing some sort of DJing. What's your DJ name again? I forget. DJ Frankie Frank. DJ Frankie Frank had a busy night at, where is it, Marquee? Yeah. Marquee. And we were trying to figure out, is he going to go home? Is he going to come back? Is he going to sleep over? So uh, what did you end up doing, Frank? Tell the world how your Friday slash Saturday morning went. So um, left the venue at 4, got over to Connor's place around 4.30, struggled to get into the building. Wait, okay, so wait, wait. So so you did decide to go to his house at 4.30, his yeah, apartment? Yeah, it made Where's more Connor? sense. Where's Connor? Is Connor here? Or what's um, he I haven't seen him. Okay. Um, yeah, you can put him on the screen. How did you? Oh, there uh, they are. Okay, hello, guys. How are you? Um, it was a slow reveal. So, okay, so I just wanted to, because I wanted everyone's uh, facial expression. New York Rick here as well. So, okay, so you decided to do the 4.30. Uh, Over at Connor's. Okay. So we could uh, do breakfast and right. maximize my sleep potential. And and did you know about this, GC? Yeah, I gave him step-by-step step instructions to get in the building, so I don't really know why he struggled uh, too much. I mean, like... It was 4 in the morning. The text that I was sending him, like, I gave him I gave him the codes. I gave him step-by-step step instructions. I was like, I'm going to leave out blankets. I left out an eye mask. I set the AC for him. I did everything. I offered him my private room with an air mattress, and he just continued to refuse it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know why he struggled the game, so but he did struggle, get in. And then there's a doorman who's just sitting there watching me. Yeah, he, <laughs> like, he, thanks, he thanks for your help. Buddy. Oh, you live in, like, one of those fancy, yeah, like, fancy. Um, gated community apartments. Right. Okay. Yeah, and I, so I can't lie. When I was going to bed, the text back, I'm sending Frank paragraphs on how to get in. Super nice, unbelievable host. And he's sending back, like, Okay, like cool. No, uh, no, no real reciprocation. Yeah, no real like. Is there thank a thank you? Man? you? Like, no, nah, 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 no, thank you. you know. No, like I appreciate it, man. So like, wow. As okay. I'm laying down to go to Not bed, even an, I appreciate it. Wow. Okay. As I'm laying down to go to bed, I, I can't lie. I'm gonna be honest with everyone Please. on the crew. It crossed my mind. I was like, wow. I'm I'm really gonna find out if if I can trust Frank here. Like I am just letting him walk walk right into my house. Everything unlocked. Like I. This is really going to test our friendship here. Were you worried about it? I, Not I completely, it but it, it crossed my mind. The thought crossed my mind. I was like, what is he going to do? What if I wake up and my TV's gone? Wow. Uh, what if Can I wake imagine? up and my door is wow. just swung open and <laughs> Mysterious Frank is standing there? Uh, With a machete. Yeah, whoa, a brief whoa, thought. Yeah, this is escalating way too quickly. <laughs> a brief thought ran through my mind. I was, I was. Now, you have a roommate, right? Yeah, and a dog. So and a dog. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, he couldn't do much. The now, did did you have to get this cleared? What's the etiquette? I never really lived with a roommate other than my brother. And it was a horrible Yo, Frank's experience. crashing on the couch tonight. Yeah, right, and, and what did he say? Really? And cool. what time's he coming? Four thirty. Nah. No, no, there was none of that. <laughs> not, not even. Nah, he just said, "Okay, cool." Okay, so all right, so so four thirty rolls around. Frank comes in. Uh, Quiet as a church mouse. Wow, yeah, undetected. Yeah, didn't wake me down. up. Uh, when I did wake up Saturday morning, though. I'm like, I wonder if Frank made it. I get up to go to the bathroom. All I hear is just, <laughs> yeah, I'm talking a grizzly bear from my couch. Is I'm true? like, all right, well, Frank made it. 
Maybe I should get my septum checked out. Was I really snoring? Oh, bad, bad. And oh, you know man. Frank wasn't unbelievably cl- comfortable sleeping on the couch, which is why I offered him the private room, because when I made it to the living room, like, he popped up. Like, he was just like... He was horizontal immediately. He's just like, yeah, what's up, man? I'm go, I'm chilling. Like it was, uh, yeah. There was no uh, like uh, slow wake up, anything like that. Um, and then when he woke up, he's he's wearing a button down, okay. uh, massive. I le- I'll let him explain this start. <laughs> massive. So I look down on my stain on there's it. There's a uh, what? There's a sweat stain on my shirt because I must have been. It was sleeping not slight, bro. It was huge. So he's like, "What happened to your shirt?" I'm like, "I don't know," and I'm gonna figure it out. No AC in the apartment? No, Blasting AC. Blasting AC. So why were you so wet? I'm going to Venmo him 10 for my Con Ed bill come, come oh, into the month. God. And I actually believe you. <laughs> <It's the problem. laughs> um, I don't know. You're sleeping in a un- different new place. I don't know. Maybe Nervous? Night, night you weren't sweating was. going into the apartment. Um, no. The sweat no. was during the sleep. Now, what about this uh, air mattress that we heard about on Wednesday? Can't be Quality bad. air mattress. I offered to him again on Friday night, and he denied it. It's Why? Just, it's such an imposition to sleep on I, someone's couch. I literally ended the text. I was like, I swear it is literally no trouble at all. It takes five minutes to set up, and your sleeping experience will be much better. How was the sleeping experience, Frank? Dude, really nice couch. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so, it is a quality couch. So I sleep on a couch in between my two jobs on Friday, and that couch you sucks do? compared to this one. Yeah, I sleep on one in the mastering room. Wow. And, uh, How long? I try to get a couple hours, you know, maybe an hour and a half, two hours. Wow, what a gig. What a life. It's a struggle. So anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so you get there. You wake up. Wake up. We uh, start there, listening to some music from... Can I just ask a question? Is there a moment where it's like Saturday morning, you're there, you know, you're sleeping, the snoring, and it's like, this is a little weird. Or are you guys fully comfortable? There's no sort of, like, you guys are boys. Like, there's no weirdness. Oh, I'm, I'm a thousand percent The thing that threw me off is seeing Connor's girlfriend just appear. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I didn't know oh, that Is she was. not allowed to be there? No, I mean, I just thought, okay, it's, it's three dudes in an apartment. Like, who cares? I didn't know she was in town. So I'm like, okay, this is... She uh, also didn't care, though. No, I woke yeah. him up. I was like, Frankie, I was like, you want a cup of coffee? <laughs> It's like, okay, like, no, like, I don't no. look my finest here. I got a sweat stain. I've you know, apparently been snoring. And it's like, oh, okay, here's your girlfriend. He was like, oh, he's like, I got to go figure out what the stain is. Like, I got to figure out what the stain is. <laughs> How do you figure out what the stain is? It's well, like, that doesn't dry happen, the shirt, but it also don't sleep in a... Yeah, it was also shirt. like, I was like, what size are you? And he's like, 2X. I was like, I might be able to find a 2X for you. Did you he find did, one? He didn't find it. No. no. Well, well, he what told came me out to Clutch was He's like, the... let's just move on from the stain. And I was like, all right. But, but Clutch was the uh, the steaming. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, we've heard about the steaming. We've heard about the steaming. Steamer, for me, is on the same level as the air fryer. Air fryer is to oven as steamer is to iron. We're moving on in the world. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you didn't. Br- by the way, why not bring a change of clothes, Frank? All right, Backpack? so the story is my wife was bringing a change of clothes. But she was unaware of how early we were doing breakfast, so the things got confused. Why uh, did you bring the change of clothes to the gig? I was also carrying a drum machine around. It was just, <laughs> it was a whole thing. This is all in the name of UFC London. That's yeah, what I said. I mean, I, I like, had a limit. here is fantastic. New York, Rick, any thoughts so far on all of this? You're just I feel, I feel bad about this whole stain situation I mean, being aired out. I gotta be honest. Point, yeah. No, this is great. I think this is tremendous content. Um, all right, so so we wake up, we have some coffee, we we're up. listening to music. What kind of tunes? So on a we're Saturday listening morning? to exclusively English music. So ah, I love we it. Start with some Wonderwall from Oasis. Yes. I then insist we listen to song two from Blur. Michael Bisping, of yeah. course. 
Um, yeah, then we give Frank the ox. Like, he just takes over. I mean, it was... Got some Stormzy in there. Then we wow. Listened to... Hey, Stormzy was at the fight. Yeah, yeah we were. That was yeah. nice. Is it... Is it um... More of a Wiley fan, though, if anyone... Is it embarrassing if I say I've never heard of Stormzy? Yeah. Is Almost that crazy? as embarrassing as Bruce Banner, to be honest. So. No, come no, on. No, come on. <laughs> Give Who me this. Is, is Stormzy on the level of a uh, Dizzy speech. Rascal? Yes. <laughs> Who's bigger? Stormzy right now. Is Stormzy the guy who walked out with MVP a couple months ago? Yes. Yeah. God damn it. All right. Yeah. I, need to, um, I need to brush it. Is he R&B? What is he? Hip-hop? Grime. What the hell is Grime? It's uh, So Americans have turned it into Drill. Very similar styling. No, I don't know. Okay. What is it? Like, compared- it's hip-hop. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah, but like kind of self-produced, very grimy, for lack of a better way of describing EDM? it. EDM? Hip-hop. Okay. <laughs> I was just trying to <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, so you're playing the Stormzy. So we're playing Stormzy. We're listening. You know, we're having a good time. Oh, yeah. Well, I actually have a picture from the car ride. Oh, wow. Oh, wait. Uh, wait. Frank, as you can see, he's on the ox. Um, the the shirt he's skin? wearing is the same one. He was wearing uh, when when we were on the Wow, there. there it is. There's Frank. He's giving a thumbs up. He's feeling good. This is the one I sent you. The yeah. vibes the vibes were high. I mean, we were. This is we the Beatles uh, in there. This yeah. is an Uber. This is an Uber on the way to uh, Tea and Sympathy in Manhattan, where we where we had our breakfast. Wow. Okay. And by the, the way, how high. did you? Uh, how did you? But and and I just need to backtrack so that we don't have people coming after us. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, Jose Young's very upset. Yeah. I was just. You, you oh, go for it. No, you go for it. You go for it. Jose Young's correcting the record. Skepta. Skepta? Yeah, Skepta yes. is the oh, one yeah. who worked out with MVP. He's never been more annoyed oh. at a conversation in his life. Wow. Yeah, never. The UK, the UK hip hop. Wow. Shocking. Uh, all right, Skepta. So, I, I, uh, by the way, still a big name. No, in my defense, I had a feeling that it wasn't the guy. You guys were like, yeah, of just course like when it I was. said no, Bruce Banner. I'll, I'll take like, the bullet. It was, it was only me who said I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. All right. So. We go back to the car ride. Uh, yeah, we were riding in the car. We we pull up. Uh, Tea and Sympathy blew me out of the water. I mean, it was... How'd you find it? Uh, British restaurants in Manhattan, Google yeah. search. Uh, so that's what came up. I mean, we get there. There's a guy waiting outside, you know, to seat us. Full English accent. I was like, okay, we're really there. Um, yeah, we can go back to the pictures. I, I got a... Uh, you know, I took a couple pics outside. There's, uh, you know, they got the British flags everywhere. Uh, the Union Jack, me and Frank outside. They wow, the Queen this is pictures. amazing. Uh, <laughs> First of all, can I, can I just say the uh, the fist poses are tremendous. I mean, it's a must. At this I like point. that Frank is doing the fist pose. I like that his his hand looks like it's like out of <laughs> Minecraft or something. Yeah, I was gonna say he does look like a Minecraft <laughs> character here. Uh, same shirt, by the way. We're still thanks, rocking thanks the same shirt. Yeah. Uh, Where's the stain on the left side or the right on side? The left side? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, is that why you're positioned like that, Frank? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so so I mean, real quick, I tell my wife, I'm like, hey, we're going to Tea and Symphony, Sympathy. And she's like, oh, yeah, I love that place. I've been telling you about it forever. That's where I ran into Zoe Deschanel. Oh, wow. I'm like, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, it's the place of the stars. <laughs> it's, uh, it's fancy. Anyone recognize you guys? No. Okay. Um, so, yeah, then we, uh, we get into it. Uh, we all order. Everyone at the table orders the full Monty English breakfast. I, I finally get to try the black pudding. Is there something uh, on the menu that says English breakfast? Yeah, full Monty English breakfast. Oh, it's called full it Monty says. English breakfast. Okay. At this place, that's what it's called. We get the beans, everything. Now, what is on that? Because I got a message from someone that I, that I think they were in Scotland, and they told me that mm. the English breakfast, the traditional English breakfast, doesn't actually have black pudding. Yes, that's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing as well. But this one did. 
you could add it. So I oh, added it. So okay. I got the mushrooms, the tomatoes, the beans, the toast, the back back bacon, sausage, eggs, black pudding. Gee. And the black pudding is what again? It's like a blood sausage. Jeez. It's disgusting, it's, no? I liked it. I really? Liked black pudding. I think what I've decided, I mean, Frank... Frank loved everything. Okay. I think I've decided <laughs> I'm not a not a beans, not a mushrooms guy. Not Sacrilege. a beans, not a beans on a mushroom on this particular on this particular dish, on but, this particular. But in general, dish. you are. in general love them both. You just don't like the combo. Yeah, don't. Is love there the actual combo. blood when you eat the thing? No, no, no. no, no I just call blood sausage. <laughs> it's stuck in his head. <laughs> that is disgusting. It's like what is it like squirting out? No, it's actually dry. That's what, I mean. I don't know, drier than the other sausage link that you see there. Okay. What did you have, Frank? I had the same. Same. Plate. Oh, the exact same plate. But yep. I wasn't, you know, bouncing out with the beans and the mushrooms. I ate it all, except for the toast. I wow. Oh, I love the toast. Toast was great. Uh, we also got some some scones, clotted uh-huh. cream, jam. Uh, you know, when in Rome, we we had to do it all. Uh, tea in actual teapots with the uh with the strainer and everything. I mean, this was wow. This was real deal holy field. Like we were we were in there. It, it was great. Um You might as well have been uh on uh Essex Street or something. I mean, like I posted that. a picture on Instagram and everyone was like, "How was London?" They thought you were really there. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> "Never been." I love when you post this stuff and everyone starts weighing in. That uh, looks like crap. I <laughs> I have discovered that uh yeah, so here's here's today or here's this weekend's and then here was the one that I homemade. Wow. I think I did a pretty good job. I think you did a great lie. job. I think I did a pretty Those good hash job. Browns are not that looks like from Grubhub yeah. or something. This is what we had. This is what I did. I have discovered that, yes, food takes, food topics, especially the English breakfast, uh, it's, like, it's like politics. It's like people get so heated. They get so into it. Uh, yeah. This is a like when of, I bring up steak well done. All yeah. That oh, yeah, that's a food take. It's yeah, more of go. a commentary on them and their insecurities than it is on us. I think so too. I mean, they get so they get so worked up and they're so adamant about it. One guy was was sounding off in the comments uh, like, uh, "Throw the throw the bean. The beans have to be on the side. You can't mix them." Uh, another guy Jeez, said, "Having the scones was proper Tory," uh, which I took very personally. But uh, did you respond with that? That that that. <laughs> That that Dory, yeah. Right. I don't know what uh, any of that means, but yeah. But now, most most of the reviews are positive. Is yeah. there part of you that thinks they are experts, their expertise, and try to learn from it from the perspective of maybe don't put the beans or they're no like experts. That. I mean, I think it's all personal taste, and my personal taste is I, I don't love the beans with it. All right, so you have the meal. Everyone's happy. Meal. I mean, unbelievable experience. We had the HP sauce. Everyone was like, oh, I got to have the sauce. I was like, we had it. Isn't that Don't steak sauce? It. it tastes like steak it's sauce. It's like yeah. the proto ketchup. It's, okay. br- it's brown sauce. It's, so this is like a mm. proper traditional English place. So much to the point where I'm like, I order the tea and the guy's trying to bring me a water. I'm like, I'll have a cider. He's like, oh, perfect. You know, like wow. very, very validating. It's like, this is accent? How you do it. Did they have oh, an accent? Yeah. Yes. Oh. Everyone had an accent. The table next to us was getting the whole like, Finger sandwich tower with scones and tea. Like, this was... Anyone talking about UFC London? That's not one person, which I, I okay. was I was hoping... No they, signage, no posters. Yeah, they might be like... I might hear some murmurs in the back, like, oh, Aspinall goes today. Can't yeah. wait. Gotta War be in front Tom. of the tube. Right, gotta be in front of the telly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all right, so you, you wrap that up, and then where do you go? Back to the crib. Oh, you go all the way back to Brooklyn? Oh, yeah. Wow. Big screen experience. Okay, and then UFC what? UFC London. 
Yeah, then we just watched the fights. Uh, yeah, that was it. We just hang out. Uh, uh, and now, Frank, at this point, did you change yet or? No. So you just wore the same thing the whole day? Uh, so then my wife shows up with a bag of clothes. Ah. Uh. And then I don't change. Wow. Yeah. So at one point in the fight, she's like, was I a little late with the clothes? I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll just change if we get home. Really? Yeah. That would have been the first thing that I did. Well, I would have changed twice then. It doesn't make sense. How late? I did shower. Like, let's be clear on that. Like, Connor did offer yes, me a shower. Yes, I did leave that yeah, part I wasn't out. just doing Wait, where did you shower? My career, yeah. Oh, okay. Wait. Showered, You showered and put, put back the same... Yeah, I was going to say Look, washed off everything. not my finest moment, okay? <laughs> put the same clothes back on. Boy. At what point in the but day But they were steamed this? clothes. That's when he true. showered, it was like 9 a.m. Okay, interesting. And now what time did your wife come? I mean, I guess the fight had already started. So. Like one fight in? Uh, a couple fights in. There was at least five or six hours left in the night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not the yeah. night, the afternoon. The afternoon, yeah, you know the, the day. Night over in the UK. Okay, so you chose uh, to not get changed, right. but you sat. You guys sat there and watched every single fight. Every single. Oh one. yeah, every single. I'm we curious. got we got in in the first round of uh, the Dolby Silva fight. Okay, and went the entire way. Frank, this is the first time you watch a card top to bottom on TV. No, I've been over at Connor's. And yeah, he's it. done it before. He showed up like forty five minutes early for uh, two seventy three. Oh, okay. Now, so what are you guys thinking? Because I always get stressed out about this when I'm introducing new fans, like. Very famously in my life, not in anyone else's life, UFC 73, I had a birthday party with my, um, I was turning, hmm, what is this, 27, maybe 25 or something like that, it was 2007, I think it was 2007. Anyway, I invited my brothers and all their friends to go to this bar to watch UFC 73 stacked, and it ended up being a horrible pay-per-view, and I... And I was so stressed out the whole night because I was like, I'm trying to teach them about MMA, about UFC. This is going to be so great. It's Anderson Silva and Rashad Evans and Noguera and Heath Herring. And the whole card was pretty much a dud. Are you guys feeling this? Like, are you feeling this stress? Because no, no okay. I felt this stress much more at 273. Okay, uh, like when like when like Aljamain is like backpacking Jan. I'm like, oh man, this isn't really that great of a fight. Uh, I like that like, fight. And then like Volkanovski. That was Volkanovski dominating Korean Zombie. I mean, that was also, a, you know. Right. I was more. I was much more aware of what you were saying the first time Frank came over because it is such like a marathon a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's such like a. Did I ever he, give the impression that I was bored? Or no, he didn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a little bit. But on Saturday, <laughs> we were all in the trenches together. I mean, we had all just. There were a few other people that had been to UFC Long Island with us. Right. You know, we were riding together, and we were all sort of like, yeah, main card starting. And we were like, man. <laughs> This is a this is a bummer of a card so far. This is not that great. Um, yeah, there was really not a lot to write home about. Um, you had the Dolby win. You had the Leonardo win. Jai Herbert win. Mohaev, I thought was all right. Mohaev, we all enjoyed. Oh, wait, whose mic is open right now? That would be Rick's. Why are you hearing an echo? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Mohaev, we enjoyed because. We had money on him. We were all cheering for him, and it was just a dominant win. Same thing with uh, Nathaniel Wood and uh, I thought that was a great performance, actually. Oh, fantastic performance. That was one we all enjoyed. I mean, he just looked – it's just too fast, too good for Charles Ross on on Saturday. Uh, Mach 1 was fun because I had the sub bets, and, like, in the first round, it looked like he might have a chance at it. So, like, we got a little bit excited. Um, Mason Jones, that was, you know – yeah. Did not look great. Here was uh, the problem also. I, I, I know that some people were saying that, oh, the pacing was great. It went by really fast. 
I felt not having any post-fight interviews except for JSP, I think, was the only one because he had the finish, really took a lot away from the card because, I mean, look at Patty's moment. Patty's fight without that yeah. post-fight is tremendous, but I think the post-fight interview put him over. Same with Molly. In those crowds, in those arenas, when you're fighting in front of your hometown or home country, you're... You're gonna get, you know, you're gonna get the mic, and you're gonna have a moment to say something, and they're gonna make you feel special. And on TV, you're gonna come across as a bigger star. And you know, Wood didn't have that moment. Mokhayev didn't have that moment. Jai Herbert didn't have that moment. And I know the problem was 14 fights. They squeezed in what was it like eight prelim fights in the span of three hours. It's just too much. So they were yeah. 20 minutes late. And uh, the the whole thing felt very rushed. Like, it just felt like a bunch of content. It didn't feel like you were able... What I would have done was get rid of the pre-fight packages and, you know, shed that time and use that time for the... Like, one question. Mohammed, oh, you're now 8-0. Let him say something. God bless. Salam alaikum. And then walk off. But you didn't get those moments. So, so they all just kind of felt like they were blending in there together. And I felt like that actually... like. I actually think that if they would have given some of those guys the moment to speak, like once you're over, you're over. And I know that they were hoping to make it up on the back end. But once you, you know, give those guys a chance to speak, like I actually think that it takes some of the, you know, the oomph away from like how boring the card was feeling for a moment. You know what I mean? Because at least you have these moments of like, ah, it felt, basically what I'm trying to say is it felt like the crowd was just dying to explode about something. Right. And yeah, nothing no. was being given to them to explode about, not even a post-fight interview. Yeah, I agree with you, especially the way that like some of the people have taken the Twitter or like social media, like Jai Herbert saying, like, this win was for me. I was coming off a devastating knockout. Yeah. Like, I know I didn't win by finish, but like I needed to get this done for myself. I would have loved to hear from Nathaniel Wood after being off for that long. Uh, Mark D. Casey. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I wish there, there was post-fight interviews. That's why you have the MMA hour giving guys like this exactly. That's why we get. It felt like the card came alive in the Molly fight. Well, I will actually say, like when Paul Craig walked out, it felt like they were like, "All right, main card, yeah. Scotsman, let's sure. go." It was super it went, hype. Yeah, it was super hype. Yeah, and then the and then the fight fell flat on its face. And right. It was Paul Craig trying to pull guard the whole time. It was. Uh, yeah, I felt like Molly McCann was the first time we like got out of our seats and started going crazy. Molly and Patty showed up. What do you What do you guys think? Like, what's the uh, the play now for Molly and Patty? MSG? You said MSG. I'd love to see them at an MSG. Uh, see how the crowd reacts when they're not in England. Uh, you know, maybe give them each a step up in competition. Uh, I think McCann, who'd she call it? Antonina. Antonina, also Miranda like Maverick. That. Yeah, I'd love a Miranda Maverick. That's like a, a legitimate like. I actually like the Antonina fight because I feel like at 125, other than Valentina. There's no other name right now that is like really like I don't I don't want to suggest that Molly could go in there and give Valentina a tough fight right now, but she is very clearly the second most popular fighter at 125 in the well, UFC. Popularity, right? Yeah. So popularity I feel like that fight would yeah. be gigantic. There's no other big fight for Valentina. Like Grasso, not quite there just yet. Manon Fioro, not quite there. So Molly beats Antonina, cuts a promo. Now we're getting a little bit closer. Yeah. You know what I mean to actually making something of note for Valentina. Could you imagine Molly knocking uh, oh Valentina out? <laughs> the whole thing is so crazy, man. The whole thing is so crazy. Like, I remember when we were at ESPN and I was having Molly and Patty on the shows and I was getting eye rolls. And now, like, they can't get enough of them. Yeah. The whole yeah. turnaround is insane. I think the big thing is the next step is seeing how that travels, right? Will the crowds come with them? Yeah. 
will they be stars outside of this environment? That's going to be the next thing. Like, what does what does the Molly fight look like in Las Vegas? What does the Molly fight look like in New York? What does Patty look like in New York? We have to kind of Gotta see do that. In New York, no, it's not the same. I, it in makes Vegas. sense. It makes sense. What, no, what I it, mean, why not? What does Vegas. it look like if they're in New York and Molly's fighting Miranda Maverick, an American, and Patty's fighting Michael Chandler? Uh, an American. Patty like, fighting Michael Chandler? Oh, jeez. Crazy brother. <laughs> Execution. <laughs> not yet. Not Easy. yet. By the way, shout out to uh, AK Lee. I just saw this on Twitter before the show. He threw this out, I think, from one of the uh, listeners or viewers from On to the Next, if I yep. got that correct. Yeah. I didn't even think of it. Patty versus Tony Ferguson is actually really interesting. I, I think No the chance fight, they make it happen. I think the fight no. is Hooker. I think Hooker Hooker versus Patty. Hooker versus Patty <sighs> makes a lot of sense. I don't want to like I think Hooker you, needs You don't think that's a, a step up for Patty? There's a big gap there between is. Jordan Levin and Dan Hooker. I think it where, is. Where where yeah. else do you go? He, Hooker's at the bottom of the top 15 at lightweight. Where where do you Where's go? Where's Jordan Levin? Not ranked, Not obviously. Ranked. Is but Jordan Levin top 20? I don't think so. Is Patty? I mean, did did you come away from that performance thinking he was levels above Jordan Levitt? No, but I'm saying why do you need to go from Levitt to Hooker? I say Keep the slow, I mean, how roll. slow. Keep it going. How slow? It's working. Look at the, oh, the freaking. I saw the clip on the Instagram, on the UFC Instagram, has 7 million views of his that's post fight interview. Crazy. 7 crazy. million. All right, so give me a name. Give me an unranked name that's like I ha- under. I have to look at like the. U- like if I look at the rankings right now, there's no one there that I want him to fight. I actually think the Tony one is, is interesting because he's clearly on the way down. Tony. Tony's ranked above Hooker, and they're on the same level of losing streak. I mean. Feels like there's a little more, you know, Oof, miles. All right, no, Tony, uh, am I wrong? I think, I think. It's, By the way, just for the record, I say Jaylen it's Turner. interesting. No, get out of here, Jalen Turner. What are you? No, crazy? stop this. <laughs> stop this. He's what? 14. No, no, no come way. Jalen Turner. I feel like Jalen Turner was like talking about the slow build, and it we're, went from. Okay, I'm, so I propose Dan Hooker for him. Like we're, <laughs> we're trying to give him like an easy win. Yeah, Ariel's looking for something unranked. I'm looking for something. Listen, what I would keep doing for both Patty and Molly, keep this. I don't want to call it a squash match because I actually think Jordan yeah. was game and his jo- first Jordan round was Levitt fine. Jordan Levitt and Patty Pimblett looked to be similar levels. That looked like a fight. That looked like a fight. It didn't look like a guy running over the competition. Wait, I Someone got, who had the over one and a half. It, uh, you were sweating it out. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> to say the least, yes. I'm looking at the lightweights. Clay Guida, Joe Lozon, no, RDA, Oliveira, Poirier, Johnson, McDessie, Bobby Green, Joe Dober, Vince Pichel. I don't. Is it Vince Pichel? Yeah, it's not, okay, let's keep going. Jesse Ronson, someone like that. How many of these hey, can we do? Uh, yeah, oh, I, 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 I say do ten more. No, come on, man. <laughs> do ten more. Damir Hasdovich. I think at a certain point we really need to know how good is Patty Pimblett. I I think so too. Why is there anyone asking that question, or are they all just loving dressing is up it, like him and talking about is, him? No one's I, asking that question I right think, now. I feel a lot of people are asking that question. I think we have to pump. The, and to be honest, them asking the question benefits him. So to your point, you could do this forever. It, it helps for people to be questioning that. Um, but again, this is in an environment. This is in the the environment where it's favorable for Patty Pimblett. Jamie right? Malarkey. We, we are doing what these about fights. Jamie Malarkey? I'm fine with these. Malarkey's a dog. That's not I a mean, bad one. He had went over Michael Johnson. We're doing these fights in London, home crowds. Everything feels big. It feels amplified. It, it, you know, this, this is this is not a, a true test yet. Again, I think we have to see how this travels. Right? If if it is in New York, 
what does that look like? What does the Patty support look like? Is this legit? Do we do we get the the fans traveling? Do we get the swell of support? Does he make the the impact that he makes at home? I think um, he does. We'll see, I yeah, see we'll have to fight. see it. In somewhere other than England, I want to yeah. see him fight someone ranked. I don't know about the ranked. I'm okay. Thing. Listen, I'm okay. I'm on your side division. to an extent. I'm okay <laughs> if they if they do uh, an unranked guy because of the li- like that division is absolutely loaded. The names you mentioned, there's tough fights in there. Like a guy like Bobby Green, not be like that's a tough fight. That that's a that's a real fight. So I'm not oh, Bobby Green. I'm not advocating that there's no good unranked lightweights, but I also think there's opportunities to advance it to like really push the ball forward on on him. Can I also just say again? I hate to make the comparisons, but. You see the build and what I'm advocating for, and then you look at what Connor had to go through. And yeah. when people, I remember doing the MMA beat and wanting to smash my head against the table when Jeff Wagenheim would sit there, as much as I love him, be like, oh, he hasn't proven anything yet. And yeah. I know that, you know, hindsight 2020, as far as who Max Holloway became. But if you look at who he was fighting, Max Holloway in his second fight, yeah, uh, Marcus Brimage, I would argue, better than anyone that Patty has fought thus far in the UFC. Comparable, but yes. Uh, Brandau. Was yeah. a solid fighter, and then it was dust. We're we're approaching in Patty's UFC run. We're approaching the Dustin Poirier fight in Connor's UFC run. This this is my point, and Michael Chandler. This is my point. <laughs> well, I mean, no, stop. Come on, that's that's too crazy. Let's, it just let's go, not get it just goes back to here. say like we, we want to do this whole revisionist history thing on Connor, and I see a lot of people, and I think it's fair to say this is the biggest European star. This is the biggest star since Connor, who has yeah, captivated absolutely. in such a short amount of time. Can we put some freaking respect on Connor's resume and what he did? Yeah. There's your lightweight fight. Pimblet Con- McGregor. Golly. It was different but at the time. Pimblet McGregor, just for that. jokes. Pimblet McGregor, two million buys? It would be, it'd be huge. <laughs> it would be huge. <laughs> be huge. The buildup would be so I don't, hysterical. I don't think too. Connor McGregor would do him that that courtesy at this moment. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. I don't no. think McGregor would take a fight. That's not... Him. Yo, Pimble he's not there yet. You remember there was a time when he was in Cage Wars again. We yeah. remember we had well, you, Connor. I know you weren't around, but like freaking Patty having donuts. Remember Patty eating donuts here? Now it won't return our text. That's neither here nor there. We can get into that if you guys want. Not his fault. There's another guy at fault for this, but I don't want to <laughs> get into all of that. Um, this was a guy we were talking to him about Patty. Yeah, back in the day. What about the whole? You know, is the is? I mean, eh, I don't want to bring it up. Because then people are going to clip it off, and I'm going to sound like a hater. Yeah, right, right. You know right, what I'm right. about to say, right? It, it's like not. Nah, Wusa, Wusa. You know what I'm about to say? No. Okay, forget it. But don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but don't. It's just it's like it grates but, at but me. It grates at me. We're good. We're good. Uh, Patty versus Connor would be gigantic. Not it'd yet. Be, it'll be massive. G- but I, give I, me a malarkey. Connor. Give me a Natan Levy. Like give me a guy like that. Not Natan. Here's Levy. the thing. What's wrong with Tom Levy? I think you're rolling the dice. I think you're rolling the dice by doing that a little bit because I think these guys are on Patty Pimblett's level. And if he loses to a malarkey, he loses to one of these guys, can you build on that momentum versus like, hey, all of a sudden Dan Hooker gets a big win and is back on track. Tony Ferguson gets a win that's that's a high-profile win and is back on track. There has to be an upside for the other side of it as well because I don't think there are any more fights for Paddy Pimblett that are just, hey, we're looking to push him. He's That division is absolutely too deep, uh, loaded with guys that are really good, unranked guys that are really good, that there has to be an upside. There has to be a benefit to the guy that that ends up beating Paddy Pimblett or he beats. There has It has to be two-way. 
It can't just be. Have we reached that point yet? I think so. I mean, you just said it to yourself. Like, think about the Connor rise that everybody was like, it's so slow. He's faced nobody. He's facing Dustin Poirier and Max Holloway no, by this I point. I never like, said that. No, and I'm I always thought people, that, that was unreasonable. People said that. But why, why does it feel like we're not saying that about Patty? I don't see that as much. I feel like everyone's well, just like I'll, happy to go along for the ride. I have a huge reason for that. Why? Conor McGregor was lancing people. Right. Like, Conor McGregor was absolutely brutalizing people and destroying them. Patty Pimblett has looked vulnerable in every single one Fair. of these fights. Fair. Like, that is, yeah. that is the reality. Uh, he's won, but he has not looked like a world beater. Conor McGregor was crushing people. Fair. F- plain and simple. Uh, on a on a busted knee, he's out grappling Max Holloway and then knocking everybody else out. So the the proof is in the pudding, but I think there has I have I, there has to be an upside for for um Patty Pimblett's next opponent. Which I truly feel like the the rubber has to meet the road at some point. Right, that's fair. I'm really curious to see what they do. It's an amazing but I'm, thing. Look, I'm not. Hey, look, they give him a showcase in New York. He blows the roof off the joint. I'm not mad about it. I mean, I think True. I think he more than has earned. I that, say give him give him one more of those. Sure. And one then you more, do like man. a because Patty do, comes to New York is a big enough story as is. You don't need so. The here's the question: Is he more likely to be on a big pay per view or headline a fight night? Like where where is he in his, in I think his trajectory? He's yeah, I think he's, he's a Sean O'Malley, too. right? I he's he's an opener. This guy's the pay-per-view. Also, the days of him boost. fighting on a fight night and not main eventing. But headline, headline he has a fight to be, night. Yeah, yeah, I think if he fights he's fight either, night, he headlines. He's either sure. fight night headliner or pay-per-view, and I would strongly argue he's pay-per-view. And I, I, I wouldn't, feel I wouldn't like argue, with that. Pay-per-view I main argue with that. Yeah, like the opener, like the Sean O'Malley slot. Yeah. The, hey, this guy's an Sean added O'Malley's bonus. A, a good comparison on where they are trying to slot this guy. Listen, I'll book their MSG card right now. It's Izzy versus Alex Bejeda. It's Glover versus like Yuri in like the co-main. It. It's Patty versus pick a guy, Jamie yeah. Malarkey. Like it's it. Molly versus Antonina. And you go Dustin and Chandler. And that's your Ooh. freaking, that's your freaking your MSG. Right there. There's your MSG! <laughs> Dana, stay go. home. All right? We don't need you. I like By the way, how about the fact that TST has been to more UFC events in July than Dana White? That's a crazy stat. <laughs> I think the other crazy stat is that he... Has been at the back-to-back, uh, unceremonious, injury, unfortunate, yeah, unceremonious. Now, what endings. was the vibe like at the uh, the gaff, as they say, when uh, Aspinall uh, went down? It was so bad, dude. I was standing up. I was like, "Here we go. This is gonna be sick. I'm I'm bouncing. I'm super hype." And then, obviously, you know, 15 seconds in, and I was just like, "Mouth so agape." Yeah, I was so sad. I mean, yeah, it was it was such a bummer. Such a bummer. I was I was so excited for that one. By the way, there's someone named Simon Peterson in our chat. I do want to give him a shout-out who's gifting a bunch of people a membership right now. And I hope it's not <laughs> inviting the trolls, but I just saw right now. Uh, Simon Peterson to Manzuri. Simon Peterson to Dotson. Simon Peterson to Justin. Simon Peterson to Kobe. So wow. If we get an influx, we're blaming you, Simon Peterson, but you seem like... I mean, so I hope so. He's doing something nice, and we're already <laughs> blaming you. Uh, I mean, I don't right. know what's going on here, but it's a lot of freaking uh, <laughs> memberships being gifted. Uh, we have a couple minutes before we get to Muhammad Mukhaev with the big win. Can we also mention that the uh, first ever MMA Hour parlay hit? Oh, I mean, you got it. Oh, I got it. Let's take. Let's we'll take do a your look. recap I mean, uh, on the yeah, back we'll end because we went on a little long here. We got uh, Frank's details the of the uh, the weekend went a little bit longer than expected. I, f- I feel so bad, poor Frank. Uh, let's take a look, man. Let's yeah, let's do it. it. There look, it is. Look at that. It looks like a lot of green to me. Uh, Usman hits. Muhammad. Turn Mubarak off your hits. mic, uh, uh, Rick. Aspinall blades hits. Not only do they hit, all of these hit cons- like fairly easily. 
Like, I know it's unceremonious for the Aspinall Blades that last 15 seconds. Muhammad Makayev, dominant the entire way. Usman, first-round finish. This is the problem, though. Hmm. I can't celebrate it. Hmm. Because of Tommy. Yeah. It's sad. It it's is very sad. sad. It's very sad. It's horribly sad. I don't yeah. want to... Honest... Thank you. He'll be back. So sad. That that video that you posted, I don't know what it's from. Oh, what Spider-Man. is that? What was that? Uh, yeah, it's just like a classic Spider-Man meme. Oh, my God. It's horrible. Yeah, but we was, hit. We did hit. So we we're keep it rolling. And, we're going to try and make it 2-0 this week. Should there be any sort of uh, stipulations like we can't? I was thinking about this. Like you can't pick someone who's over minus 400 or something like that. Or should I we said, just let it I roll? said they have to be triple digits. They have to be triple digits. What does like that mean? You can't take like a minus 1,000. That's what we were saying last time. Oh. On the show. Yeah. I mean, those like, are so rare. Like Terrence, right? Ma- Terrence McKinney's a minus 1,000 next week uh, against Aaron Gonzalez. Like, you would have to take like Terrence McKinney inside the distance. If you those are so rare. No? I agree. I agree. I don't think there should be a limit. All right. I was just wondering because Anyone then. Anyone complaining about these odds, dude? If you took this parlay, you doubled your money. Yeah. I took this wrong. parlay. Like, I don't know who I'm taking this week. I was looking at it. There's no gimmies. You got a few days to figure it out. Julian Payne, a pretty big underdog. Yeah. Plus 230. Yeah. Your boy, Kai Car France, plus 175. Yeah. Who's going to be the first to throw an underdog in the parlay and really yeah. risk it? That's the, that's the question. Lionheart here. Smith, baby. Listen, you want to plus 370. Doesn't that seem crazy? Wait, wait, wait. What, breaking news? What was that? No, I mean, I asked if I could join this part. What? Why? I invited you last week. And I what? said, no, I'd sit that one out. No, I'm now you're in? I feel like you have really have caught me. the bug. I feel like you're all in. Rick seems less than amused. Frank, I built out all these graphics, do everything, and, and now you want to join? Wow. I didn't realize it was such an imposition to I fix mean. a graphic. Wow. Do you already have a pick? No. Me? No, no. Oh, Frank. No, Frank. Yeah. I'll reveal it on Wednesday. But you've thought about it? Yeah. You can't pick anyone from uh, the London card, by the way. That's <laughs> oh, is that over No, no, no. Here's the thing. All right. Frank has to get his selection right this week. Oh, this is it. Let's or put I the pressure on. Or he's out? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. I like That's, this. Isn't that great? I like this. This is like him going through the gauntlet just I to make it, it in. I All right. It. It's like Kofi Kingston, circa 2017. Yeah. I love it. All right. Um, we're going we're gonna to pick up this conversation uh, as we get into Hamzat and then post Hamzat because we have to see how you did with your London picks. For now, though, let us talk to one of the uh, the big winners from this past weekend. He... Uh, improved his undefeated streak, an unbelievable run for uh, such a young fighter, but he is just 21 years old. He is now 7-0. 7-0, 8-0, I wonder which it is. Let's ask Mohamed Mokhaev, who had the big win over Charles Johnson, went the distance with him. I thought he looked very impressive and uh, showed us a lot. Here he is joining us via the magic of Zoom. Mohamed, my friend, salam alaikum. Is it 7-0 or is it 8-0, Mohamed? Alaikum. How are you, Eril? I'm doing great, eight my friend. Know. 8 and 0 why do they say on Tapology 7 and 0 I don't know this like some late replacement guy they remove I don't know I don't care Okay even I'm 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 on the way to title you know <laughs> No problem no, where are you right now I'm on motorway I stopped for interview I'm driving back to Manchester from London I'm I'm stressed out about this are you are you safe is this okay Yeah I'm very safe <laughs> No problem the cars are going very fast next to you over there. It's it's okay. It's okay. All good, bro. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for doing this, Mohammed. Can I ask you, um, leading up to the fight, this was your second time now, back at the O2. The first one couldn't have gone any better. 
Could you describe the differences in how you felt in the days leading up to the fight as opposed to your first fight? Were you a lot less calm, or I'm sorry, more calm, less nervous? Well, like, how would you describe the emotions and the difference between them? I think, um, like, uh, I, I think I, I, this is my calmest I've been in in a, in a fight week. I confident everything, but I just little bit. Uh, I, I got a little bit emotional because she he say. He said at Wayne's like motherfucker and st- something like this. I don't understand. Like and I go crazy, you know. No? Like at the Wayne's, he he said this. I think in UFC you could hear this, you know. And I go crazy. That's why I was like, okay, let's let's see. But the, I, I was calm, you know. Do you, do you like fighting with emotion? Do you like fighting when you don't like your opponent? It feels like sometimes this gets you excited. Yeah, I think I think when I respect opponent too much. It, 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 it's uh, it's like some, when he punches me, I get like, whoa, what's this? You know what I mean? But when when I don't like opponent for just for the fight, uh, uh, that's when I, when I get pumped in. You know, I like. Uh, I like the uh, the reaction that you got when you walked out. Like now, it felt like the crowd knew who you were. Uh, they remembered you from March. You got a huge pop when you walked out. What did that feel like? It's crazy. It's, it's, it's better than last time, I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was amazing. You know, UK UK fans always been always been the best from its start history from the football to boxing and all the way. And I think this is last card this year in UK UFC and and um, it's it's good to have another win in, in UK. Now, what about Charles? You were uh, one of the biggest favorites on the card. In fact, I, I picked you. We have a little thing. I don't know if you saw that, but I picked you, Mohammed. So I just want to, you know, just let the world know that I was on the, the bandwagon. Was he tougher, though, than you expected? No, no. I, I, I didn't. Like, he's not, he's not stronger than me. I'm stronger than him. He's just a tall guy. He was very tall. And every time I throw him, he's like, he stays on the feet, you know? So it was, it was harder for me. It's, First guy, I, I fought like tall, tall guy, and um, like usually the the like smaller guy, you take him down and you just like put my hooks in and my I have I'm I'm tall myself, you know, but I had exactly same reach reach advantage as Charles, but the wow. the length, yeah, I mean the height is he's higher, so a little bit difficult with people like this stylistically. A ton of takedowns, and I think that a lot of people like didn't pay ten. How many in total? Twenty four, twenty six, something crazy like that. Twenty six attempts and twelve takedowns. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, that's a lot of freaking takedown attempts, my friend. Uh, and and most in UFC flyweight history. Most in UFC flyweight history. Were you exhausted by the end? Oh, you see me between first round. My coach say at the end of the fight, he said, "What happened with you in the corner?" I'm like, "I'm I was cool." He said. Uh, did we say something wrong? I said, no, no, everything's good. I was just walking around, showing my cardio is, is cool. I just take drink. Third round, I just put one one leg on the chair, then sit in between rounds. That's when I'm in be- That's when I'm in good shape. When when I don't sit between rounds, you know. Have you always that's, done that that's throughout me. your like amateur career as well? You don't sit between rounds. Yes, please uh, watch like I am of World Championships. I I, I like I jog around. Like I actually was running in between rounds. Uh, I know, I know, my rec- my recovery is, is crazy. Like even before fight, we we couldn't put a heart rate into like red zone. It was hard, you know. I have to do something like special to get 
out of like 15 minutes workout, maybe like 30 seconds red zone. Cardio wow. is better now. Um, yeah. and, and, and so overall, were you happy with your performance? Yes, I'm happy. I'm happy for victory. Listen, people always going to talk. They're always going to say this is boring. If if I get knocked out, if I get if I do something wrong, they say, oh, he's shit striker. He should have wrestled where he's best at and, and stuff like this. Listen, I, I do what what good for me when I take the belt. People say, oh, he, he's youngest champion. That's what they're going to say at the end. Did you get a lot of that? You know, Did you get a lot of, uh, oh, this was boring stuff? It is. It is. I, I agree myself. It is boring. It was boring, but I, I, did, I, I did what I could do. The guy is 10 years older than me, and the, the guy is, is not like some, somebody is, is shit. He's LFA champion. He he had close fight against Rovial, who's ranked number six now in UFC flyweight division. He had like split decision, I think, uh, lose against um, Rovial. So he is a tough kid, and um, and uh, that's it. I think is I think I've done good. Uh, considering, I think also it was considering how your first fight went. It was so explosive, like there was you know great expectations about yeah. what you're going to do this time around. Did you feel that? Did you feel like people thought you would just come in there and knock this guy out again, do something crazy, submit him in ten seconds, something like that? Yeah, I could. Uh, to be honest, I, I was out striking him, like I could strike him. But I was thinking, listen, let let me get like three rounds. See, what's these guys like? I finish this guy next camp. I'm gonna be like, maybe I don't push myself anymore in in the camps. And maybe I believe too much in myself. I want to. I want to get uh, cage time in my bank. It's okay. I feel good. Mm. I feel good. I mentioned uh, I was bummed out that some of the, the the British fighters didn't get time on the microphone. You, Nathaniel Wood, Jai Herbert, but then you tweeted me, "It's okay, you got a hundred thousand from the Sheik, so you don't care about that." Come on, that, those moments are important, right? It is important, but well, like they didn't give me time to talk after after the fight. It's okay, like. Um, I was busy counting my money. You know? <laughs> I know the money is the money is the most important, but like it's it's good to have those moments in front of the home country, the fans. Yeah, they love you. Yeah. They go crazy. No, you weren't know, you weren't upset about that. A little bit. It's it's a good memory. I want to thank all the fans who came there with you know like paying crazy money tickets and stuff like this. You know, I, I really appreciate this, but you know they didn't do this. It it is what it is. I have to. I believe in. My, I have to deserve more. Maybe I put next time finish and they, and use this fifteen minutes talk. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, but it really it's okay. It's. I don't yeah. think it's any indication on how your fight went. The the issue was they put too many fights on the prelims, short amount of time. Everyone went the distance. They ran out of time. I know. I know. It's. I don't know. So last time, good event. This time. Like 50-50, and it can be always great. Right. Now, what about this money that you're talking about? So the the Sheik of Bahrain gives you a bonus if you win. What is that that hundred thousand you you mentioned? Yeah, Prince of Bahrain told me you know before my fight he told me if you finish Charles Johnson I'll give you hundred thousand. So uh, that's why I was like a little bit. Uh, basically, main main Charles Johnson fight he was defending. He was defending not to get finished. 
he fight like this. He didn't want to win. It, for me, it was harder to finish him because the guy was holding my my hand, you know, and didn't let me to do my work. And that's why I was like, the guy didn't want to win. He just wanted to like decision fight, you know, right? Like survive. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, if yeah. Somebody yeah. give you two fight like Blaine or Driscoll. A fight. It's a when somebody want to win, you you that's when you catch them. And I didn't finish him, but it's okay. She called me straight after fight when I was in change room and he said, "Listen, you got 100k. <laughs> All good." Wow, you don't need that Dana White bonus. You got the Sheik hooking you up. I got double of Dana White's bonus. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Is that is that a thing that he he does for every one of your fights? Like if you get a finish, you'll get 100k. No, this is this is first time, and uh, it shows how he supports the athletes. He he supports. Like other fighters, we got like about 50 people in our team in KHK Bahrain. And he imagine how much support he does for for for, for MMA fighters. And um, he did that since my like my young age. Uh, that's that's pretty incredible. Uh did you get did you get a bonus for your debut? For debut, well I got um yeah, I got the didn't get 100 k but I've got 50k of of um from of UFC too. Dana White's uh, 50k. That's right. Um, yeah. So afterwards, you said you want to fight Abu Dhabi, right? October 22nd. Yeah. Obviously, I think you'd be a, a big um, you know star there. I know you have a very loyal fan base over there in uh, you know in the Middle East. Is there someone in particular that you want? I would love to fight like Jeff Molina. Now he can't run. Huh. He's he's top he's top 14 now, right? Yeah. So he can't run. I'm here too, you know. And um, there's a team elite. I heard he doesn't back fights down. I hope he accepts this one. Oh, Rovial. Rovial had a close fight with Charles Johnson. And um, let's let's repeat this. Let's see who is who is better. I want to fight Rovial if he accepts this fight for Abu Dhabi. If he say yes, I'll sign the contract right now. These are these are like. You know, big players at 125. So you you want to step up in competition? Of course, of course. Now you know some guys tell me, "Hey, fight somebody, uh, get be- better contract, bigger money." I don't. It's okay. It's okay. Money is okay, but I want. I believe I beat top five guys. Why I want to spend my health, weight cut, energy on on fighters who is like we just want to be like don't get finished. Right. Still defied. Like I said this about Charles Johnson too, and people say he's a good striker, he's LFA champion, and he's gonna beat you. He, he that's your toughest test. Every fight they say it's your toughest test till I fight them. Right. <laughs> and how are the yeah. weight cuts? Do you feel like at some point it's gonna be hard to make one twenty five? You're so young now, but like when you get to mid twenties, late twenties. Uh uh like late twenties your age. <laughs> ah, I'm, I wish. I wish, my friend. Yeah, I'm joking. Guys. Yes, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> no, like three, four fights, I still got this in my bank. That's why I want to become youngest champion and add this, add this weight and see what's next. Of those guys that you mentioned, uh, Molina, uh, Brandon Royval, and Tim Elliott, who would be your top choice if you had to pick? Of course, like, like Tim Elliott, Rovio would be better, better ranking. Jeff Molina is easier fight, easiest fight for me. Really? Like, I, I that guy's good. Came to, yes, he's good. I came to 
Mick Maynard, Maynard after the fight, and I said, let's go, who is, who is which? So I mentioned these names, and I said, Jeff Molina, and his manager said, sat next to Mick. I said, hey, get Jeff Molina to Abu Dhabi. And he says, he, he maybe, like, he don't, maybe he don't want Abu Dhabi. I said, like, I said, if you bring him to Abu Dhabi, I'll show you some good places to, oh. to his manager. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! You versus Jeff Molina would be a great fight between two young, up-and-coming flyweights. I like this one a lot. I know, but he say maybe sometime in the future we fight. Yeah. He didn't want, and then he called out Cody Durden. So I don't know. And now at the post-fight press conference, I, w I was, you know, I give you props. You speak your mind, but you were critical of Patty who's now like everyone's favorite, you know, fighter. Everyone loves him. He's the golden boy. But you said essentially Tom Aspinall, Arnold Allen, Leon Edwards, Nathaniel Wood. These are the people that I want the, the youth of the UK to look up to because they're classy, they're gentlemen, not people who act like Patty acts. And, and you kind of said this unprompted. It wasn't like someone asked you about him. Why did you do this? Because I don't like this guy. Like, I don't want to talk about him too much because... Even like in 2019, he'd, he'd say on Twitter, this guy shouldn't represent England. He's not born here, you know. He shouldn't lift British flag. He's not born here. Talk bad about Georgian people. Uh, like talk about immigrants not welcome, welcome to UK and stuff like this. And, and people support this bullshit guy. This is wrong. Mm. He said this about you, about the holding the British flag? Yes. Wow. Yes, that's right. In what context? Like, yeah. how did that come up? Why would he be talking about you? I was on Twitter, you know. Uh, man, uh, my coach, like my team, no, nobody liked this guy. So he he moves to stuff like nationality, race, and all this. You know, that's like lower mentality. Mm. When you can't say something facts, something serious about somebody, you move to this facts. You know, like. Mm touching somebody race or, or stuff like this when you when you have nothing to say about somebody mm. did you see him in the hotel or at the arena did you cross paths with him at all yes i did i did see him actually at the breakfast after the fight the guy like in ice he doesn't have same energy like he talks to a microphone you know doesn't have same energy like i fight him 145 if if you see makes this fight fight I fight him 145 without putting my weight. Wow. I fight him and people don't believe my... Like, I, I do whatever I want with him. 145? You he lost... Yes. You're 125. I walk around 155. Wow. You would like that I fight. I went to the fight... I went to my 125 fight as 145 pounder. Wow. Yes. So you you would take that right now? You would do. I mean, they probably don't do it, but you you would do it right now. You versus Patty, one forty five. How does it go? You you know MMA good, right? You know casual fun. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think? I I I don't think I know. My wrestling <laughs> is crazy, much better. If this guy took him down this weekend, and he's lost around like ten eight, I don't know what I do with him. Wow. Okay. Uh, very sad about Tom, right? I mean, that was a bummer. I know your friends. I mean, that was yeah. heartbreaking, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel bad for Tom. Tom 
Tom is my first BJJ coach and like his dad, like these guys, top man. These guys like hard to find people like him, you know, mm. like gentlemen inside, like great, amazing fighter inside the cage and like top man outside the cage. That's what, what you want to see. Uh, and let me ask yeah. you before I let you go, uh, Kai Car France fighting Brandon Moreno. So I'm sure you'll be interested in that fight for the interim title on Saturday. Who do you think wins? I think Kaikai France has better striking and Moreno doesn't have that. He's got like Mexican style, style boxing of like closing the distance. Whereas Kaikai France, more uh, good kickboxing, keep him outside. And Moreno doesn't have wrestling to, to, to stop his striking. So you think Kai wins? I think so. I wow. think so. And then and then Kai Car France versus Davison Figueroa, who wins? I don't think Davison Figueroa come back to flyweight division, but I think Davison Figueroa win. Wow, you think he's done? You think he's gonna move up? I think so. I think it's hard for him to make weight. Who do you think's champion by the time you make it to the belt? I think Askar Askarov. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. But Perez against Pantoja is very, very hard fight, very tough fight. Both great fighters. I got Pantoja, maybe like sixty to forty. But you know, like, Kaikar France too. just beat Askar Askarov. I know, I know, but so how does he become champion? He fight maybe winner of Perez Pantoja, and then he gets in there. Because Askarov, in your in your scenario, will be the interim champ, and then he'll probably be the official champ because you don't think Davison goes down. But then you think Oscar I think so. Oscar wins the rematch. I think so. It's it's Oscar. It's not like he lost like crazy. Sure, sure, you know? sure. It's it's depends who turn turn in uh, turn up to the uh, like fight night. Yeah, better mental. Mental, yeah. Right. Um, well, life is going well for you, my friend. You're very happy. You're undefeated. 8-0, 7-0, doesn't matter. Undefeated in the UFC, yeah. that's all that matters. You got a huge reaction from the crowd. They seem to be behind you, which I think is a great thing. And now, uh, hopefully, you get to take your show on the road. You fight in the Middle yeah. East. You'll get a huge pop there. And then we'll see how it all plays out. So it, it's all going according to plan. You, you got two more years, right, on your on your uh, deadline, right, to become that's youngest right. champ. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Also, I want to give... Shout out to all my KHK team, my Paradigm Management, uh, Twins, Tidal, RW, all my team, like strong. We have like very strong team, Mariel. Yes. That's why we're going to take both. Yes. I love it. I love it. Thank you for doing this. Be safe on the road over there, Mohammed. Salam alaikum, my brother. Congratulations on the win. See you soon. See you soon. All right. There he is. Mohammed Mokhaev joining us right now. Huge win for him. Massive name. Rising star, up-and-comer, the man. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else. 
and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. have to do something right uh, sorry about that oh here it is I'm trying to figure something Mohammed Mahayev is a big time star and I think that he will have a great uh, opportunity to uh, challenge that John Jones record he is someone that you need to remember at 125 pounds. And I know that people were looking forward to that fight and thinking that he was going to, you know, do something like he did in his debut. But I would argue that Charles Johnson was a step up in competition. The first win was incredible. He got the guillotine in less than a minute. Uh, Johnson, a tough out. Uh, a guy who, as he said, LFA vet, LFA champion, went into the fight 11-2. and two. Uh, very impressive run, had not lost in quite some time in MMA, uh, and he was game. And then all of a sudden, uh, you meet a guy like Mohaib, who's 10 years younger, by the way. Uh, he does what he did. He was very dominant, and now it's on to the next one. Let's see here. Uh, okay. Um, all right, let's move on now and say hello to our next guest. He had a massive win in the co-main event over Chris Curtis. And I said before the fight, oh, this is a matchup of two of the nicest guys in the history of the UFC. And then all of a sudden, people were flipping each other off and there was all kinds of bad blood. But in the end, it was all figured out. It was all good. We're talking to Jack Hermanson, who had the big win in the co-main event, kind enough to join us, the pride of Norway. Jack, my friend, I was like, wow, yeah. this is such a great fight. These two guys are so nice. They're the nicest human beings, the nicest guests. And then all of a sudden, there's all this bad blood. What happened, Jack? <laughs> now, you know, me and Chris, we were good coming into the fight, very friendly. And I think, you know, during the fight, uh, Chris got frustrated uh, with what happened. And after the fight, you know, he, he flipped his finger to me and, uh, you know, I said something to him. And, uh, yeah, it, it got heated. But uh, later that night, we met up again and, uh, you know, squashed the beef. So we are good. all good now. Okay, now you're yeah. back to being the nicest guys in the sport. By the way, who initiated the meetup afterwards? Like, did he reach out to you? You reach out to him? Or did you just randomly see each other? Mm, I wrote to him uh, yeah, pretty quickly. And then uh, when I sat in, in eight uh, at, at the hotel, uh, he, he came over. So, oh, wow. Uh, what did you write to him? Uh, I just apologized uh, for the things that I said to him. What did you say? So, uh, uh, I said, uh, fuck you, pussy. Ah, <laughs> Jack, how could you do that? You're supposed to be such a nice guy. But why did you... So he, <laughs> he, but he, but I, he was mad. He was yeah. saying you were running, right? Yeah, yeah. And he, he, he basically gave me both middle fingers and I, I just, you know... Show the word, word <laughs> <at> him, <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I, I, I 
almost I regretted it almost immediately and I tried to apologize even inside the cage but uh, he was a little bit mad but oh. we yeah later on uh, everything was good have you ever said that to an opponent in a fight before in the UFC or oh, no never you know and I don't get uh, emotional uh, when fighting at all you know and I would never do it but it, it was more that you know that he put, uh, flipped his finger at, at me. That's what made me mad, not the fight itself, you know. So the fight itself would, would never create those kind of feelings with me. But if somebody is, like, disrespectful, that, that can make me mad. You know? How did you feel about the fight and your performance in particular? Well, uh, after the fight, I was a little bit disappointed, you know. I didn't think it was a very, you know, crowd-pleasing fight. But now, getting some distance to it, I'm very happy because we prepared for a fight like that. And, you know, my coach told me right before we walked out, tonight, Jack, you're not going to do a show. You're going to win the fight. Mm. You know, you got, you, got, you got to have, just don't stay there in the boxing distance. Do what we worked, you know, keep the distance. And, uh, yeah, you know, and th that's what I did. And, and, uh, and I got the W for it. So I'm, I'm happy with it. Uh, Who do you think um, would have been a tougher opponent, Darren Till or Chris Curtis? Um, I think Darren Till probably is easier to, to take down. So I think it might have been easier to take him down to the floor. Uh, but it would be harder to do a game plan like this against uh, Darren mm. Till. Was it a bummer I, for I, you? I, sorry, uh, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no. Uh, I, yeah, it, it was, you know, uh, in, in one way. It would have been even cooler to fight Darren uh, there. And I think, the, you know, the crowd would have been even crazier and, and so on. He's a big name in uh, in England and, and everywhere in MMA. So, but uh, yeah, things like that happens. So. Uh, at this point, are you moving on from the Darren Till fight or do you hope that you'll be matched up against him in the future? I don't think about uh, him anymore, you know. Uh, I think about the other guys and... Uh, you know, you never know it can happen, but uh, he's not one of the guys that I'm right. About. And 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 it's true. You really like there was a part of you that thought it would never happen, even when you agreed to fight him. I was skeptic. Yeah, I was a little bit skeptical. Uh, and you know his reactions. First, you know, I got offered a five rounder, and uh, all of a sudden he he wants to fight three rounds. So that was a bad indication. And then he doesn't announce the fight, you know, no, no, no announcement, no talking about it on social media. It was like, you know, you couldn't uh, go in on Darren Till's side and see that he was going to fight. Wow. So I felt like, uh, you know, yeah, I felt a little bit bad when, when I see that he didn't uh, talk talked about the fight or anything like that. By the way, did you train with Hamza for Darren? Yeah, I did. <laughs> How did that happen? He showed up. <laughs> Where? He just... At my gym. Wow. The one in Norway? Yeah. Wow. So are him and Darren on the outs? I have no idea what happened there. I I have my theories. I don't know. I haven't I haven't asked comes up. I was just happy that he came and, you know, uh, helped me prepare. But now, afterhand, you know, it, it, it might... Maybe he knew that Darren was injured. I don't know. Ah, uh, interesting. That makes sense to me. You, you And you didn't say yeah. like, hey, how come you're here training if I'm fighting your friend? No. 
I just uh, invited him to the gym and uh, uh, yeah, I remember the last thing I said to him was, you know, say hi to Darren from me and he said I was going to meet Darren before him, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. It was, it was a little bit weird, but I was just happy to get another good training partner in the gym. Wow. And what, what was it like to be in the gym with him? Is that your first time training with him? No, I think it's the uh, third time. Okay. At least. Is he a beast in there? I know. I mean, obviously you grappled him, right? Um, but, you know, what, what's he like in the gym? No, he's, he's great. He's a great fighter, for sure. Mm. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely good. Yeah. considering how the Strickland fight went, did you feel some pressure? You like, you needed this win at all costs. You needed to do something, uh, you know, that gets you the victory. Yeah, definitely. You know, you, you, you don't want to think about it, but just like, man, I don't want those two, two losses in a row, you know? Uh, so that's definitely in your mind. And I, I knew that the most important thing is just to get, get back with the win. Uh, so that was in my mind. For sure. Do you feel like you're back on track now? Yeah, I am for sure. Um, Feel, feel great and uh, I heard uh, you know there's rumors about the Sweden car this year so uh, it will be really awesome to, to fight in Sweden wow uh, you'd so be main event probably right maybe you know you have another star in, in Kamsat that's uh, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know when is his day he's fighting he, September he's fight 10th eight. yeah you never know he, he has done quick turnarounds before right so. <laughs> that is true in the cage afterwards, you talked about that, how you want uh, you know, MMA to be legalized in Norway, right? Which is where you live. And actually, someone sent us a message. Um, I want to pull this up here. He sent it to my producer, Connor. His name is Thomas Lien. You know Thomas Lien? He is the senior policy yeah. advisor for the Liberal Party of Norway. You know him? Uh, no, I can't say that I do. Uh, Connor, send me the message. Or... I'm just oh, telling him oh, to send me. Is. I want to read you the message because he wrote something very nice. Uh, he's a politician yep. in uh, in Norway who sent us a message based on what you said afterwards because as of right now, uh, MMA isn't legalized in Norway, correct? That's correct. And you went on the microphone and, and is there any indication that you're getting as to, you know, because, you know, with Alex, it was such a big deal you know, in, in uh, Sweden, you could be that guy in Norway. This is what he said. Okay, I'm going to read this to you. I thought it was a very nice message. He wrote, hi, I work as a senior policy advisor in the Norwegian par- parliament for the liberal party Venstre. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Yep. And we will great. support a motion to legalize MMA later in Norway this fall. Since you guys will be talking to Jack Hermanson today, I thought I'd tell you how important he is for the issue, something he himself talked about after his win on Saturday. Hermanson trains in Oslo at Frontline Gym in uh, uh, Majorst- Majorsta, Majorstua, Major- yeah. How do you pronounce that? Yeah, Majors? that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we have, we have, yeah, I'm not trying to ruin that, but uh, we actually moved to another place now. We opened a new gym, at, yes. at, uh, but uh, yes, no, yes. No, no problem. Okay, yes. I saw the videos. It looks beautiful, the gym, by the way. Incredible on your social media. Anyway, we'll keep going with this. The gym is located one subway stop away from the Norwegian parliament where legalization of MMA will be voted on, hopefully later this year. Athletes like Hermansen are extremely important to gather support. His results 
professionalism and the way he carries himself publicly and as a role model for young people and other athletes sways public opinion, which in turn sways political opinion. Jack saying on Saturday in the Octagon, in the O2 Arena, that he wants to help legalization of MMA in Norway was amazing to see for someone who works on that very issue right now. The media notices, which makes it our job easier. It is a simple thing to change in the knockout rules, which got altered to legalize female boxing some years ago to allow another great Norwegian athlete, Cecilia Brakis, to fight in Norway. Now we need to do the same for Jack and all the other MMA athletes in Norway. You've done your part, Jack. Now we'll do ours. Hopefully the two government parties will agree later on this fall. Our parliamentarian, Grunde Almeland, and uh, and several times they've said that in Norway, we need to legalize MMA. How about that? Wow, that's an amazing message. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Hopefully they didn't see the whole, <laughs> like, flipping the bird, you know, F in this, F in that, you know, with the whole... <laughs> <laughs> we don't need that <laughs> hopefully they cut the feed in norway at that part you know no one saw that but you feel you feel like it's uh gaining momentum you feel like it's happening here yeah i do i do and uh right before you know like in the last couple of months uh people have been starting to talk about it again and uh, i'm really happy that the movement is is going now and hopefully it's going in the right direction and uh who knows uh Maybe I will uh, main event the UFC in Oslo in near future. That would be amazing. Wow. And and so for those that don't know, what did they change? What rule did they change for Cecilia Brakis that now makes MMA illegal? What is that all about? Uh, the thing is, that right now, um, boxing can search for dispension to, to, to fight uh, because there is like a knockout law that you can't do sports with knockout. But um, boxing can, but... There is like the times of the rounds it is only allowed to be three minute rounds, uh, which means that the make cannot be done. Uh, ah, as that's it. Oh, so then, yeah, like it's probably a little bit more complicated, but I think that's one of the main things that they need to uh, change. But but that that would probably just put in there because they didn't want MMA to to be able to apply for for. Uh, to, to have events okay so yeah you know there's some uh, evil powers uh, there that doesn't want us to get through <laughs> you think it happens this year um i don't know man i hope so it, it would be amazing I, I i've been like you know waiting for so long uh, d- doing this i started my professional career 2010 so it feels a little bit uh you know it feels like it almost can't happen, you know. <laughs> but if if it would happen, I would be so happy, and uh, yeah, it would be amazing to uh, to be able to fight here. Do they uh, invite you to the parliament to speak? You know, to the pol- Like, do you do any of that stuff? Um, no, not yet. They, I know they they filmed something a couple of weeks ago uh, where the the politicians tried MMA for for a training. But that was like in the middle of my camp and I had to do my own training. Okay. But uh, I would love to, you know, uh, uh, as he suggested, you you know, to help to to front the sport and uh, and definitely be that that person that Mm. uh, is promoting it in Norway. Also, of course, you have ties to Sweden. I know you were focused on your fight, but it was hard to see uh, Alex lose like that, right? I mean, what a legend. And uh, I just, yeah. I hate to see the legends like lose that quickly. And, you know, the chin goes away 
Um, were you able to see, were you watching that in the locker room before your fight? Yeah, I, I watched it while I was warm, warming up. And uh, yeah, um, it was it was sad to see, you know, Alex is a hero. He has uh, uh, been doing so much for the sport and, uh, you know, the greatest MMA athlete coming out of Sweden. Uh, so um, yeah, he, he's a legend and uh, I, I always wish him the best. Mm. Now, for you, if you fight uh, later on this year, I'm, I'm I'm assuming you want to fight later on this year, even if they don't go to Sweden. You you want one more this year, yeah? Yeah, I would love to. Um, who makes sense? Um, thinking about it a little bit more now, Derek Bronson, his last fight. He oh says yeah, he's gonna have one more. He, he's up there in the rankings. You know, uh, I, I want to get up there. He, he wants another good 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 fight. Uh, you know, why not fight the Joker? I like that one. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. That's a good Let's one. You think he says yes? I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, I mean, that could be like a main event of a fight night, especially if it's his last fight, if it's in, uh, if it's in Sweden. I don't know if Hamza would fight on that. I, I like that a lot. Okay. This is good stuff, Jack. Yeah. Retirement fight for Derek Brunson. And then you get back on track. Yeah, a lot of people were picking Chris against you. Did you see that? Were you offended by any of that? No, uh, I guess people, you know, saw that, you know, he's a great striker, good takedown defense, and people probably thought that I need to get that fight to the ground. But uh, I, I know that I have stand-up skills as well, and especially in a fight like this, when I know, you know, it's hard to take down, it's easier for me to focus on the stand-up and, and do a good job there. Yeah, he posted that picture of, uh, I think, Batman punching the Joker. You saw that? Or was it Superman? No, I didn't. You didn't see any of that <laughs> stuff? Wow. Well, you don't go on social... Your social media is good. Your Instagram, you have cool videos there. Who does that? Uh, that's Christian, you know, that, that guy that did the documentary. Oh, the YouTube. The YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's, that's him. You pay this guy good money? He's really good. Um, I, <laughs> we're, we're, working, we're working together, you know. It's, okay. It's, uh, it's, it's a project we hopefully both can benefit from. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> That was a very that was a, a a political answer. It was very politician like on your part. Well done, yeah. Jack. Uh, well, listen, I lo- I loved that you know you guys squashed that beef within seconds. It was like a, a weird yeah. moment, and then an hour later, there's a picture of you two together hanging out. So yeah. you you proved that you are the good guys that uh, we all thought you were. And things ha- people have to understand in the heat of the battle, things happen. People act crazy, and I'm not surprised to hear you say you regretted it seconds later. Yeah, it, it goes so quick. Uh, so definitely, I'm all about sportsmanship, and uh, it's very important with uh, that we respect each other. Uh, and uh, I really do respect Chris. So that was just in the heat of the moment. Well done, Jack. Uh, thank you for the time. Congratulations on the win. Enjoy it, and hopefully, we'll see you again later on this year. And good luck, you know, with the whole uh, vote and the politics. If there's anything you need from me, if you want me to come out there to speak to the politicians in Norway, I'd be happy to do it on behalf of the good people of Norway. Oh, amazing, Ariel. I really appreciate that. Thank All you right. so much for, for supporting uh, the yes. course. All right. Thank you, Jack. Talk to you soon. There he is, Jack Hermanson, the Joker. What a lovely fellow. Uh, one of the nicest human beings in the history of this board. And yes, I can't believe in 2022, we are still talking about this. How are we still talking about this, about MMA being illegal in any part of the world? How is this still a thing? 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, first of all, from a tourism standpoint, look at the money that they generate in places like London, in places like New York, in place. I mean, every single venue that the UFC is going to these days, selling out, selling out, selling out. Millions of dollars generated, not just at the arena, not just with the gate, ticket sales, but hotels, travel, tourism, restaurants. How are people turning this down in this day and age? Not to mention the local scene. Crazy. So if the good people of Norway need me to go, uh, I don't know. I know, Frank, you're pretty uh, fluent in Norwegian, yes? Um, Yes, very much so. So we could go together and uh, we could talk to the... (laughs) What would you have done if he was like, I really appreciate that. Come out on Wednesday. Yeah, okay, we would have booked the flight. What are, you, you, I mean, are you suggesting that I it was... I think you would have backpedaled. They were like, well, we'll have a show. No, nah, we would have done a road show on location, like our July 4th show. You, are you Are you suggesting that that was a hollow, you no, know... No, I'm just... Gesture I on my I part? I am suggesting that. Wow. I didn't, I didn't think about it. Imagine people, you know, they would have been like, they would have stopped the uh, the local programming... Ariel Hawani, world-renowned mixed martial arts journalist, is landing at the Oslo airport to speak on behalf of the legalization of the sport. Tomorrow at the parliament, it's going to be Jack Hermanson and Ariel Hawani and mysterious Frank (laughs) (laughs) holding court to speak to the natives about the legalization of the sport. Mysterious Frank, what brings you to Norway? (laughs) I appreciate this thought experiment. We have a guest waiting. Well, you know, one night I slept at GC's house. <laughs> oh, this is tremendous stuff. Um, anyhow, we'll finish that thought experiment in a moment. One of the big winners, I thought, uh, one of the most impressive performances of the night on Saturday, 02, was Nathaniel Woods' big-time win over Charles Rosa. Super tough out as Charles Rosa at 145 pounds. I thought he deserved that fight of the night bonus. I wanted to talk to the prospect who we had not seen in almost two years about his big win, his big homecoming. Of course, he was supposed to fight back in March. That fight got pulled at the 11th hour. He's joining us right now via the Magic of Zoom. There he is. Nathaniel, my friend, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Ariel. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. It's nice to talk to you again, and congratulations on the win. Uh, I, I, I mean, it was a big deal for you to come back. You're fighting a veteran like Charles Rosa, new weight class in London. It didn't work out for you in March. A couple days removed. I would imagine you're on a high. You're in, you're in good spirits. You're feeling very good about what you did on Saturday. Yeah, I'm buzzing, mate. I'm buzzing to be back, and you know, I'm obviously very happy that I've got to move up to a weight class which I believe that I should be in and I've got to show people that you know um that's where I belong you know I had a lot of doubters in there saying I'm too small you know you shouldn't go up away these guys are going to be too heavy too big and all I thought was I'm going to be too quick so um yeah you know I'm happy that I've got the performance and you know gutted I didn't get a five night bonus you know I thought we did it and you know I felt like Charles deserved it as well man he took one hell of a beating and Man, I couldn't put him out there. So, um, you know, credit to him for that. Ultimately, why did you decide to make the move to 45? If I'm honest, mate, it's just 
as the years have been going, I'm just getting bigger and bigger. Um, and where I've been out for almost two years now, you know, my muscles have had a chance to grow. You know, I haven't been depleting them and, you know, doing serious weight cuts and I've just got bigger. And it's always been one of those things that I've always thought in the back of my head, why do I need to keep cutting to 135 when I handle myself very well in the gym against 145ers? You know, even 155ers I handle myself well against. So I thought to myself, you know, if I go up a weight, it means less serious weight cuts where I haven't, got, uh, you know, damaged my health in the long run. And um, I'm going to have the speed advantage. You know, in, in the gym, there's a lot of guys that I struggle with who are flyweights. So the reason why sometimes I struggle with them is because they outspeed me. But I know that if I go up a weight class, yes, they have the weight advantage, but they don't have the speed advantage. So, you know, I'm trying to find that balance and Hey, I felt great in there. You know, I felt like I was in the matrix. I could see shots coming a mile off. And yeah, you know, I'd like to think that the performance speaks for itself. And um, yeah, you know, I feel healthy and happy as well. I'm not having to cut serious amounts. Yeah. So um, yeah, you know, for, de for definite, I think that's where I'm going to stay for now anyway. So like on Tuesday, how much did you weigh? On Tuesday, oh, let me think. Da -da -da -da, I was probably eight pounds out. Wow. So I walked back in the fight, 10 pounds heavier. I think Charles said he was like 20 pounds heavier. Wow. And uh, you didn't you didn't feel like there was a big, I mean, obviously the results speak for themselves, but there wasn't a, a moment there where you're like, wow, this is a different ball game here. I'm dealing with bigger guys. No, honestly, mate, no. You know, there was that doubt in the back of my head going in, thinking, you know, this guy could just, you know, maybe completely outmuscle me. But then I just kept saying to myself, you know, I'm used to it in the gym. You know, I've got very high level 145ers in the gym that I handle myself with absolutely fine. Um, you know, a couple of kilos to me shouldn't make much of a difference if you trust in your skill set. Um, but yeah, you know, obviously if someone was to beat me, I would say, look, you know, you were the better man that night. I'm not going to be sitting there, you know, blaming it on a, on a couple of pounds. What, what, could you take us back to March and how you felt seeing that whole party go down and you couldn't take part in it? Uh, I, I mean, I can't imagine you were probably gutted. You're you're the Londoner. You're from London. You're there. You're the London yeah. guy. They always supported you back in the Cage Warriors days, and you couldn't take part, and it was no fault of your own. What was that like? Honestly, mate, heartbreaking. It was up and downs. You know, obviously, my original opponent, he had to pull out because of the war, of course, which was going on in Ukraine. So I was sitting there, you know, thinking, am I even going to get someone on, you know, two weeks' notice, I think it was. Got someone, you know, got, got the buzz back on. We was like, yep, we're ready. We got a fight, a good opponent as well. Someone perfectly matched up for me. And then what, two days before the fight, he pulls out. Then there was kind of like, look, can we get someone last minute? Is there someone that has got medicals and can just turn up, make weight, let's fight. And I even said, look, I'll go up a weight. You know, it's not a problem. And just nothing came through, mate. And if I'm honest, I was like, I didn't know what to do. At that moment, I was like, I'm done with this sport, man. I'm going to go and become a postman or something. But Really? Um, you felt that? Yeah. Man. It, it was all just in the, in the emotion. Sure, you know? sure. I was just like, I was in like bits, you know. Um, it helped that Dana still paid me. He came up to me and, you know, I spoke to him and he still paid me my fight. So uh, that was a big, uh, you know, lifted my spirits because I was sitting there thinking I'm going to walk away with nothing after all that time and effort that I put in. And man, that was probably the fittest, the sharpest, the lightest I've ever walked in. And um, yeah, for it to fall through, obviously was heartbreaking, but who was to know that they would be coming back four months later. Right. Um, so yeah, as they say, everything happens for a reason. 
And um, yeah, I just believe that the man up in the sky was uh, looking out on me. And and that's a good point. I'm happy that you mentioned it. So they paid you for that, even though you didn't fight. Was it the the full amount of money, the show money, the show and win? What was it? He gave me everything, mate. Dana said. Uh, that's great. I spoke to him personally. I saw him backstage, and I just said, "Mate, I'm gutted," you know. And he said, "Like, don't worry, buddy. Like, we'll sort you out." He said, "What are you on?" I told him. He said, "We'll pay you everything." So, um, you know, he looked after me. So. That's great. That's great. I'm yeah, happy. very grateful. And so you were there, and so you actually like felt the crowd. You were there, and uh, I don't know. It was that, did that make you feel better or make you feel worse? It probably made you feel worse, right? Matt, again, it mixed emotions. You know, one minute I'm sitting there like buzzing that I'm at this amazing arena, watching people like Arnold Allen. You know, he's a friend of mine, smash it, and then you know the kind of realization that man, I should be in there, and this is my hometown. Um, it was bittersweet. It was mm. a very weird feeling. And also, you know, when you I had so much adrenaline built up and obviously I'd already been out for a year and a half that because I didn't get that release, I was like, man, I need to go into a skydive or do something because wow. I had that big ball of energy just built up and I didn't get to release it. And that's a weird feeling. You know, it really is. Um, it's odd. Uh, but yeah, I got to release it on, on Saturday night. Did you do anything in March to release it? No, no, I had to just suck it up and oh, uh, get on with it. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a tough feeling. I was just straight back in the gym, um, and yeah, working on for the next one. So it's a great time for UK MMA. You mentioned Arnold Allen. We have Leon Edwards fighting for the belt. Tom Aspinall, obviously, a heartbreaking finish on Saturday. Had a great win back in March. Patty Molly doing incredible things. We Mohammed Mohayev. We just had him on a few minutes ago. And he was saying, and he also said this a little bit at the post-fight press conference, that uh, people like you, people like Leon, people like Arnold, people like Tom are who he wants the, the youth in the UK to look up to. And he doesn't like Patty because he feels like he promotes acting kind of like a fool and whatnot. Do you share that sentiment that uh, Mohammed is uh, expressing? I can understand where he's coming from. I do think... Uh, you know, hey, what about us guys? You know, there is that kind of feeling of being a little bit left out there. It's a, to me, is a little bit, you know, Paddy and Molly's show at the moment. Um, but at the same point, I'm like, you know, I understand why. They're a huge draw. You know, they're bringing in so many views. But, you know, we still got space for us, man. We need to build up as well. And, um, you know, I like to think my performance was better than theirs. And, you know, I feel like I need a bit more credit where credit is due, man. So, mm. but... Mate, I wish him all the best. There's no uh, animosity or anything from me. I know Mokaev's got a little bit of a, a beef with Paddy, but yeah, me, I'm just doing my thing. And uh, yeah, you know, I believe that the, you know, the cream always rises to the top. Do you, do you want to see more from the UFC? Like, do you feel like the UFC should push you guys more? Uh, because, you know, their social channel, they're very entertaining, right? People love to listen to them, you know, watch them and whatnot. But do you feel like, in the build-up to the event that you should have been pushed more that some of the other British fighters should have been pushed more? I think so. As well, being with it, the only Londoner on the, on the UFC mm. roster, you know, is my mm. town. I thought like maybe I could have had a bit more. And, you know, the more media time we get, the more we can show our personalities. So, uh, you know, the amount they get, of course, they, they've got so much good content coming out. And, you know, but no one really gets to see our side unless the cameras are on us. So, um, you know, I didn't even get a post-fight speech, man. I was pissed about that I had some yeah. names to call out and you know but uh yeah mate I'm I'm very grateful for the position that I am in um 
So yeah, I don't want to sound like I'm I'm being bitter or anything no, like no, that no. at all. I asked you the questions just so people know. Yeah, I know they, yeah. people people cut these things up, but they have to remember that we're asking you. You're not just bringing this up. I felt really bad for you because a, I thought the performance was great. Those moments on the microphone, you know, like those are moments that sometimes you go from here to there. The crowd goes crazy. They shower you with praise. You call someone out. You get the and you didn't get that, and it was no fault of your own. I think they booked too many fights on the prelims, and they ran out of time. And unfortunately, a lot of them went the distance. What would you have said? Had you, you know, been given the microphone from Michael Bisping? I wanted to say I'm back. You yeah. know, obviously it's been two years and man, it's, it's been killing me. You know, it really has. And um, I felt like at one point I was just never going to get back in there. And then to have it in my home crowd, you know, to be back in London in the O2 where I had experienced in 2019. You know, I just wanted to thank the crowd, thank everyone because that crowd was unbelievable. You know, I honestly felt their energy when I was in there and it felt like I was in there with an army. Um, so yeah, you know, it was very, very special. I want to just thank everyone. My team, of course, you know, it's always nice to give your team a little shout out and, um, yeah, just showing appreciation really. Um, but yeah, you know, the, a lot of the fights went to decision. So I understand that, you know, TV and stuff, they got to, you know, get it all on board, but you know, next time. Uh, who, who did you want to call out? Vince Morales keeps talking shit. I heard him say that he uh, wants to smack my face still or something like that, and um, but he won't do it at 145. Even though he used to fight at 145, and I've just said that I walked in the fight 10 pounds heavier, you know, I think he um, either needs to shush or come up to 145 and let's just put our money where our mouths are. Um, where is he talking shit? On social media? Uh, no, so one of my friends sent me a like an interview he was doing with someone, I don't know who the guy was, and he said something, like, I still want to smack that boy's face or something like that. Okay. I'm saying, hey, man, it's, it's here. Come and get it. Yeah. You know, we can, uh, we can get it on. All you got to do is come up and wait. If you don't want to, that's fine. But stop mentioning my name. Fair enough. What about someone who's at 45 if he doesn't want to come up? To be honest, mate, I'd like, like I know I'm not going to get a top 15. Well, I, I don't think I would anyway. Like, someone like a legend, you know, someone like Cub Swanson, if, if he's still in the game, I, I don't know yet. Mm -hmm. um, kind of yeah, getting yeah. on now. But someone who's like a legend, you know, I used to watch him in the WEC days and that'd be cool. You know, someone like that would be a, would be a real honor to fight. Um, but yeah, whoever the UFC given, I'll never turn anyone down. Um, so yeah, I have no idea. I, I've even got to catch up with the 145 division. I've, uh, I've been too much focusing on 135 the last few years, and I'm not too sure what the uh, the rankings are saying. But yeah, anyone they give me, man, I'll be in there and um, ready to show the world what I'm capable of. And by the way, you mentioned you hadn't fought since uh, October of 2020. I know you were supposed to fight on the September card as well. That was kind of like the makeshift London card. And then, of course, the March one. Why were you out? Like, what, Was it injuries? What, what, what kept you away for so long, other than what happened in March? So the last fight with Casey Kenny, I tore the ligament and uh, pushed the tendon off the bone on my little finger here. Oh, no. So that was the one that's causing me the main issues, and it's actually causing me issues now still. Oh. Um, and then on the September one, I broke the metacarpal, which is here, same hand, but a different injury. And then obviously the, the last London one wasn't nothing to do with me. Um, so yeah, just punching too hard, I think, mate. I need to uh, wind it down a little bit. And and uh, have you been able to check it out? I know it was just two days ago, but any like, did you re-injure it on Saturday? So I I have re-injured it, but I don't think it's anything too serious. 
at the moment. You know, touch wood, it doesn't feel anything like it was in the past. But I do think I'll be getting an MRI or X-ray or something to just, you know, make sure it's good to go. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it was hurting after the fight. Uh, is uh, it, fighting again this year, I'm sure, is something you want, right? You think yeah, it's doable? 100%. Yeah, and that, again, that's why I'm going up 145. You know, I want to fight four or five times a year if I can. And making 135, you know, it's like, I need like three months notice. And, you know, obviously I'm not a huge fish in this pond at the moment. So I, I, I'm not the type of guy to get, you know, months and months notice to make weight and fight. So, you know, for me to accept fight on eight weeks notice, I need to, to move up. So that's what I'm doing. And, you know, there's an Abu Dhabi card in mm. 10 weeks, 12 yeah. weeks. Amazing card. You know, I'd love to get on that and uh, get some sun to my body while I'm there. I was going to suggest New York. I feel like, you know, a Brit fighting at MSG is a big deal, but you'd prefer the Abu Dhabi one? Yeah, mate. If I can get some, you know, Abu Dhabi sun. And okay. Where I've been there just before on Fight Island, there was no crowd. So it just feels a bit weird. You know, I feel like I, I need to go out there and do it properly. Um, so, yeah, that's one on the list. If not, yeah, wherever. You know, at the end of the day, I'm here to do a job and, you know, it doesn't matter what country I'm in. You know, as long as I'm in the, the UFC octagon, that's where I'm supposed to be. By the way, I saw a picture yesterday, uh, you and Mark J. Casey at a, uh, a post-fight barbecue with like, yeah. you have the gut, but you obviously have the abs as well. It's like old school Chuck Liddell where you have the abs, but also the big belly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's the picture. We're showing it right now. What, what, uh, what was on the menu yesterday? Honestly, I think Brad <laughs> on everything. You know, it was a Brad Pickett barbecue. Um, and then we had a, a cheesecake, which is called Please Cakes. And I kid you not, I think there was about two kilos of cheese that went into this cake. And man, me and Mark definitely made up for lost time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm still feeling it today. And I've got about five other meals that people want to take me to. So, you know, it's a good job I moved up away. That's true. That is true. By the way, what is a Please Cake? Is that like a, is that a British thing? I've never heard of that before. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a cheesecake, but the brand's called Please Cakes. Oh, okay. And you look at them on uh, Instagram, they, they, may, they do some unbelievable stuff and it's just super, super over the top. You know, it's not just a cheesecake, it's a cheesecake with everything you can think of put on top. Golly. Um, very calorie dense. Yes, but you've earned it. You might as well. And now you're a featherweight and you've had a tough year. I mean, it was, you know, you, you were probably eating, you eat your feelings sometimes in March. Now you get to eat your feelings when you're happy as well. Like back then, maybe you were sad eating the feelings. Now you're eating the feelings, you're happy. I say you earned it. That was the back in in March. I didn't feel like I deserved anything mm. because I hadn't got to do what I was supposed to do. You know, I know it wasn't my fault, but like even you know, my my missus took me out for dinner the next day, and I was like, oh, it just feels weird. It doesn't feel like I'm should be doing this. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't feel like I'm celebrating, but you know, it, again, it wasn't my fault. So there's nothing else I can do. But I do honestly believe that everything happens for a reason, and. Look now, you know, I still got paid in March. I got to fight uninjured on this one, put on a performance at the new weight class. You know, I think, I think deep down it was all, uh, it was all meant to be. I saw on your Instagram, I love this, uh, and correct me if I misread it, like that night, Saturday night, you're just like out walking your dog, right? Like, like f a few hours prior, you're sold, do sold out O2 Arena, world is watching you, and then you're just back in the neighborhood walking your dog. Yeah, no one could watch him, unfortunately. My neighbors popped in once, but uh, yeah, someone had to get back for him. And, you know, to be honest, there's nothing more I'd rather do than get home, have a nice cup of tea and uh, see my boy. So, um, 
yeah, that was my post-fight celebration. Walk the dog, have a cup of tea and a bit of, uh, bit of KFC. How, how far do you live from the O2? 40 minutes. Wow. Yeah, not so. Uh, the, the whole week I stayed at home. You know, I get the luxury wow. of staying in bed. And uh, yeah, that's another the perk of uh, fighting at the O2. Uh, and and by the way, one last thing, Charles Rosa, what what a guy, right? I mean, super tough. He took those leg kicks like a champ, never quit, very tough out. I feel like that also makes the performance like it, it's it's very hard to put that guy away. And he has been through a lot in this sport. And I'm sure your respect for him has grown since the fight. Huge. You know, going into that fight, I knew how tough he was because Brad had trained with him, my coach Ashley had trained with him, and I kind of knew it's gonna be tough to put him out. Mad was it tough to put him out? You know, I felt like even if I break this guy's leg, he's just gonna keep getting up. Um, and it was going because I said to him, I was like, Man, we must have got a 50 G's there, you know, that must soften the blow a little bit. And the fact that nah. we didn't, you know, kind of sucks just for him as well, man. That would have been a nice little, uh, you know, extra bit of money in our pockets. But you know, we put on a huge performance, and I'd like to think that, man, you got to respect the guy, you know, anyone that watched that fight, he's a warrior, and um. Yeah, he was going to the very last second. So, uh, you know, hats off to him. Yeah, no one won fight of the night, right? No, they done, I guess, four performance tonights, man. That's Sorry. whack. That's why. I said to the missus, I went, babe, you know, get the red panties out. I've secured <laughs> the bag. I know for a fact we're getting that, you know, we're getting that 50 Gs. This was just uh, just before the Tom Aspinall fight. Then, obviously, when he blew his knee, I thought, okay, that's not going to get fight of the night. Right. Yeah, they done performance tonight, man. I was like, no. So, uh, on the next one, on to the next one. Well, great to see you back. Congratulations. Happy you found the new home at 45. And, uh, it, you know, it was great to have the, the London guy on the card. I don't know. Should we still call you the prospect? Are we sticking with that? I mean, until you realize, you know, you're... 30 next year, so let's have another year and All then... Right. Uh, we'll f- okay, we'll, we'll deal with it then. All right, fair enough. Uh, thank you for the time. Great to have you back on the show. Great to talk to you again, Nathaniel. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right. All the best. We'll talk to you soon. There he is, uh, Nathaniel Wood, still the prospect, uh, still under 30. So uh, you can call him the prospect. He is turning. Oh, he's uh, turning 29 uh, very soon in about uh, 11 days, August 5th, 1993. Golly. Mohammed Mohaev with a bit of a joke there about my age. I've officially reached that point in my life. Gosh. I mean, 1993, I was, uh, what was I? I was in uh, sixth grade. That's crazy. In any event, it seems as though uh, Cub Swanson has been booked. So that might not happen. I do like the idea, though. And it would be good to have him back in there. Uh, I, I understand where he's coming from with the, you know, the the Patty and Molly show. They're going to get a lot of attention. They're very charismatic. They're very popular. Uh, and they have delivered in their two fights. And if you deliver, you're going to get that kind of love. So, uh, the, I mean, the two finishes on the main card, gigantic the two finishes back in march gigantic and uh people are really getting behind them and the ufc is getting behind them so uh, i understand and uh if you clip that off make sure i mean like you know where he's not coming from a negative place it's very clear muhammad brought it up on his own at the post-fight press conference i thought that was really interesting and i forgot about the back and forth tweets someone just sent it to me 
um, for context from back in 2018. Crazy stuff. Uh, also crazy was... Oh, okay. Well, Mike Heck's telling me uh, that the Cub Swanson fight might not be a done deal. So maybe there is hope after all for Nathaniel Wood. Um, TBD, unfortunate ending to the main event. We all wanted to see. It was such an interesting fight. It was such a good fight on paper. Who would win? Big step up for Aspinall. Biggest step up of his career. Blades, maybe one or two fights away from fighting for the belt. Looked so good back in March. Main event, London. Big step up from Aspinall's last fight. And as we said at the top of the show, as we've been talking about, it ends in the most unfortunate of ways. Knee injury for one Tom Aspinall. And uh, certainly wish him the best. Afterwards, at the post-fight press conference, I saw a clip of Curtis Blades saying this. I want to play it. And then uh, I want to prove that uh, at least for this one little part, he was actually wrong. Take a look. The fight even happened. Is this going to be in the news next week? Am I going to get an interview with Ario Hawani? Am I going to be on YouTube? And I'm, am I going to gain 50,000 Instagram followers? No. So. so there you have it. I don't know about the Instagram followers, but you're on YouTube and you're on the Helwani show, Curtis Blades. There you are, my man. Of course we were going to have you on. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I wasn't, I was a little scared. I wasn't, uh, I didn't think I'd earned it because it wasn't. I still don't feel like I won one, but I know by the letter of the law, I was the last man standing. So I won, but I appreciate you having me on the show. Of course. And uh, I appreciate the shout out. So thank you for that. Very nice of you. Um, Man, what a weird thing. Could you even describe what that's like? Like you're about to fight another human being. The crowd is going crazy. He's a tough test. You respect him. And it just, and like, I looked at your face. I, you didn't really know what to do. How do you even describe yeah. what that was like, what that felt like? It's never happened to me before. I've never had a fight in that that early. I never had one in that early. And I never had one in that early because of an injury to my opponent. So I was just, I was like everyone else in the, in the stands. I was shocked. I was disappointed. I was ready to fight. I obviously... Get the warm up. We came all out, all the way out here to London. Like I'm ready to go. I'm prepared. I'm my mindset's ready. I'm ready to fight, and fight's over. Damn, so, that was weird. That's weird. When when he you know threw the kick, could you feel that something went wrong or not really? No, no. no I I had no idea. Like it landed. I I definitely felt the contact. I know I know it landed, and then I was ready to. Counter. I was actually thinking about taking a shot. Like, mm. I knew he connected. I knew he had to square back up after he put the foot back down. So I was looking to shoot, and then he grabs his knee, and I'm just like, "I did I do that? Like, what? I don't know." Crazy. Um, what was the week like for you? I mean, obviously you're fighting the the I don't want to say hometown guy. He's not from London, but you know he's England. Uh, they love yeah. him there. He's the main event again. Like, did you did you feel the love? You're walking the streets around the yeah. like. Were people kind to you? Yeah, the Brits are great. They're the most polite people I've ever met. More polite, almost. I don't know who's more polite, Brits or Canadians. I don't know. No, it's, it's Canadians for the, the record. For the record, it's Canadians. <laughs> I just want to let you know. You guys are neck and neck. Um, but yeah, the the love's been it's been great even after the fight. Like I've been out all day. Went to go see 
Big Ben, fucking him, um, all over. And everyone's been asking for pictures. Everyone's been really polite, really um, uh, gracious. Everyone's like, ah, I wish you guys hadn't been able to fight, but you won. We're, we're sorry it ended that way. Yada, yada, yada. Everyone's been really nice. Okay. A lot of people recognizing you on the streets? Yeah, I mean, I feel like with the haircut, I stand out. Yeah. It does, it's hard to hide. Yeah. Uh, and what about the crowd, like the vibe in there? Like You were, you were just fought, fighting in uh, March in uh, Columbus. I would imagine this was nothing like Columbus, right? I mean, that was a pretty good crowd too, yeah. but this was probably unlike any crowd you've ever been a part of. Yeah, um, I could feel the... I want to say vitriol, but I don't know if that's the right word, but I could just feel like they wanted me to lose, obviously. I could feel that, and I was I was expected. We expected that. I've been to Australia, fought Hunt. It was very similar, very reminiscent of that, but it was just almost more intense because with Hunt, people knew that was like his, that was like the end. With Aspen, it was the opposite. They're like, okay, this is the beginning of Aspen's reign. And you could just feel people were ready to like be like, this is the guy. This is our next British UFC heavy uh, champion. I could feel it. And I, I wanted to prove him wrong. Obviously, I want to prove him wrong, but I wish I would have been able to actually do that. How did you feel going into the fight? Like confidence-wise, nerves-wise, what kind of a week was it? What kind of a camp was it for you? Nerves are always there. Nerves were there for the last guy, for Dawkins. Nerves were there for Jorginho. Nerves are always there. It's a fight. You never, obviously, after what just happened this weekend, you never know what's going to happen. Right. So, nerves were there, but I felt confident. I always do. I feel like I have the best footwork in the division. I feel like, after all, he is very athletic. He is very fast, but I'm also, I, I think people underrate my own speed and my own athleticism. I am a big guy, but I'm, I'm fast on my feet. And I, I felt like I'm matched up with him extremely well. And plus, just being heavier, I knew if I got on top of him, obviously, he is a black belt in jiu-jitsu. I knew he, he'd have a few talents on the ground, but I I felt confident that I could take him down at will and impose my will. I, I was envisioning a finish. Uh, did you feel like you were kind of being served up for him to look good in front of the crowd, he's the young guy. Like, yeah. and were you comfortable with that? Yeah, yeah, I get it. Like when they offered it, I knew what it was. Like, they they wanted to use my name to build him up. That's how it is. That's what it did. Hosmod and Burns. They 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 wanted to use Burns to build up Hosmod, and it worked out. This time it didn't, and uh, I was I was ready to accept the. Ch- challenge i wasn't i wasn't scared i wasn't uh the nerves the nerves were there but that's just because this is a fight it mm-hmm. wasn't because i was here in uh, london uh i felt it was a great camp i had great sparring sessions my conditioning was there that was a big thing i knew like going into the fifth round i, I was going to be a big factor of the conditioning and i felt great i still i felt great like i'm ah, I wish we could have fought. I wish we could have actually, like, at least a round, at least one round. Yeah. What, like, what were you feeling in terms of, like, as you were visualizing the fight, preparing for the fight, your prediction internally 
how it was going to, like, did you think it was going to be a 25-minute one? Did you think, like, what were you feeling on how the fight would no, actually play out? No. I knew he's a guy, he, he's ever been past um, second round, right? So, I mean, he expects to get, you get used to getting out of there early, and you just have, like, an internal, like, a clock. I knew he was going to be aggressive. I knew he was going to be doing the pressure, and, like, what he did off the, off the glove pack, he took this, you know, the octagon, which is not the norm. Usually that's me. So he took that spot, and that's when I knew, knew like, okay, he's not going to alter his, his game plan. He's going to fight me the way he fights everyone else, which is a little different because usually when I fight guys, they alter their whole game plan. Jorginho mm-hmm. alter his game plan. Volkov alter his game plan. Everyone alters their game plan. They become a different fighter when they fight me. He wasn't. He was the same dude he was in all his previous fights. And we knew, okay, he's going to be offensive and aggressive, but the more offensive and aggressive you are, the more open you are to counters and to takedowns. So I just, I knew if my timing was right, I'd be able to, to find the takedown or a knockout on the feet. And I, knock on a lot, like, even though it was a 15 second fight, we only had like two or three exchanges. Each exchange, I felt a little, like I could feel my fist just touching them. And I knew if we had a, it, I don't think that fight would have got out of the first round. Really? I think the way we were, we were scrapping, like, it wasn't like a feeling out round. Like, it was, we were going. Somebody's going out. Wow. So, obviously, you think you were going to knock him out, right? Yeah. 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 I I think also the reach advantage. I have two inches of reach. I, I think I was going to be able to touch him before he could touch me. Right. Now, I'm always curious about this. Like, when a fight ends that quickly and you're, like, warming up in the back and there's, as you say, like, there's nerves and adrenaline and all that, what do you do when you get to the back? Like, how do you get rid of all of that? How do you release it? Because you didn't get to go, you didn't get to scrap, right? Like you didn't even break a sweat, probably, yeah. right? No, I didn't. I didn't even sweat. Um, I went back there. It was just this was a whole new experience. I was, I had to talk to my coaches, and I, I spoke to them. I spoke to my, uh, my sparring partners that I also brought out with me. It was just a lot of talking. I just, I needed to talk it out. I needed to verbalize how I was feeling. I was like, I wanted to fight, and we didn't get a chance to fight, and. I knew the reactions of everyone. Like, ah, he didn't win that fight. Ah, like, and that's that was the opposite of what I wanted. I wanted to earn a respect to everyone, and I feel like I didn't get the opportunity to like to do that mm. to earn that respect. Um, I'm gonna get to the post-fight meetup, but in the cage, did you say anything to him? Were you able to talk to him at all? Um, when he was on the ground, he he probably didn't even remember he was. Looked like he was in a lot of pain. I walked over. I was just like, man, I feel feel awful. I hope this isn't like as bad as it looks. And I just left it at that. Yeah. Mm. And then we see these pictures of you guys hanging out, having a beer together. How did that happen? Um, random. I was in my room. We're obviously we're in the same hotel. I did. I guess he was in the, the lobby. I don't say you know how to have the bars in the lobby area. Yeah. He was down there. I guess he pumped in the astronauts and my dad's a talker. He'll make friends with anybody. He'll he'll be, he'll be your best friend if you and uh-huh. guys you got to have a drink. And I guess they got to talking and then my dad calls in my room like, Hey, 
let's go up to Aspinall's room. He wants to have a drink. I was like, okay, like, huh. all right, I'm down. And then we go up there, and they're really nice. Like the whole Aspinall, like his his whole squad, his his dad, his 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 uncle, his everyone, even the women. Like everyone was super nice, super cool, and I was just was like, ah. I wish I hadn't gone up there because now I like him. I like the guy. Like I, like you don't want to fight someone you like. I know we're going to end up. We're going to scrap again. I know because he's he's only what uh, twenty nine. He'll be back. I know he's going to be out for eight, eight months, maybe even a year. But he'll be here. So I know we're going to scrap again. I just ah, it's hard to scrap a guy you like. Did you not like him going into it? No, but. I didn't know anything right, about it. Right. I made it easy. I was like in the, the middle. I was like um uh indifferent. Yeah. Indifferent. yeah, yeah. I didn't like him or didn't did not like him. But now he's a nice guy. I know he's got kids, he's a he's a dad, he's a good dude. So it was nice to meet him though. Nice having a beer. Uh how long did you spend up there with him? We were up there for like an hour. Wow. Like it was a it was a good solid hour. Like I said, it was nice guys and um, the atmosphere was very friendly, very inviting. Like I said, the Brits, the Brits and the Canadians, you guys are neck and <laughs> neck for the politeness. Do you think like if shoes on the other foot, do you think you want to have a beer with him? Yeah. It's not his fault. I mean, we got no beef. Like we didn't even fight. So like, why not? Why not yeah. have a beer? Uh, and so it's it's a weird spot. Like, uh, how how would you even describe the way he was when you were up there? Uh, I'm I'm assuming like super down. Uh, no, he no? handled it very well. Like he was upbeat. He was fine. Like he he knows he knows he'll be back. He knows he's young. He knows he's been, he's already better than Eric Lewis. Better than I think he's better than Tuivas. I think he's better than uh, I think he's more well rounded. Like he. He obviously has the wrestling. He, he has the jiu-jitsu. He's very athletic on the feet. I just, I believe that he believes he's going to bounce back. Hmm. And I believe it also. I I don't think this is the end of Aspinall. No. I agree with that as well. I thought the winner of your fight uh, was maybe going to fight the winner of the Gan Tuivasa fight. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, that was, in my head, that's what I envisioned. Yeah. And uh, do you still feel like that's the case? Yeah, I mean, who else is available? I'm not going to fight someone again ranked below me. Like, I did it for Aspinall because, again, I knew a win over him would be legitimate. It was like he's ranked six, but he could easily be right. tough. Uh, so that was different. But I'm not going to fight someone ranked below me. I want the winner of Khan Tweebos. I feel like I've, I've earned it, I deserve it. I've been in the top five since 2018, ever since I beat Alistair. Like, I deserve a, a, a title eliminator fight. Mm-hmm. And and then what does that even, like, are you, I don't know, it's a weird thing, because, like, we've got an interim flyweight title fight happening <laughs> this weekend, and the flyweight title fight was the same night as Francis and uh, Gan back in January, and I still feel like we don't really know what's going on with the belt. And, and you know, obviously, Francis' situation has to play out, and what about Stipe? What about John? I know you've been asked about John, but there, it doesn't feel like there's any sort of resolution there. Are you frustrated about any of this? Never frustrated. As long as I'm earning money and I still got a job, I'm good. Mm. I'm good. 
Do you still feel like, I know you said uh, you think you're going to have to work extra hard to get to the title. Like they're, they're not going to do you any favors. Do you still feel that way? Yeah, I don't expect any favors, but that's okay. I, I, I'm a wrestler. We take the hard path, not the easy path. Uh, do you think by the end of this year we'll have a resolution to the the whole title conundrum? Like, are are you, are you? I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, like you said, I don't know what's going on with uh, Francis. I don't know if he's going to do the boxing. If the UFC is going to allow him, if he's going to have to get lawyers and all that, I don't know what's yeah. going on with that. And um. Honestly, I wouldn't be angry with the interim thing if they do John Jones versus Steve because at least it gives me like a, a goal, like a, a, a trajectory. Like, okay, I beat the winner of Tequila Don, I get the winner of Steve A. Jones, and at least I have an interim belt. And that means I get to fight the guy who has the real belt. At least that would be something and I can live with that. What about you and John? He uh, said that you've been hating on him. Did you see those tweets? <laughs> I did. I'm like, bro, all I said was, I don't even think he he read everything I said. I think he read the first line and it was like, ah. but um, all I said was, I picked Stipe over John Jones because Stipe has five round title fight experience to heavyweight, which John does not. Why does that make you, why does that make you angry? And I also said uh, John, he hasn't shown he has one punch knockout power, which isn't a bad thing. There's a lot of guys who don't have one punch knockout power that have the belt. Habib, does Habib have he had the belt? Uh, Izzy, does Izzy have one punch knockout power? There's a lot of guys, there's a lot of guys that do have one punch knockout power. That doesn't mean I don't understand why he took such offense to what I said, but I'm over it. Like, I don't feel like I said anything. Like super disrespectful or super aggressive. That's just maybe maybe he had a few too many drinks that night. I don't know. I don't know. What do you call you, little man or something? What do you say? What do you call you, <laughs> little yeah. boy? He called me. Call me tiny. Tiny, I'm like, bro. I'm, you know I'm not tiny. You know I'm bigger. Than, I don't know what that was about, bro. Oh man, you're crazy. <laughs> He's a crazy. Uh, yeah. I mean, hey, it's good to be in the conversation with John. That would be a big fight. Yeah, hey, if, if they are, if they hit me up for John, I'm down. Yeah, I'll take that fight. By the way, who do you think wins, Gan or Tuivasa? I'm gonna go with uh, um, Gan, just because I believe he's the more technical. I'm always gonna go with the more technical guy mm. over the power striker, even though, hey, I've I've lost the power strikers. Three times and Ghana twice, there's rules twice. I believe I'm I'm more technical than those guys, but a heavyweight, you don't have to be technical. That's like icing on the cake. You don't have to be technical at heavyweight. I believe Ghana is, is more technical. I believe he's smart. I believe he knows Tuivasa only has one path to victory. He has to force on into a, a slugfest. As long as on is smart enough to avoid that. I think he wins. It might, he probably goes into a decision, but I think he wins. Mm. Um, one last thing before I let you go, uh, and uh, we we texted about this briefly. This whole Curtis Blades uh, Twitter thing. What the hell was that all about? Where did that come from? One day, like you were all over the place, and I texted yeah. you about it. You didn't even know what. It was. Like, have you figured out how this no. whole thing started? 
I have no idea how the algorithm works. I don't know how I became viral. I wish I could do it again because obviously that helps, but yeah, I still don't know how that happened. Do you know who started it? No, no idea. No idea. <laughs> there was one day in particular where every reply yeah. on every tweet of mine any in, was Curtis Blades Twitter. Hashtag Curtis Blades Twitter. I had no idea where it started, how it started, who started it. And yeah. you, well, how did you find out about it? All my homies hit me. I'm like, bro, have you seen on Twitter? I'm like, no, because I've been at, I was in, I was at practice all day. I practice usually on weekdays from like eight to nine, 11 to noon, and then like another one in the later afternoon. So I'm, I'm not really on my phone until after all my workouts are done. So I had no idea. I have people texting me. So when I go on Twitter and I see them, like, I'm, I'm lost. I don't know. <laughs> It's not a bad thing, but I'm just, no. I'm just lost. That was weird. And it still kept going. Like UFC even embraced it. Uh, they were tweeting it. <laughs> it was... <laughs> hey, people are talking I about appreciate it. it. Yeah. What yeah, a weird thing. Uh, I, I like that post that you had about someone wrote, like had a picture of you and Aspinall drinking the beer. And this was like when you and your mates go 0 for 17 at the pub. And you said something like this brought back <laughs> memories of 2010, 2014 for you. But you're doing all right now, right? Everything's okay. I think you're, you're, yeah, yeah, I'm doing, you're happily I'm married, good, right? I'm, no, I, that, that fell through, but I, what? I have, I have, I have my girlfriend here. We're Hello. good. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh well you're 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 happily taken yeah happily taken all right well sorry for bringing that up my bad no worries no worries you're good you're good you're the man curtis uh class act you handled it with class and grace and uh i really appreciated you you mentioning us there of course we were going to have you on and uh you're always welcome here so well done on how you handled everything and i hope you get the winner of Gan and Tuivasa, because that to me is the only fight that makes sense for, you know, the winner of that fight. And of course you, and uh, the way you handled it with Tom afterwards was great. And I hope we get to see that fight. I was super excited about that one. I just wanted to see how, I mean, just like your wrestling, his grappling, your striking, his strike, just an amazing fight. So hopefully down the line, maybe for the belt, we get to see it. Yeah. I, I hope they hold on to this matchup and they don't force it. Uh, pretty much. Clearly, I think they can hold on to this matchup and we can we run it back on the belt. I think that makes the most sense. It has hype. And I really want that fight. I want to prove to the world that I can hang with anybody on the feet and on the ground. Well said. Thank you, Curtis. Enjoy the UK. And I hope they treat you, continue to treat you well out there. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on the show, as All always. Right. All right. There he is, Curtis Blades, uh, handling it like a pro, unfortunate. What happened? We wish our best to Tom. Speedy recovery. Um, I don't know when he's going to go under the knife, in fact, but uh, it seems like it's inevitable, and, and hopefully it is uh, successful and, and, and all good, and he'll be able to return. And if you're in the UK, if you're in London, and you see you know, Razor Blades out there, and by the way, uh, I don't think his name is Blades because of his... I don't think his nickname is Blades because it rhymes with his last name. I... I I could be wrong about that, but I think his actual last name is Blades. Anyway, if you see him out there in London, uh, maybe buy him a pint or two, right? The guy's deserving of it. I mean, he's had a, a very stressful week, in in my opinion. So, And uh, I thought he was uh, 
He was a gent. He was a mensch about the whole thing. Now, as I said at the top of the show, uh, anytime we have these London cards, I uh, I like to ask Dan Hardy to come on because I think he's one of the best minds in the game, one of the best analysts in the game. And of course, he knows that region as well, if not better than anyone. And as always, kind enough to join us. So without further ado, let us say hello to the outlaw, Dan Hardy, who did a great uh, breakdown of the event on his YouTube channel. I suggest you go check that out. As always, Dan, how are you, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm really good. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, great to see you in the uh, familiar locale. I appreciate the time, as always. Uh, by the way, before we get to London, could I ask you, what the heck happened with July 2nd? I feel like there was like all this buildup, and then it just kind of like fizzled out, and the thing never... But what happened? Yeah, I know. So they added the the Huey Fury uh, title eliminator fight to the card, and then with that came a Sky Sports deal, which of course is is a big deal. And then uh, Huey got sick or or injured. I'm not sure exactly what. And they decided they were going to move the whole event along with uh, with him to uh, November 12th. So everything's still moving forward, but it's just been moved back to November 12th. So um, I, I slowed down for a couple of weeks and maybe put five pounds back on, and then. You know, training has started again uh, today. So, uh, yeah, back, back in motion for November 12th, but a bit oh. of a setback, which is disappointing. And how far away, like like how how many weeks away were you from the event when it got postponed? I, I was two weeks away. So oh. I was in the last, last week of training camp before fight week started. I, I was I was feeling good. I mean, I still do, to be honest. I've, uh, you know, I've kept my weight down and, and I've been moving around and, and uh, you know, work, went back to my strength and conditioning. But I know Diego is excited for, for November as well still. So it's a bit of a delay, but uh, it's okay. And mentally, like you were so close to coming back, the big comeback, a decade in the making. Like mentally, how was it when you had to, you know, come to terms with the fact that it wasn't happening July 2nd? Oh, it was disappointing. Yeah, it was very disappointing, especially because, I, you know, I just got back from a four-mile run and I was feeling really good. You know, I was. it was just nice to be back in that groove again, ready to compete um and you know the thing of course i was it was looking forward to the most is that you know the walk out into the arena and the opportunity to get that adrenaline rush of trading punches with someone um and you know the other thing is if it had happened in july it would have been under 10 years <laughs> uh. but now it's been moved back to november that means it will be a, a, actually a decade since the last time i fought so uh yeah that's it's kind of funny but i was trying to avoid that i was trying to avoid the 10-year mark but now it's uh it's unavoidable and is ricky still staying on the card yeah, okay. Ricky. Ricky was even on vacation this week, and he's still training, posting videos every day of him working out. He, he got in incredible shape. Right. I mean, you know, it, it was disappointing for me, but I didn't have to do nearly as much work to to get my weight down as Ricky did. You've got to imagine how disappointed he was. Uh, yeah, really, uh, really set us back. But we're you know we're in motion now. And same location. Yeah, same location, okay. AO Arena in Manchester. By the way, were you going to walk out to England belongs to me? Were you going to walk out to that song? You know, I was going to change it. I was what? thinking about using something different. Yeah, I, I know, I know. I just kind of, I felt like that was, an, that was an, uh, a song that was attached to my UFC career. You know, I, I didn't use that song before the UFC. Oh. You know, I came out to a mixture of things from like Kano to Martha and the Vandellas. Uh, so I used to change my walkout music quite a lot. And then when I arrived in the UFC, that was kind of a statement to everybody else that, you know, like, you know, I was going to be the, the, the premier UK fighter was, was my, uh, my intention with that message. Uh, but then I, you know, I re-recorded it with Cox Barra, uh, ahead of the, the GSP fight. And I, I got my, got my ass kicked, what, three times, three times in a row, four times in a row <laughs> using that song. So I had to switch it again back to the old one for, um, Ludwig. 
Oh, no, no, I use a different song for that as well. Yeah, no, I think I'm going to use a different song again. I know people will be disappointed, but we'll see. You're done with it. You want to move on. I don't know. I just kind of feel like it's, you know, it's a different thing, isn't it? It's a boxing match. I'll have right. big gloves and shoes on. And, you know, I think people would be really disappointed if I didn't have a red mohawk. But I think I've got a bit of a bit of lee, leeway with the walkout music. Interesting. And, and by the way, who chose that song? Was that one where Dana or Lorenzo said, we want you to walk out to this? No, that was me. That, okay. that was all me. That they're a 1970s punk band, you know. I was fortunate enough to have a, my mum and dad's record collection when I was growing up, and my dad's my dad's record collection was stacked with, you know, Sex Pistols and the Clash and the Jam and Coxsparrow was mixed in there amongst it. And I just always liked the, you know, the gang vocals, which you get in a lot of New York hardcore as well. It, you know, get, gets me riled up. Feels like a war song. And you, were you going to come out with the Red Mohawk? Yeah, yeah, I was. I was. I was wow. growing it back, but then, you know, I decided to go for a grown-up haircut. Okay. You know, I can grow the mohawk back overnight. It's no bother. And so you'll do it for November, because that would be iconic. Yeah. And and, and yeah, yeah, the so. hanky as well? <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah oh, I so. man. I think people would be disappointed, you yes, know, if yes. I didn't. Well, I was going to say I'd be disappointed if you didn't come out to that song, but look, whatever makes you happy, as long as we're getting the mohawk, the hanky, all that... Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm dying to get your thoughts on, on Saturday, and I'm happy that the fight is still on for you. If I could ask, and I don't know if I asked you this after the fight in, in, in March, the event in March, but what grade would you have given that event, and what grade would you give this event this past Saturday? I mean, you can't really compare them, unfortunately. You know, the the, the one back in March was a, was a spectacular event, and and a lot of it rides on the main event, of course, because. You always feel, and this is why the UFC's you know uh, production value is so good, is because they know how to build the event towards the the main event, the crescendo. And when, of course, it is you know it ends so quickly, immediately you can just you can just feel the energy just just dissipate, and that that's always you know people are never going to look back on that with the same kind of memories as they were Tom Aspinall, you know, putting the cherry on the top of the cake in, in UFC uh, London back in March where. He dominated Alexander Volkov. You know, if he'd have done the same thing against Curtis Blaze, then it would have absolutely been a comparable event, if not better. Uh, but unfortunately, with the way it ended, you've just you've just kind of got to go with the the March event. I still enjoyed it though. We still had some really standout performances, and again, you know, uh, Molly and Paddy stole the show. <laughs> Can you even like put into words this whole Molly and Pat, Paddy thing? It's it's crazy, and like we've seen rises. Obviously, the most famous one is Connor for these two friends to do it together and they're so unique and they're fin like the two great finishes on the card came from them right um it's just like as someone who has you know literally built this scene a pioneer of this scene to see these two scousers do what they're doing and to see their explosion how do you put into words what's happening here it's incredible you know it really is incredible i mean of course you know conor mcgregor was a was a phenomenon and the reason why that happened was because MMA is growing. But with the growth of MMA are going to come teams where you've got multiple fighters competing at, at a very high level and having success. It, it's, it's actually happening across the country, across Europe at the moment. You know, you look at cage warriors that happened on the Friday night. You've got the Figlak brothers, Mateus and, and, and Mick, uh, Michael. Then you've got the Hardwick brothers. George Hardwick just won the belt. You've got Harry Hardwick as well. You know, you, we've got a lot of siblings that are coming through, a lot of teammates. And, it's the same with the next generation crew. You know, you look at the map that uh, that Molly and Paddy are training on every day. 
And you've got the likes of, you know, Luke Riley and Adam Cullen and, and, and Nathan Fletcher, fighters that are coming through, training with these guys every day and improving. It's not going to be long before we've got half a UFC card stacked with these fighters that are coming from the same gym. Like the talent is just growing exponentially, and that's partly down to the impact that, that uh, those two have had. Not only are they very likable, very personable, you can you can get on board because you just know they're having a good time and they're riding it so the wheels fall off. And they're 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 a hundred percent genuine. You get nothing but the, but real from both of them. We saw that from Molly afterwards. She was very kind of you know very kind of calm after a, you know when she was being announced the winner and very kind of honest about where she was at and uh, excited about where she's going for sure. It was a different Molly McCann. But then Paddy on the other side, the emotions finally come out after a, you know a really tough few weeks. They're just they're just impossible not to like. And then the way that they fight as well is electric. Uh, do you recall the first time you heard about Patty or saw Patty compete? Yeah, it was at a Cage Warriors. They were on the same card in Liverpool. And if the UFC is ever able to go back to Liverpool and put those two on the card together, they will absolutely take the roof off the place. And I know that that's, that's an overused phrase. But, I mean, you know, I've seen Paddy win fights in the first round by Rene Choke, dive into the crowd, and there are, there are a thousand kids that are like, 15 years old that have all got the same hat and jacket and they just erupt. And then as soon as it's done, they put all the chairs back, they put the lights back up, they put the barriers up. I mean, they are well-behaved kids, but they they just go off when when Paddy wins. And it's the same with Molly. The the atmosphere they could create at those Cage Warriors events was was something else. You knew something special was coming. It was only a matter of time before they arrived. And it, it it's it's just fortunate that you know, Molly had a little bit of a turbulent career to start with in the UFC, and now she's picked up this momentum at the same time as Paddy arriving. It's, you know, it, it's it's going to make for a good movie one day. Paddy's story is so interesting to me because, like, you can't help but be captivated by him because of his look, because of how he acts, his accent, his whole vibe is just fun. And then he's killing it in Cage Warriors. And I believe, you know, Several years ago, he's offered a UFC deal and he says, I'm not ready yet. I don't want it just yet. I'm being paid. I remember there was a whole thing about where he's going to sign. And he said he was going back to Cage Warriors and people were disappointed. Then he hits a rough patch in Cage Warriors and people are quick to say, oh, he screwed up. He blew it. He was a never was. Builds himself back up. And now, you know, here he is enjoying success. In retrospect, like when you saw him hit that rough patch, did you think, oh, man, this guy made a mistake, he's not going to make it, he doesn't have what it takes, mentally he's not tough enough. Like, What do you remember thinking about him when he hit that patch where he was losing like two of three? You know, my main concern was that he was having a lot of success for a young man and he was a superstar in a city that would just celebrate him everywhere, everywhere he went. And I think, you know, a young man being in a city like that, you know, we see it from a lot of a lot of like young champions and young successes. They they get all this attention and all this love and they kind of wander off the tracks a little bit. And the other problem that Paddy always had was that he was cut into a weight class that didn't suit him. You know, I know he did a lot with uh, Paul Reed, his nutritionist, and I know they put him through a, a whole load of tests and, and made it clear to him and to his team that it was time for him to move up a weight class. And I think now we can see a far more physical Paddy Pimblett. You know, he's grown into his body, but I also think he's grown into his into his his career as a professional. Like there were points in his in his Cage Warriors career where he was surviving on you know raw ability and and uh, and athleticism because he would just kind of throw everything at his opponent, and oftentimes he was blasting them out the water. But there were a couple of times when he you know he he, he looked to come into some some tough waters, and I think he's learned from those moments. 
And the time when he turned the UFC down, I think it was when Darren Till was was fighting uh, Wonderboy Thompson in Liverpool, and everybody expected uh, Paddy to be on that card, and he wasn't. And the fact that he turned it down made me wonder whether you know he was he was determined to become a an international star, or whether he wanted to just kind of be the local star. But it was obviously the right call. Physi- physically, he wasn't ready. Probably mentally, he knew he wasn't quite ready. And he's arrived with, you know, three big performances and, uh, you know, a lot of fans. <laughs> he's, he's doing he's doing big things. And, and I don't think it's going to be long before we see him in some, uh, you know, main event, co-main event positions. Uh, we'll get to what is next for him in a moment. But, you know, it, it's a it's a crazy thing with Patty because speaking of Ricky Hatton, who used to be called Ricky Fatten, right? He would blow up and then he would come back down. We're seeing this with Patty as well. And, and I think he uh, was annoyed at some of this talk at the weigh-in. He, he mooned everyone. But would you suggest that he try to stop that? Like at some point, it's going to get harder and harder to cut that weight, right? Uh, absolutely. You know, the older he gets, the more that weight's going to cling to his frame. And it's also not good for his for his body physiologically. You know, you don't want to keep stretching your skin and then forcing it to contract and stretching it. It, it can, you know, it can cause all kinds of issues, you know, internally as well as externally, you know, receiving, you know, damage to the skin, cuts and stuff. You know, you tend to find a lot of fighters that swell up and then shrink. They they cut easier. And Paddy's been very fortunate. You know, he's got good, tough skin. But keep, you know, that this yo-yoing in weight is not is not ideal for him, especially long term. I'm sure it's just a it's just an outlet from the pressure that's on his shoulders. You know, you've got to think how, you know, how hard he works to to get in the condition that he's in. But I think, you know, now he's arrived in the UFC, he's got his he's found his feet. I think he can stabilize that a little bit. You've got to remember, though, I mean, you know, those guys are from the north of England. It gets really cold up there. So it doesn't surprise me that he's, he's adding some insulation to his frame. But, I, I, you know, I think he's naturally a growing boy anyway. And, and the more he allows his weight to fluctuate, the more he's going to struggle to get to lightweight. If you were in charge, we were debating this earlier in the show, um, who he should fight next and where. I, I said MSG, put him on that MSG card in November. Uh, that's a big deal. You get the rub. Uh, you're on pay-per-view now. You're a pay-per-view star. And I was saying, let this slow roll build for as long as possible. Give him a guy who's not ranked. I don't care. You know, the guys were, I was talking to New York Rick and, and GC on the show, they were saying, uh, you know, maybe a, a Dan Hooker or a Jalen Turner. I say, give him a guy, like, give him a, and I'm not trying to knock a Jamie Malarkey, but like, he does, I don't think you need to test him just yet because the star is shining. He's exploding. No one's asking for this. If you were in charge, what would you do? Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's ready for another for another a, a step up. I mean, someone like Dan Hooker, that's a that's a big step up. You know, you've got to think that some of the killers that he's been in there with and the experience that he has, like Paddy. Yes, he's got three big wins already in the UFC. Big because of the way that they they hit resonated with the fans, but not big because they were perfect or because they were against you know potential world beaters in their own right. You know, he's he's fought the right level of opposition for the level that he's at. I mean, if you know, I think if you want to step him up, you got you know, you had Ludovic Klein that that picked up a win over Mason Jones a bit later on in the card. That would be a logical step up. You know, he's going to fight someone that's a tough, durable European fighter that is going to be able to push him in the grappling range as well as striking. I think that's you know something like that would be a logical step. We, we don't need to be giving him one of the star names right now, just because he's a developing star. It doesn't mean that he's he's at, at the the technical level yet to start taking on some of those big challenges. I still think there's a bit of growth left in his game, maybe another 12 months or so, a couple, three more wins, and then we start to look at him fighting those recognizable names. 
I thought that it was his best performance in the UFC, and he did not seem happy with it. But considering the opponent and considering what he did, like the actual finish, trapping the arm, the knee, all that stuff, like I was really impressed. He didn't get rocked. In the other two fights, there was a moment there where he gets rocked. I was actually really impressed. What, it, what like of the three, where would you rank this one? Yeah, I mean, I think it was the cleanest. It was the it was the less the least reckless of of the, the the three fights that he's had, and I think that's promising because you know, of course, we like that recklessness because it's exciting. But you know, that's where the gaps are in, in people's games, and that's usually where people get caught with counters. I, I, I think you know, I think he expected to be under pressure from Levitt because he's a good a good grappler and a strong wrestler, and I think because Levitt recognized that Paddy, you know, he's a he's a fast sprint attacker. When he starts, he doesn't like to stop, you know, for a good few seconds. And he's probably got the the, the power advantage over the two of them. Um, the, the way he finished, though, I mean, wrapping up that kind of reverse anaconda to knee him in the head and then circling to the back to trap the arm was was a beautiful finish. And, you know, there have been lots of rear naked chokes in Paddy's, Paddy's career. He's a, he's a prolific finisher, a, kind of a signature of his team, to be honest, up against the fence. But that for me was, I mean, there was just no way out for Levitt. And, and I think he felt safe while Paddy was slowly edging towards the, the closing of the submission. Really nice. Very, very slick. You know, you, you've got to you've got to put his submission game up there with some of the best of them that, that are, you know, around him in the division. Maybe not the top flight of the division, but certainly is he's on the trajectory to be competitive. Do you like the idea of putting him at MSG? I, I don't see why not. You know, I think it will give his, his his fans an opportunity to travel, and I think he will have a lot of traveling fans. You know, I think Liverpool will take over New York, and I think that'll be a, a fantastic experience, not only for the fans but also for the UFC to have another one of those traveling fan bases. I mean, you mentioned Ricky Hatton, and he was he was a, an amazing he had an amazing traveling fan base and band. You know, with the drums and trumpets and everything, it would be very similar with with Paddy Pimblett. So you know, to put him on one of those cards would um, it would allow the u.s audience to really kind of consume him amongst the other the mainstream fighters you get uh we're just having a little uh video problem here but can you see me or no i can see you fine yeah okay cool cool and we could see you that one thing you're doing there joe is taking him out so just be look at the screen also when you're look at that one the monitor too um there's a this is what happens when you're live dan the the beauty of live television um or or youtube the one thing that I was wondering about Molly was it seems to me, and I was equating it to like when you're out and with your when you're with your friends or when you're not with your friends, it feels like ever since Patty showed up, the confidence that she has just in her own skin, in the cage, going for a finish, like she's not the same person that was fighting in the UFC two years ago. Do you do you sense this? Because like where does like how do you explain? Obviously, there's growth, there's evolution, there's improvement, but it feels like she's just a completely different human being ever since Patty arrived. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, I do agree with that, and I think you know there's there's a lot of familiarity with them sharing a locker room and and being in training camp together and getting in shape together. Um, I was also very impressed though with Molly after her last victory and the mindset that she had. You know, I, I saw her a, a couple of weeks afterwards um, warming up fighters at Cage Warriors, and she was you know she was in just as good a shape as she was when she fought. She was you know clear of mind. She looked like she'd been training that day. And she just said, I've just realized that in order to compete with the best best, you know, best fighters in my division, I've got to be on it all the time. And, you know, now Paddy's around. I think some of her 
uh, maturity in her UFC career is going to rub off onto Paddy as well. After the, you know, after he's had this little uh, celebration, I think he's going to be back in the gym much quicker. I don't think he's going to get get as out of shape as he has before. Um, and I think the part of that will be down to Molly, you know, kind of leading the way a little bit with that. But she also massively benefits from Paddy's energy, both in the dressing room and, you know, in training camp. It's amazing. I remember when Paddy was in Cage Warriors, he was kind of like needling Connor a little bit. And there was some talk of him fighting Connor. This is when Connor was like, you know, 2016 Connor. And now you compare the rises. Paddy's going to his fourth fight in the UFC. Connor's fourth fight, he was getting ready to fight Dustin Poirier. We're not talking about any Dustin Poirier's for for Paddy right now, right? Like it's could you compare the difference? Like, what is the difference between Patty at this point? Because he waited, and Connor had the two titles as well, but they're different fighters, right? They're they're at different points in their career going into the fourth fight. Yeah, the, you know they are different fighters, and they also have a they also have you know very different games, which gives us a different perception of them as fighters. You know, because Conor McGregor had such good boxing and footwork, and because he was able to deliver that left hand in so many different ways it made him look almost untouchable. Whereas because Paddy's game is stacked at the opposite end, because he's such a strong grappler, sometimes we see him come through chaotic and risky moments that we didn't see in McGregor's career. You know, had he fought more talented grapplers, then, you know, perhaps we would have done in those those earlier fights. But, you know, his fights were perfect for him to demonstrate his striking skills. But Paddy's come up against guys that will stand their ground and throw back. And because he doesn't have the same kind of polished level of striking that McGregor did you know he gets caught sometimes I think they're in different places and I think it's difficult to compare the two of them but um you know you could certainly see it build into a super fight in in the future at some point just just not anywhere near and just not anywhere near it right now like Connor's up near the top of the division Paddy's got to build himself into that position but I would hope Paddy's focus is on the belt as opposed to the super fights right now because he's he's in a he's in a very strong position where he could become something way more than Conor McGregor, and I know that's something you know that's that's a difficult thing for us to imagine, but we couldn't have imagined a Conor McGregor before he stepped out of Cage Warriors. You really think he could be bigger than Conor? Yeah, for sure, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I think especially because you know people's brands change and shift. You know, Conor is, you know, Conor's not the same. He's not he's not as easy to to gravitate towards as, as he used to be in the beginnings of his career. You know, it's much more easy to relate to people when they've stepped off the streets and they're going through hard times. Now he's, you know, living on yachts and stuff. I think he's, I think he's quite estranged from his, from his fan base. And I think people will tune in due to the fact that he's a, you know, he's, he's an entertainer, but I think people will follow Paddy to a, to a, a much longer degree than, than they have done, Connor, because I, I don't think Paddy's going to fall off in the same way that Connor did and, you know, find himself in handcuffs. And and what do you think Paddy's ceiling is? Like, do you think he can be a champion? I think he's in the most difficult division, but I think what we learned from McGregor's rise is that, you know, your marketability will create opportunities that will, you know, build you in the right direction. And, you know, I mean, like you look at some people's careers through the lightweight division and you think, my goodness, how did that guy never get a title shot after going through that line of killers? And then other people, you're like, how has this person ended up in the top five already? And, you know, that's it's not necessarily a meritocracy of the UFC, as we know, and that's down to partly marketability. And Paddy's very marketable. If he makes the UFC a lot of money, they'll they'll help that direction. They'll help that path through to the belt. Um and, you know, and I, I certainly think anybody you put him in there with, he's, he's within striking distance of winning because of the chaos that he brings. 
it's only going to be the top level grapplers in the division, the top 10 guys, or like the guys that could stop him taking them down, maybe like the Gillespies and the Makachevs and the, you know, Sarukians. That's where he might start to come unstuck. But they could also, you know, find a way through that division without him facing those guys. By the way, how how long before they start talking about Molly and Valentina? Because like she's such a big star, right? I feel like they're going to have to do it at some point. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of moving in that direction. Of course, there are there are quite a few fighters in Molly's way, but again, you know, if she's matched correctly, if she's if she's put in front of fighters that, uh, you know, she she can play rock'em sock'em with and and stuff takedowns, then she can punch her way to to a shot at Valentina Shevchenko, especially because you know she's got the division locked down. You know, I mean, this is this is the welterweight division when I was uh, making my way through to fight GSP. You're like he cleared the division out. Like I didn't have to fight Thiago Alves or John Fitch or any of those killers because they needed contenders. You know, I was moved through a lot quicker than than and I should have been because they were. You know, he'd already done a lot of the work for me. Mm. Valentina's done the same thing. That's why it's going to be easier for Molly to get to the belt than it is for Paddy because that belt in the lightweight division will keep changing hands. But Valentina might be there in a couple of years, and and you know. They might be desperate for contenders, and and I think Molly could could get herself inside the top ten, and and certainly make an argument for it. Um, I'd watch it; it'd be a lot of fun for sure. Uh, that that is a great point, by the way, about the belt changing hands and her path being a lot quicker. Uh, just a couple more things, and then I'll let you go. This is tremendous insight, and we appreciate it very much. And by the way, have you done your breakdown for BT yet for two seventy seven? Is that up yet uh, on the YouTube? Is that up yet? I don't think it's up yet, but it is done. It is done and edited. So I would imagine that's up later today or tomorrow early. Okay. Those are always fantastic. Uh, be on the lookout for that, youtube.com slash BT Sport. Uh, what, what about the rest of the card? Was there anyone else, especially like the UK fighters, that really impressed you? The, the main one that stood out to me was Nathaniel Wood. I thought that was by far the best performance that we've seen out of his entire career. You know, he's had some some real bangers, some highlight reel finishes. You know, I remember his fight against Josh Reed on Cage Warriors that was a, a a shootout until he managed to land the knockout punch. And as much as I like that, I don't want to see that all the time from him because I think his potential is very, very high. Um, and I watched him. I was at GB Top Team the other week watching him sparring with his teammates. And, you know, he's got guys that can push him there. Of course, Mark Casey's in the same team as him now as well, who, you know, who is definitely growing as a fighter. But Nathaniel just looks so slick against Rosa, who we know is tough and durable and can absolutely take a beating. And Nathaniel dominated him. Great footwork, you know, patience in the striking range, a variety of attack targets. I was incredibly impressed with him. Better than I've ever seen him before. Wow, that is high praise. What about Leon Edwards, speaking of the UK scene? What kind of a chance do you give him on August 20th? You know, I give him a good chance. I, I You know, he he caused all kinds of issues for for Usman the last fight. He didn't take any damage. You know, he was he was able to to you know to to be competitive enough in with his takedown defense to slow the fight right down. I think the difference in this one is that Usman's confidence in his striking is a, in a different place entirely. You know, you look at what he did to Masvidal and to Gilbert Burns, you, you think to yourself he could quite easily do uh, the same thing to Leon, especially after we saw Nate hurt him. I mean, that's the thing that would stick out in my mind. If I'm Kamaru Usman, I'm thinking Nate Diaz hurt him in the in the last round. If I catch him with one of my shots, you know, left hand or right hand, I'm going to hurt him really bad. And I think the double threat of him potentially level changing is going to keep Leon on the back foot. I think we need to see a confident, dominant performance from Leon. And, and we don't always see that. Sometimes we we see him let fighters drift and 
get away from him. Like he should have finished RDA in my opinion. He should have finished Cowboy in my opinion. He let Nate get into the last round. That was dangerous, you know. I, I don't think he can he can keep playing that game with these guys. I think it's time for him to put it. He's put himself in fourth or fifth gear and start stopping some of these guys. Um, and I think he's striking, his counter striking, his footwork is good enough to cause Usman some problems. Um, but he's got to do it with confidence. If he doesn't, then he's going to get backed up and wrestled and clinched and beaten up at close range. And he's going to be vulnerable for those straight punches. Last one. Speaking of Nate, can he beat Hamzat? Oh. Do you, you like know, the this, fight? This, it, just, it just feels like it feels like we're getting to the point where someone should start thinking about pressing charges. It, it's, it doesn't feel like a fair fight. It feels like a very, very cruel thing to do to someone that is a legitimate legend. Because they've spoken out against the organization, they're going to get executed live on TV. That's kind of how it feels. And and and, I, and it just it makes me feel uncomfortable to think that that's the way it's going to go down. Like, I, I hope, desperately hope, that Nate at least comes through it all right. But after watching what what Hamzat did to to Reese McKee and to uh, you know to John Phillips, yes, of course Nate's got good jujitsu, but there comes a point where jujitsu is nullified by good wrestling. It happened in the early days of the UFC, and it would happen against Nate if it hits the floor. I think he gets nullified, and I think he gets beaten up horrendously from the top position. I think it's going to be uncomfortable to watch, and I think it's going to leave the UFC in a very very bad light. And I just hope Nate comes through it all right. Because I think he's got good opportunities outside the UFC. It's just a shame that they're going to do this assassination attempt on him before he leaves. Wow. Uh, those are strong words. And I think a lot of people agree with you. It's a weird spot. Someone they, If he would have resigned, they would have never booked the fight. But now that he's saying, I don't want your deal. I want to go out and test the market, see what else is out there. They're like, all right, here's the toughest guy out there. When just two weeks ago... Dana is saying in the media, this guy's lost four of five. He's no longer, and he's not even ranked in the welterweight division, but it's very clear what they're doing. And I think you laid it out there perfectly. So I think we all hope he doesn't get seriously hurt. If he pulls it off though, holy crap. One of the craziest moments I mean, in the history I mean, of the sport. Right. It would be, and I love, I love Hamzat Chemaev. I just think he's, he's, he's not in the right, they're in different positions right now. Chemaev's on the rise and Diaz is a, you know, a legend that is on his way out. You know, it, it's, it, it's just a fight that shouldn't be happening. But of course, you know, if Nate pulls it off, it would be the most Diaz thing to do in the world. And <laughs> he'll walk off into the sunset with a, you know, with a, a smile on his face. Um, it, yeah, I, I think I said what I needed to about it. I just feel very unfortunate that it's happening and that we can't celebrate these fighters when they're coming to the end of their career. But it's it's, it's the UFC style, isn't it? You know, if, if they decide there's parting ways with you, they try and damage you at every in every way possible. And Unfortunately, if you're a fighter and they want to damage you, they can actually physically do it, which is a shame. Dan, you're the man. Always a privilege to have you on to, to absorb some of your insight. Uh, you're doing great work on your YouTube channel. You're doing great work for BT. Keep doing your thing, my man. Your post-fight recap is up right now. I saw it yesterday. Great stuff, as always. You're doing stuff with Veronica as well. She's doing a great job, so kudos to her. Uh, well done, and thank you, as always, for the time, and good luck in November. Can't wait for it. Thanks, Ariel. Always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. Thank you so much. There he is, the outlaw, Dan Hardy. What a guy. What a legend. Tells it like it is. Appreciate everything that he has to say, not only about the UK scene, uh, but about the sport in general. If you're not uh, checking out his YouTube channel, if you're not uh, checking out his work for BT Sport, you're missing out. Uh, truly one of the best minds in the game. 
unfortunate that we don't uh, see him on the broadcast. We've talked about that already, but we're still getting him. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. On YouTube and other platforms, and that is great for all of us. So, uh, this is the moment that you have all been waiting for, and there's a backstory here. And it's a really fun backstory. So thank you very much to Dan for joining us. Now let's talk about Hamzat Shemaev. So uh, yesterday was a very eventful day for me. Uh, not only was yesterday an eventful day, the entire weekend was an eventful one. On, on Friday, I uh, drove with my wife and daughter to Boston. It's around four hours or so. I was actually going to go to the Blue Jays game in Boston on Friday uh, because I found out they were playing in Boston. I was like, wow. But, you know, the boys weren't there. The girls didn't really want to go. They would have gone had I pushed for it. But then Vince McMahon retired and a whole bunch of stuff happened. And that was weird. Uh, and so we decided not to go. They ended up winning 28 to, I think, five. I wish I went. Anyway, then we're there on Saturday. I told you about that. Then on Sunday, wake up early, drive to pick up uh, my boys from camp. And that was a great scene. Very emotional, very happy. And then we drive back home. And that took about four or so hours. Then I had to go pick up. And there's, there's a point to all of this, by the way. Then I had to go pick up their luggage because there's a truck that comes and the truck got into an accident and the bags were actually supposed to be delivered at this neutral spot at five. But then they said that the bags were going to be delivered at 6.45. And so I was waiting around, waiting around for the email to let us know when the bags would be, uh, would be delivered. So I'm sitting on my couch at around 6.15 and I pop open the old Instagram machine and there's a DM from Hamza Chemaev. Now, there wasn't much to this DM. Uh, the DM was in reply to when I posted about the Diaz fight last Tuesday when it was officially announced. Diaz Chemaev, you know when you tag someone on Instagram, um, it, I, like it goes to their DM? So that's what happened. Sometimes the person sees it. Sometimes they don't. Usually if they don't follow you back, they don't. Sometimes they interact with it. They repost it. Sometimes they don't. Well, this was... In reply to my tagging back in uh, back earlier in the week on Tuesday, and all he sent me was like a picture of like a money thing with wings. I don't know what that's called, like money flying. I don't know, three of them, boom, boom, boom. So I was like, oh wow, not often that we get a DM from Hamzat. I say, hey man, uh, good luck in the fight, this and that. Then. He sends me like a video of himself, like, and, and the video thing is going, the camera's going back and forth. Hey, Ariel, brother, let's talk. And I was like, oh, let's talk. I was like, well, why don't you come on my show on Monday? He said, I'm, I'm traveling on Monday. I'm going to Spain. Actually, no, at that point, it was a voice message. He's like, give me your number now. I'll call you. I was like, oh, number, okay. Uh, not really of great use. I was like, well, why don't we do the interview right now? Here's the problem, though. First of all, uh, I don't really know how to do the interview right now, A. B, I got to go pick up these bags at 6.45 and it's 6.15 and I live 25 minutes from the spot. And C, my stuff is all packed up because we were just in Boston. So my computer was packed, my microphone was packed, the whole setup was all disheveled. So he's like, cool, let's do it now. And I'm thinking, wait a second, it's 
they're six hours ahead in Sweden. It's 12.15. Is he, you know, is he pulling my chain here? Is he pranking me here? What is going on here? So I run upstairs and uh, I start unpacking my stuff. And I'm like, well, I don't know what's going on. What's about to happen here? And what do I do? I call GC. GC, I called you, right? Yes, you did call. You did call. How me. did that conversation go between us? Uh, it didn't go. I yes, didn't answer. Mr. Collins, uh, Mr. I explained why I didn't answer. Yeah, Mr. Collins. Uh, it's okay. I was like, you know what? Uh, at some point, you know, you you, you just got to do things. You got to figure things out. Now, I've been doing you know these Zoom interviews for quite some time. Uh, but truth be told, when I'm doing them, there's someone else involved. Usually, two or three people. Back on the DC and Hawani days, Hawani show days. My Helwani show now, there's always like a producer there, at least one, if not two. Tried calling Frank. He kept declining. Why'd you keep declining me, Frank? You know, we've already <laughs> been through this. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. So I open up my computer and I don't even know how to log into Zoom. <laughs> I don't even know how to log into my Zoom because usually someone sends me a link and that just opens it up. So I figure out, all right, I'm going to put in my name. I'm going to put in my email. And all of a sudden the thing pops up. All right, now, how do I share a link? And then I'm starting to think, how do I even record this thing? And then what happens when I record this thing? Like, wh- how do I get it? There's <sighs> a lot of stress involved. So I open it up. I see below participants. I see, uh, I think it says like invite, copy link. So I take that link. Oh, well, by the way, I'm still setting up my microphone thing. I've got my little home thing, you know, the backdrop, the books, all that. I'm not wearing my familiar shirt. I'm very sweaty. I haven't, you know, cut my hair. It's usually Sunday night cut. I haven't done that yet. I'm a mess of a situation. Oh, by the way, I still got to pick up the bags in 20-something minutes. What if I miss the bags? Where do the bags go? I'm worried about this. There's a lot on my mind right now. So I'm sweating up a storm. I'm nervous. I don't know if he's playing a prank on me. I don't know what's going on. I get the link. I drop it in the DM. And and then I'm like, I'm fixing the microphone. I'm plugging it in. Does this work? Is this where I record? What happens? And all of a sudden, Hamza pops up. Hey, brother. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Uh, all right. Now, to remind all of you, never done a one-on-one with Hamza. Remember, there was the past. You know, we don't need to get into all of that. And then he popped up in the uh, Darren interview right before the Gilbert fight. But that was a dual one. There was a lot going on. I think they were at the PI or some gym. And it was a very hectic scene. Now, I will also remind you, since then, he has fought Gilbert Burns. That was an incredible fight, one of the best fights of the year. And I will also remind you that I do believe, at least as far as English-speaking interviews, uh, he hasn't talked to anyone since the Gilbert fight, right? He's done some tweets here and there, but uh, I believe he has not talked to anyone. I could be wrong. Apologies if I am, but I don't think he's talked to anyone. So... I don't like I didn't do any research. I didn't look up anything. I didn't have time to look up anything. You know, usually when you do these interviews, you check social media, you see Google News. Is there something that I missed? Something pop up? You know, oh, Curtis Blades Twitter, I forgot about that. That was a few months ago. You refresh. I didn't have time for any of that. There he is. So I just go to the bottom and I press record. And I had a conversation with Hamza yesterday at around 6:15. Now, there's a lot of things on my mind. Number one, I'm looking at the clock. Number two, is this all gonna be for naught? Is this all going to be for naught? Like, am I recording this right now and it will go to some place and, you know, I'm never going to have this interview? Number three, in the history of this program, since we started in 2009, we have never done a pre-taped interview like this. Never. A couple times in the ESPN days, I had to pre-tape one interview. I don't want to say who it was, but there was a fighter who was controversial. They asked me to tape him before the show. 
wasn't happy about it. I fought on his behalf, but you know, I, I don't want to get into all of that. Uh, we pre-taped it. Nothing happened. It was silly. And then we ended up airing it on the show as if it was quote-unquote live. But I've never pre-taped an interview, especially not the night before, and aired it on the show. So there was all kinds of things. Like, could we even do this? Everything has always been live. Everything has always been live since day one. Uh, so while you're doing the interview and asking questions, you're also wondering, like, is this interview going to live anywhere? Am I going to be able to retrieve it? And then how are we going to get it on the show? All kinds of stuff. Oh, by the way, he just signed to fight Nathan Diaz. Biggest news story of the past week. Uh, I've never done a one-on-one with him before. I don't know where he is. Can't do it live. I know there's going to be interest. There's a lot to talk to him about. A crazy, crazy scene. So we have like a 25-minute conversation. And then I have to jet to go pick up these bags. So I call up GC. This time, GC picked up. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And I, you know, when you close a Zoom, there's like a converter thing that happens. And you got to wait. And, you know, if it's a 25-minute clip, it takes a while. It takes like a good four minutes, maybe less. Felt like 10 minutes. And then it goes, 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 and then it hits 100. And then a folder opens, and there it is. Amazingly, it just pops up. Technology, unbelievable. Thank you. Thank you. We did it all by myself. I don't need anyone's help. All by myself. In reality, I need a lot of people's help because then I had to send it over to GC. He had to make it all nice. And so, without further ado, last night, I had a conversation with the wolf. 6.15 or so p.m. Eastern Time, 12. He's sitting outside a burger spot. You'll be able to see it. 25-minute conversation about Diaz, about how this fight happened, about why this fight is happening, about his role in the fight, about his role in the end of the Diaz tenure in the UFC, about the Gilbert Burns fight, which he wants to talk a lot about, about his place at 170, about the title shot, about Colby Covington, about 185. We talked about all this and more. And yes, of course, live is great, but this happened less than 24 hours ago, and I had to shoot my shot in that moment because when... Hamzat says he wants to talk right now and he's traveling tomorrow. You figure out Zoom. You figure out how to record. You figure out the whole damn thing. You pray to the MMA gods. You hope for the best. And voila, you are left with an exclusive interview with the one and only Hamzat Shemaev on the MMA Hour. Here it is. Enjoy. Okay, this is very special stuff. This has never happened before in the history of my show. I just want to let you know. It's a Sunday afternoon. I get a DM from Hamzat Shemaev. I'm not even wearing my usual clothes here, but when the wolf says he wants to speak, you run to your office and you speak. Hamzat, assalamu alaikum, my brother. How are you? Good brother. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for doing this. You have been in the news a lot over the past week, so I'd love to ask you your opinion on everything that has transpired. First of all, uh, are you fighting on September 10th against Nathan Diaz? Like, I know, yes, but they told me, like, 10 September, I'm going to fight. Uh, we'll see. Come on, brother, come on. Come on. Well, one second. Thank you, brother. You're a legend, brother. Don't, yes, brother. Don't drink too much, brother. Yes. So what do you mean, we will see? Yeah, but I, like, you know, I still don't believe that guy going to come and show up. You know, that skinny boy. We'll see what's happening. I'm just wait. I'm ready for 10 September. Doesn't matter who I am. Like I'm trained. I said um, if you want to fight 84, don't need to cut his last fight. Just by show up. 
I can fight eight four ninety three with him. That doesn't matter. Uh, have you been given a contract? contract? Yeah, I have the contract, but uh, I don't know what they do, what he did. I don't know if he signed already or not. Are I think he's ready? in. I think he's yes. in. Yeah. Yeah, that will fight. I will fight with that guy. Were you surprised when you were offered this fight? Actually, yes, but I never was like when when my manager told me like it's uh, done. I said that's good. <laughs> that's perfect for us. Make money, make good names. You know, like the guys going out. Actually, I like everyone think Nate speak like Nate or Nick. His name I don't know which one. Nate. Nate, yeah, Nate. He says like he don't likes me. I don't like him too. Like this type of kind of. I like that guy. I grow up on him, you know. Like I was in school when he was fighting in the UFC. It's like amazing to fight that guy, and uh, I like it, you know, because like you see in the like in the movies. It was for me. UFC was like when I was young, like movie, you know, that they were gonna get there. I just gonna see that only. Now I fight with that guy when I was watching, you know. American, like I from Czechia, I watch them. It's now, crazy. Fight with them, yeah. Are you are you it's surprised nice. that the UFC wants you to fight him in his last fight? What appears to be his last fight on his contract? No, I'm not surprised. They talk about that for a long time, like one year, you know, like more than one year. Maybe the the years and you. I said I'm always open for that fight. For me, no problem. Uh, but. Is respect for that guy. He took that fight. You know, he knows I'm younger and hungry. You know, like I'm going up and take my belt, and the guy show up and fight with me. He's respect for him. Uh, you posted a picture of uh, you at his funeral. Uh, yeah, do, yeah. Do you feel like you are being, you know, pretty much picked by the UFC to end his career, to end his career on a bad note? Do Do you like this position? Do you feel comfortable with this position? Yeah, why not? But for me, it actually doesn't matter. They, if they will give me Kamarusma, I will do the same thing, you know, like bad. For me, it doesn't matter. The guys just fight, fight. You know, they, he's still dangerous, you know. He's like, he fight the last second. And uh, I'm happy he's fighting with me. He's one of the legends, you know, like one of the speaking, everyone's speaking like gangster, gangster. Now I'm going to show who's the gangsters, you know, like. I like I told that before we Chechnya, we were from Chechnya, we grow up on the wall and we eat the gangsters for breakfast, you know. <laughs> but you respect Nathan. Of course, of course. You have to respect the older guys who are fighting on the top, like uh, on Nate and his brother, they they always going in the wall, you know. The tough guys. You don't take it from there. I don't know if you look at these things, but you're a huge favorite. He's a massive underdog, according to the odds makers. Do you think that that is fair? Do you think they got the numbers right? Uh, who cares about that? I don't. For me, it doesn't matter. You know, when I was beginning in my career, I was uh, fighting one guy like eight zero. He was world champion, something like that. Like some guys from my country as well. Like they, they write, ah, oh, they're gonna, the, the guy gonna beat you. You know. And when you're going up like 11 0, like now everyone's like saying, Oh, you're going to win the fight. But Diaz lost his fights. That's why I think he's an uh, underdog. If he was like on the winning streak, it has to be like, then maybe they're going to be, you know, 
50 50 there people are gonna think like oh he's also in good shape now everyone talking the guys like old uh, this shit you know like but he's still the fighter fighting is dangerous you know i'm just happy to fight with that guy uh and it's 25 minute fight right it's a main event you've never gone past the third round how do you yeah. feel about that it doesn't matter bro who cares about that just fight fight if you fight one minute if you fight 25 minutes one hour then it doesn't i don't care he's he's the human i'm the human i can go in the world like somebody gonna get killed you know <laughs> it, it seems uh, at least to me and a lot of people because he didn't resign with the ufc the ufc gave him the toughest matchup and that's you yeah. so that he loses in his last fight do you feel any kind of pressure whatsoever to kind of finish the job here for the ufc because they have picked you to in my opinion give him his toughest test on his last fight this is not a coincidence you know that you're a very smart guy do you feel yeah. like you need to do the job for them so to speak I do my job. They do their job. I do my job. If they give me someone, I'm going to go in and smash that guy, you know. And for me, no pressure. I fight. Like, I'm happy to fight, like always. You know? I said, like, Gilbert Burns was, like, the one of the guys, like, his style is, like, so hard for me to fight because he's short, he's grappler, you know. I'm wrestler, I'm boxer, but I can't fight. My boxing is going better when he's, guys is like taller like me not short but i took that fight i win that fight now i fight with that guy it's, it'll be more easy for me to fight with this guy you seen i knocked out that jade measured i was bigger than uh, gilbert but gilbert was like different style that's why it was hard to hide with him you know and this will be easy for me because he's like taller than gilbert and I hope one day I fight again, we get you better as well. I was like a little bit stupid on that fight, just going forward, you know. It doesn't work my woodwork and it doesn't show my real boxing, you know, boxing skills. Have you watched it again, that fight? No. My coach wants, uh, I'm going to watch that fight. I doesn't want to watch it. I want to fight it. Why don't you want to watch it? Because I want to fight with, with him again. So you're unhappy because, you know, afterwards, uh, I think a lot of people gave you props because we got to see you dig down deep. But there were some people who were like, oh, maybe he should have lost. Maybe no, he's like, good. Like, you know, everyone's saying like he he, he he did good takedown defense. I took him down easy, you know, like when I left him come up, when I dropped him down, then like my eyes like now I had to knock him out. If I dropped him one time, then he would go down after my right hand. You know, like, all the fight, I forget the time, around like the last round my coach come to me, don't fight with him like in streets. And that I don't understand, like now how to do something different, you know. But I win my fight, you know, like I pressure me all the time. Now my fight with Diaz after that, I hope I fight with Usman. Or somebody else if Leon wins the fight, I fight with him as well. Have they told you you beat Nathan Diaz September 10th? You are getting a title shot 100%? If I want to wait, if I want to wait, who's winning the fight? Like Usman and Leon. I got to fight with that guy. So if I, don't, I don't need to fight with the Diaz. I right. fight for that for funny. It's funny okay. for me to fight with that guy. They told you you could have waited for the winner. Yeah, if I want to wait, like, you know, this is going to take a long time. Usman fight one time in one year now. 
Right. He has everything. He has money. He's born number one. That's why he want to wait. You know, like it takes long time. He doesn't want to lose his belts. And uh, everyone is now I coming for them. Hungry, younger than them. Like I'm almost all of the guys like from top ten, ten years younger than them. You know, and they know what's gonna happen if they fight with me. Who do you think wins that fight, Usman or Leon? I think. 50-50 because like me and Lau with Leon as well so like good defense each game a lot of wrestling I think but I give a little bit more for Usman because he's like he's smart smart fighter you know? he's not like he's not that skills good like crazy good guy but he has smart he do his work smart as well you know because he's older than us, and he's been a long time in this game now. That makes you smarter, you know, like when you go long wars, like he did how many fights that the fights in five, six. And he knows how to fight in five, like he do, you know, smart. Before, I'm, like when I come in, he take his head off. It don't I'm, take like 25 minutes. Are you hoping that Usman wins so that you could be the guy to beat him? Yes, of course. Because if if Leon wins, I don't think Senegal, he will be pumped from number one. They're going to change easy or somebody else there up there. I want to fight from number one to beat that guy. To make me close to from number one. Defend the title. I will go up and take the title. They're going to make me pump the pump. And yeah. And before they offered you Diaz, was there any talk of you versus Colby? No. I don't know what's happening with Colby. Don't talk, Charlie. Don't tweet and nothing, you know, like he disappeared. I, don't, I think he might make money and uh, with the, <laughs> see what is that, uh, what's happening with him and Corky or something like that. He want to make money there, I think so. I don't know what's going on. Because there was some talk of you guys fighting on ABC on, on big network television. Dana White had said that, you know, after your Gilbert Burns fight that he yeah. wanted to match you guys up. Actually, for me, it's better to fight that guy. But, if he don't show up, what are I gonna do? I don't come. I, I can't go home to him like to fight with him if he don't come to the cage. Why is it better? Why is it better to fight him? Because he's like better fighter than Diaz now. Diaz smaller than him. Like not that he's not a top ten. I think mm. in my division, like, he's just the toughest guy. One of the toughest guy in the UFC and. Uh, Famous guy, you know, it makes me more famous when I beat him and make some money as well. Are you getting paid more for this Diaz fight than you've ever gotten paid before? We will see. I don't know. I, if actually, I don't care so much about that shit, you know. Like, I'm happy what I have now. Pay-per-view yeah, points? If they give that, <laughs> I would be happy. You guys deserve it. Both of you deserve it. I hope so. That would be nice. And are we staying at 170 for now? It seems like you're 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 sticking with 170 at least for the time being. You're talking about Usman Leon after this one, so no more 85 for now. Oh, like after Diaz, maybe I'm gonna go up. If if Usman if Usman wanna wait long time, maybe I'm gonna go up to 84 and fight somebody there because I wanna take both belts. What do you think of Izzy's performance earlier this month? He's doing his job, you know. He makes his money. Now he's the champ. He don't, he don't need to uh, like 
do the crazy things just to win. So you don't think it's, uh, you know, he's being criticized for his performance. You don't think it's necessarily fair. I don't know what's happening with him last time. He fights better before. Now maybe he's not that hungry, you know. He's driving like crazy cars and the shit has a lot of money and it makes some some people they change, you know. Mm. When you're hungry, you fight crazy and like he did before. And now I don't know. He just make the points and win the fights. It's boring. Are you hungry? Of course, brother. And 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 where are you now? I'm out on the streets with the guys. In which country? What's up, guys? Salam alaikum. <laughs> we in Sweden. Tomorrow we're flying to Spain. There I will be like six weeks, two weeks before the fight. I will be there two weeks before. And we'll do a training camp there. And uh, we, are, we are gym in the Spain. The new All-Stars, right? Yes, yes. We'll, we'll be there. And, and no issues with visa or anything like that? To come to the U.S.? No. I had the visa. I we'll see what's happening. I don't know. Okay. And you signed your contract for Diaz, right? Yeah, we have the contract. Okay, great. And uh, last two things for you. Uh, yesterday was a bit sad to see uh, Alex lose like that. You know, he's such a legend, Hall of Famer. I, I know that you're very close to him. I'm just wondering, you know, what were your feelings when you saw him uh, in that fight Saturday night? Feels bad. Really bad. Like, uh, that guy is so nice guy. He helped us a lot, you know. Like, when I've been, I become the fighter I am. If maybe if not Alex being in living in Sweden, but being that good fighter, maybe I didn't start the MMA, you know. Maybe I didn't show up in the UFC. The guys now, all the guys from Sweden who fight it, you know, like he has thanks to Alex because of him, we we on the top, you know, we fight in the, a lot of different UFC and we are like from Sweden, five, six guys in the UFC. And before Alex was almost nobody there. When he fight John Jones, everyone's like become a crazy, everyone start training MMA. And he's the, for us, he's always with the champion. I agree. Uh, how, how do you think it ends up on uh, September 10th? How does the fight play out, in your opinion? How do you envision it playing out, you and Diaz? Actually, I don't know. I just go in and smash his face. If we'll be striking, I'll knock him out. And uh, if he'll go down, or submit him or smash his face, and let him tap. Uh, we'll see, whatever. For me, it doesn't matter. Yeah, sure. I know how like some gay plants and that shit, you know, like ask Dyron, ask my coaches, like never talk about what I'm going to do in the fight. I just train what I coach saying in, in the in the, my trainings. If he says when he's part, take him down, I take him down. If he says, jab, move and do this thing. I listen to him and do that things. Then I go to the fight, do exactly the same what I did in the sparring. And uh, Sometimes you say all the time, take down, take him down, submit him. Like then I understand I have to do it in the cage as well. When I come to, come to the fight, you know, this is my game now. But we don't see it like ah, he does like that, he does this, and he jabs like this and this shit. You know, it, I I don't believe that. Like 
Cape Plan and this shit. You fight like you fight, you know. In a fight camp and everything. <laughs> and then my shot knocked you out. <laughs> How many rounds, though, do you think, in your mind? One round, two rounds, we'll see. Okay. Will Darren be in your corner again? We'll see. I hope so. He's in Sweden as well. Okay. He He's doing all right? It. He's doing good. He's on hotel now. Western. Okay. Well, I appreciate you doing this, Hamza. Anything else you want to say? It's uh, it's rare to get an opportunity to talk to you. So obviously, this was a massive deal, huge news, and unexpected to speak to you this uh, this evening. I appreciate you doing this. Anything you want to say to the people out there, to Nathan, to the fans, anyone at all? Nothing better. Just I win when when that's one thing was like in my head. Like when I win my fight, it, I, I win the fight last fight, but it was top fight for me. Uh, everyone was happy, you know, like talking about uh, he didn't finish that guy. You know, the guys was number two, one of the toughest guy. Like he drops the like he almost win against the Usman as well. You know, knocked him down almost. You know, and I didn't work. He didn't did my job. You know, like how to do it. I didn't listen my coach and. Uh, the guys, I make him famous. The guy was in nothing, you know, before me. I make him famous. And he lost, he lost the fight. He was more happy. I was angry for that fight. I win that fight. I was angry because I didn't finish that guy. And I don't understand some guys like Gilbert become happy when he lost his fight, you know. That's going everywhere, doing interviews. And this shot, you're going to fight with him again, again. Yes, we're going to fight, whatever. Yeah, fight with him whenever he wants. But I don't, he never will be champ. Because if you're happy when you lost the fight, you never will be champ. I win my fight. I was like one month angry on me when you're training, yeah, everything. My coach always told me, like, now let that go. It's like you win your fight. It's no, no problem. You're going to fight with him again, you know. These things I don't understand. Like he going around and make do interviews. I gonna fight for him again. If you if you want, he said like five rounds. He will like what he said like in five rounds I can win that fight. If you say like look at him last seconds or last minute I mean, on the fight. If he can't fight like five rounds, why he look at the camera? It's like on the time on running from me. I was running on after him like one, two minutes, last two minutes. I was tired. If it was two more rounds, I would finish him. Uh, that things I want to say. I didn't give that somebody interview. You know, like, I think you were first. I appreciate it. That, you feel like a lot of people started to doubt. Like, were you annoyed by the commentary afterwards after that fight? Yeah, everyone was happy. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like, when some people lose, why are they happy? I don't understand that thing. You know, like everyone say, "Oh, Gilbert did good. Gilbert did good. He's good. He's good." Yes, he's fucking good. He was in the UFC. Like how many years he was in the UFC? I started with MMA on five years ago. <laughs> I come from nowhere. I come from fucking streets. You know, like I didn't like did something professional. That wrestling for me was like. Hobby, you know, I was working on the security. I was sometimes wrestling and become like Swedish champion. Uh, 
come my from friend he's sitting here he said to me come to me five years ago i started me now i'm top three i smashed that guy and uh, everyone's talking about i'm also human you know <laughs> like everyone's thinking like i'm some robot yes i speak hard i speak hard with the eye like when i go to the press conference i can smash that guy because i think i can smash him that's why i say like that you have to do it and otherwise i doesn't want to sit there and like say i'm humble guy here or something like that you know just want to sit there is no you don't make money like that you don't do your job good you people doesn't want to watch that shit as well does it blow your mind everything. that you've become but, so famous, so popular in such a short amount of time? Like, does, is it almost sometimes hard to even comprehend how fast this has happened for you? Yeah, that's hard to answer. But this, yeah, in the gym now, a lot of people coming and destroyed my training where I was just doing my pads, jump, somebody jump up, you know, like, oh, can I make you picture, brother? I come from Australia. I come from UK. I come from there. Like every day, like some crazy people jump. Yeah, one time, like some crazy guy that jump. I want to fight Hamza Shmaya. What the fuck? You want to fight with me? Right. <laughs> like different crazy things happening now. Because I'm one of the fun, famous guy in the UFC. It's true. Whatever, whatever I go, that people calling for. Like, yeah, it's crazy. It's we hard. Do you remember when you trained with Logan Paul when he came to the gym? I didn't train with him actually. We was the same match and uh, he was there. And uh, he did with one amateur guy. We I was a professional that time, 2 0 or something. He didn't want to spar with me or other guys who is professional. He chose one guy who is amateur. He don't train anymore at the guy as well. Oh, Nobody wow. knows him. He was like, and he did with him like 50-50 on the sparring, you know. And he left after that. I don't I didn't know who he was that time. Okay. No. Now he gets better. His brother also gets better in the boxing. Like he trains like professional now. It's funny to watch that guys as well. Maybe one day fight with them as well. Wow, the sky's the limit for you. It's unbelievable to see what's happening. It's it's crazy also because like you have someone like Shavkat who's doing really well, but I think yeah. for for some reason you've connected with the audience in a way that very few have. Um, I don't know if it's if there's something that you think there's a reason for. Maybe the first two fights happened so quickly, but uh, it's it's incredible to see what's happened. And now you're main eventing a pay per view against Nathan Diaz in his last UFC fight. At least for now, that's a pretty huge spot to be in, my friend. Yeah, that's that's funny. That's funny. That cool. It's happy for that. Yeah, Shafkat doing good as well. He's he's going good now. Well, he has like fifteen zero. I don't know fifteen. I don't know how much he has. Like everyone speak about him. That he's doing good. The number ten or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. If he comes up, I'd fight with him as well. But he's long away from me. He has to fight Gilbert. He has to fight somebody else. You know, like from top five. And he wins the fights. I'm ready for that. But actually, from back here, if you see want to fight with him, I want to fight today. Gonna fight with him. Man. <laughs> no fucking shit, you know. I know that guy like chose my opponents, you know.
Right. If I'm healthy, if I'm happy, I fight always. All right. Well, next up is September 10th. Uh, best of luck to you. Uh, the world is is waiting for this one. Very excited, and I hope it happens. It sounds like you were a little bit hesitant about uh, thinking it would happen or not. Maybe you think he's not going to show up. I think he's going to show up. I think it happens. I hope so. I hope so. I'm going to train for that 100% like I do always. And we'll see. We'll All see right. All right, what my he is going to do. Good luck okay. to you. If, if he not show up, I wait for his brother. <laughs> I think he'll show up. I think he'll show up. I think he wants to get out of there, so he has to show up. Oh, that's good. I hope so. Okay. All right. Good luck to you, Hamza. All the best. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. You didn't think it would happen. You didn't think I was telling you the truth. But not only did it happen, not only did I master Zoom, not only am I the master Zoom recorder, undisputed, undefeated, I deliver. Hamza Chemaev sitting outside a burger restaurant. I actually believe... Was it a kebab? It said burger at the top. No. Sorry, it said GC. Bur- did it not say burger at the, uh, over his head over there? No, kebab. It says burger. No, we kebab Congo, uh, I think, which is kebab king. I took a picture of it. Well, let me see. It's in Stockholm. I found it. You found it? Yeah, on Google Earth. Good spot. I don't know. Never had it. Oh, it says kebab. Wait. I'll accept your apology. Wait, doesn't it say kebab burger underneath kebab? Is that not a burger? I think it's a kebab burger. No. Kungen. K-U-N-G-E-N. Yeah. I mean, it's all the same, right? Stockholm. You don't have to be sorry, man. Four stars on 813 reviews. Four stars, 813. You know, my uh, threshold is usually 500. I don't go to anything under 500. So that's a good one. Maybe we'll go there one day. We'll do a little. How about that story, though? I mean, is that not one of the all-time great stories? I was sweating. Then I had to jet and go pick up the bags. I'll have you know, I know you were all very concerned. I got the bags. We secured the bags. And uh, we got the Hamzat exclusive. How about that? Now this opens up. I mean, this is a whole new world. Now we could do this all the time. Do you think it takes anything away from the interview? I don't. What do you guys think? No. Take a break. I filled up my water. I went to the washroom. I'm able to breathe now. I feel like I could go another three hours. That 25-minute pause, if you will, at least from here, you guys didn't know that. I mean, you could have thought. It was weird to see myself, you know, wearing a hoodie, but I just I had to do what I had to do. There was a brief moment where I thought, should I run and put on a button-down shirt? And then I was like, could you imagine if I lose him? And people asked me, why did I lose him? And it was because I ran to put on a button-down. You think I made the right call? Yeah. Yeah. Could probably use a limiter on the edited video, but next time, you know. A what? A limiter. It, I'll talk to. Connor. I'll just let you handle it next time, Frank. Oh, is okay. That, is that an audio thing? Yeah. An unlimiter. A limiter. Don't don't worry about it. What does that even mean? We're not getting into that right now. All right. Um, well, I should probably do an ad read now. Uh, that was incredible stuff, and I appreciate him coming on. And I'm obviously really looking forward to September 10th to get some sort of finality to the Nate Diaz situation. I thought Dan Hardy's comments about that fight. Dan Hardy post-UFC, a hell of a lot more interesting than during UFC. Not to say that he was bad, but now, he, you know, unfiltered Hardy. And uh, I appreciate him speaking from the heart, shooting from the hip. Uh, and I appreciate Hamza doing that. And my big takeaway from that interview, if you must know, it felt to me like he, A, has a lot of respect for Diaz, 
it felt to me like there's no animosity there. He's tapped as being the guy and he's going to do the job. He's going to try to win because he gets a title shot if he wins. It really felt to me like he had a lot that he wanted to say and get off his chest about Gilbert Burns. That was my big takeaway. It felt like he really wanted to say what he had to say about Burns, about doing the interviews, about, you know, treating it like a win, all that stuff. That, And I don't think he has had an opportunity to say that yet. That really felt like the big takeaway for me. Um, it feels like he has respect for Diaz. And I thought his line about, you know, tweeting the picture of the funeral, he would do that if he was fighting Usman. Uh, but I can't imagine if he wins on September 10th, I can't imagine he doesn't fight the winner of Usman and Edwards. I just, I would be absolutely shocked unless something crazy happens like an injury or a visa. I don't know, you know, a million things could happen, but uh, that to me feels like an inevitability. Uh, and it's going to be quite the, uh, quite the theater come September 10th. Now, uh, we still have to check in with GC to see how he did this past weekend before we call it a day. Appreciate everyone who's watching right now, who's sticking with us. Nice little audience here. Appreciate everyone in the chat as well. It's been quite the active day in the YouTube chat. And yes, I am paying attention to it. So let's not get crazy over there, okay? Let's not get crazy. All right, GC, what do you got for us? There he is, El Campeon. Campeon, yeah. Man of the people. Shout out to the Los Angeles Knights, like Mike. That's right. Great movie. Yeah, Never saw many, it. Yeah, I was about to say, I wonder how many people have seen it. <laughs> I know little Bow Wow. I was going to say, Bow Wow, Jason yeah. Kidd. Now, was he Bow Wow at that point, or was he little Bow Wow? Uh, Jesus. I think he was little Bow Wow at that point. What about that Hamzat story? I mean, that was I some mean, kind of story, right? Yeah, I was... Uh, a small part of it. I passed it off to you, and then you confirmed that you had it, you can hear it, you can listen to it, you can watch it, you can consume it, and then I felt great. You did a great job dressing it all up there, but I was nervous. It's really tough to do an interview. See, the beauty of doing a live show is you know that people are watching it. It's tough to do an interview taped like that, and there's no backup, and you're like, well, is this going to actually... I mean, there's no worse feeling in the world than getting a big interview and it disappearing into the ether. Oh, my God. I can imagine. And uh, I can't lie. At the beginning of it, Uh-oh. I can hear like the nerves a little bit uh, in your voice. At the wow. Very beginning. The excitement, the pressure that's on you. Yes. My kids uh, are yelling fades, in the background. Yeah, it fades as, as the interview goes on. I'm sweating. Kind of I'm wearing yeah. the hoodie. I, I can only imagine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think... You know, looking back, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But I think it might be better that I didn't take the call because now you know how to record a Zoom. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it hindsight. May have in the moment, I was cursing you all out. I was, I was like, "Where's we're Frank? Just all Where's out of jobs I mean, now. well, I mean, in the moment, I was like, "Here I am, drowning." Why? Why didn't you what? try to call me? I don't know. You know to use Zoom? Uh, you know, now that you mention it, no, I don't. <laughs> there yeah, you go. Good point. I called I called you back exactly five minutes later, like I said I was going to do, and you didn't answer. And then it, I didn't get a call back, obviously, until after the interview was over. I was busy. But that 30-minute span, I was kind of concerned. I was like, wow, what's going on here? Yeah, it was weird. But we made it happen. Uh, shout out to the Contender Series. I see it on your wall over there. Oh, yeah. Big return. Tuesday wow. night. Wow. I heard they had some kind of uh, mishap on the scales. Yeah, 10 pounds. Can't wait to not watch it. Um, <laughs> Tuesday night. No. You got better things to do? Yes. What about Bone Nickel? Are you going to watch that one? Is that tomorrow? No, no, no. Oh. Two weeks, I think. I think <laughs> like August I'll watch or that something. One. I'll watch that one. 
right. the whole thing of like, oh, let's go see. Oh, thumbs up, thumbs down. Oh, let's go <laughs> see if they're going to make it. And let's uh, go watch someone's uh, dreams just shatter in front of our eyes. I kind of like the uh, 277 poster. It's not bad. Do you think Dana shows up to Contender Series or can't be bothered? I mean, the show's named after him. It's That's technically true. his Contender Series. I would hope that he is there. Yeah, you would think. No, the 277 poster is nice. How are you feeling about your guy, Kai Car France? <laughs> Couldn't feel any better. Wow. Interim title fight. We'll get your official pick on Wednesday. I can also give it to you do. right now. Wow. Yeah, it's Kai Car France. Via? <laughs> Winning. Winning. I mean, come on. I'm, you th- if you think I would jump off the train now that no, we're in an interim title fight, you're crazy. Hey, right? uh, Mohammed Mokhaev agrees. Stuff. Yeah, I was actually back here. Pretty pumped to hear that. You know, he's a great flyweight himself, giving respect to, you know, another great flyweight. Should be a fantastic fight. Have if we you, figured out in the last uh, three and a half hours or so where the uh, the stain the the sweat stain came from? Have we figured out we any had, resolution? We had twelve hours to figure it out on Saturday, <laughs> and we didn't figure it out. So uh, I think that will remain a mystery. All right. Uh, I guess it fits in with the uh, mysterious Frank. Not only him as a personality, but also the stain on his shirt. Fair this enough. Is, so is a bad. mystery. <laughs> we'll never forgive either of you. All right. Let's get your picks. Just before we move on from oh, the stain, sure. like, it was large. It was. It was that's like, what was so surprising. It was. It. It, it, your eyes, you couldn't even look him in the face. It went straight down. <laughs> what part of the body? The it was like See, right this is here. What it looks. Weird. It looked like he was wearing like a like a satchel fanny pack. Like a, that's like a style thing now across the body. Which I do. Oh, but, do he, that, yeah. but he had just like sweat through it <laughs> only in that point. Honestly, it looked like I had lactated. Wow. <laughs> that's why I was like, what is going on? Was it really that hot in there? I, I mean, no. I think I just slept no. very hard. Climate controlled, central AC, unheard of in New York City. Yeah. Yeah, we were rocking at like 70. Wow. Maybe even 69. It was. I would have left. I'm a 75 and up type of guy. Wow. Yeah. I mean. By the way, if there's never any AC, if I never feel AC for the rest of my life, I'll be very happy. You are. I hate Insane. AC. Hate I'm, AC. I will refuse to go into a restaurant if it has AC. I don't care if it's a nice restaurant in New York. What? I will walk right really out. the weirdest thing I've yeah. heard on the show. Oh, when we were in Boston this week, it was like 97. I only sat outside. I only want, I, I was not even entertaining. And then the lady was like, are you sure there's literally no one outside? I was like, not only give me an outside seat, let me stare right into the sun. This could be one of the <laughs> worst takes you've ever had. It's not a take. It's my life. Ask my wife. I can't believe, like... I can't I love believe your heat. wife stays with you. I, I love the heat so much. If I You know, I hear people say like, oh, I love the seasons. They're so great. I don't want to feel any season, all right? Get rid of fall. Get rid of winter. Sweater season. Get rid of all that nonsense. Give me 97 from now until eternity. Wow. I don't mind the heat, but like the relief of going into air, in an air-conditioned place, especially now, like it's in the 90s constantly. The first thing I'm going to do when I get home is turn on my air conditioning. Last thing I'll do. Wow. And if I lived alone, wow. I would never even know how to work it. <laughs> You'd save money because air not only do I save money, pay. it's it's healthier for you. It's just this is what God is giving us. We don't need to blast anything else. You like saunas? Love them. I love them. I would yeah. sleep in a sauna. Okay, all right. Would you ever do <laughs> a sweat lodge? This is crazy. Would I ever do what? A sweat lodge? I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's like an extreme sauna in the middle of the desert with um, sure. Piece Sounds like cake. we should make I've a done it. show trip. Um, it's actually pretty fun. Piece that, of cake. And then uh, what, peyote? What did uh, Jake Paul do? Uh, did he do a sweat lodge with peyote? 
I don't know. What did he trip on? You asked him about it. Oh, ayahuasca. Yeah, we'll take What's ayahuasca. Peyote? That's another psychedelic that you take. No, not my thing. Um, but I I don't do big, I don't do yoga. I do Bikram. I don't do yoga. I do Bikram yoga. That's hot yoga. That's the hot yoga. Yeah. Yeah. I butchered Could have just that. said hot. No Bikram. It's different. Oh. There's a thirty for thirty special four part on it. If you want to check it out. Four parts. Yeah. I did know that actually. All right. What do we got? Uh, yeah, recap of uh, the picks. Did not do well on the singles. Uh, Makwan, we at least got our shot with the Makwan sub. It looked like it might happen in the first round. That's all I asked for. It missed anyway, unfortunately. Uh, Paul Craig did not look good as well. Patty Pimblett, I lost the I lost a year off my life on that over one and a half. Chris Curtis didn't look good. Aspinall, obviously, but we do hit the biggest uh, better than night. In the Blades, uh, Aspinall fight doesn't go the distance. And then a late ad on Friday, the Patty Pimblett uh, teabag situation uh, at plus 250. We hit that, which, uh, you know, we cashed for a half unit. Yeah, that was not bad. No. Like, how far away were you from not hitting that? Very nice. Uh, I don't know. What do you mean? No, no, no. I'm talking about the teabag, not the over one. Oh, I thought you you meant the half. uh... Yeah, we were like 12 seconds from not hitting that. Yeah. Oh, was it 12 seconds? Damn. That is... Explain to me this uh, teabag thing, because I don't want to be a stickler here. I don't think that should be a hit. Yeah, me and Rick were talking about this before the show. Like, Levitt wasn't... That was more of a twerk than a teabag. No, I think he did the motion. Like, it's like a video game thing. He was saying, like, Call of Duty, Halo, you know, when you kill someone in that game. He dropped it like it's hot. Nah, I feel like he attempted the teabag, but I don't think Jordan Levitt was, like, close enough. I honestly didn't think they were going to cash this. Yeah, I don't think they should have. I think you got lucky. In uh, <clears throat> in first-person shooter games, yes, and he's talking about Modern Warfare Two. Your mobility is limited, right? Halo, another another uh, famous yeah. example yep. of these, like some of the top shooter games. All you can do is kind of go up and down. That's what the character motion can do. So that is what he was doing. He is he is mm. doing what the motion like, is. It, I think actually it's like a perfect. Uh, he, he pulled it off perfectly, and they would have to cash this. Yeah. Bet. And you and your your character in the video game has just died, so you're forced to watch. You yeah. know, the guy that killed you. Hmm. Do that High scores you. for Patty. Body. He did well. Yeah. He attempted it. He definitely attempted it. I I I guess I didn't know that backstory. I didn't know that context. Shocker. When I, <laughs> well played uh, when I heard Teabag I thought he was gonna like sit on top of his face and so when I saw that I was like actually when I saw it I actually thought it was better than that because I thought he was mocking Jordan because it looked like what Jordan did mm. in his previous fight no, I so I actually was it. like oh okay he's mocking him and then they hugged it out yeah well Jordan laughed at it when he yeah. saw it too I thought that was cool yeah I mean what else are you gonna do yeah like, he just I mean, lost he- we saw yeah. I think reactions. his plan was to knock him out cold and, and actually do it. And then do it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't love the whole thing. But uh, listen, Jordan can't be too mad about it because he ha- – I mean, the guy has legit twerked and done splits and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. I think he's going to be a good sport about it. I have to say, like, when Jordan walked out, I was like, man, this dude is handling this situation pretty damn good. He's smiling. He's high-fiving people. He didn't seem nervous. He's never fought in front of a crowd like that. He's never fought – with stakes like that. I thought he handled the whole thing. In the first round, I thought he looked good. 
I don't think the moment overcame him. I don't think I that agree. Jordan Levitt was overcome by the moment. I think he was ready and up for the challenge. And I think Patty Pimblett was better. The, yeah. the way he took the back and trapped the arm, he was a better grappler and showed it that night. And that's all that was. I don't think, I think Jordan Levitt was, you could see in the first round that Jordan Levitt came prepared and had a game plan and was trying to execute it. Patty was better. That's that's all that was. Yeah. You have to give credit to Patty for that. I agree with you. That was his best performance in my opinion. It was very impressive. Because I think Jordan Levitt is a legit grappler, a good wrestler, and somebody who could have put him in bad positions and tried to in the first round, and Patty didn't let him. And then he Modern Warfare 2 teabagged him. I can't believe that bet won. How, I how, how, how much did you uh, bet on it? Oh, man, I only put... Ten dollars. What's like the limit point, on a prop like, like that? Units. Like something small. Yeah, I threw I threw ten to one twenty five. So I got a half unit out yeah. of it. Right. I mean, I wasn't. I had to do it. I had to do it. But uh, we did find success in the parlays. Um, you know, four four and one on the parlays. Your mic. Obviously, That's only in your headphones. Oh, is it? Obviously. Yeah. Well, thanks for telling me well. now. Then oh. I wouldn't care. I thought everyone's hearing. I think the, Connor's uh, trying to talk. No. Uh, <laughs> I've only said it five times on today's show because I thought there was an echo for everyone else. How could that just be on my in my headphones? We'll, we'll discuss and, this later. No, I like this. This is the show I've right here. I've already been told to, to lose the production talk. By who? I don't have to name any names. <laughs> Are you talking? That's crazy. The production talk is my favorite part of the show. I don't know if I can come back on joking. Wednesday. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, please don't lose it. By the way, there's a bit of a reverb. When, no, I'm kidding. I don't even know what that means. Uh, back to the parlays. <laughs> Well, I was gonna, you know, say we obviously hit the MMA hour parlay. Yeah, so part of that. One and zero, trying to make it two and zero this weekend for UFC two seventy seven. Still feels like poor taste to celebrate it. But. I mean, we hit the parlay. I don't think it was going the distance anyway. Um, Neither did Curtis Blades, by the way. Yeah, I just don't think the the pace that they were setting three and six singles, four and one uh, parlays. We do finish up a little bit, almost two units. Yeah, nice, nice to have some green, almost twenty five on the year. Almost 37 total. So uh, bad. hopefully we catch some more wins for 277. Shout out to the Draft King, uh, Joshua Paul. Whoa, it's actually a MWO. picture with you. Yeah. That's yeah. at my, uh, I think that was the Chicago meetup. Yeah, I actually don't know which one is him, so I just took the guess. It was the guy without the hat and glasses. Uh, I gave him the P. That's his, in his Twitter handle, so I guess Josh is pushing P. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so shout out to him for winning the Draft King. And then... Uh, Let's do the big hitters real quick. Oh, yeah. not, not the best week for big hitters, but there were still some. Reese Ward, he hits a six-leg parlay, turns $500 into $5,600. Um, one of his friends sent me this, so I don't have his handles or anything. Uh, this man, Kevin P. 11, Curtis Blades to win in the first minute of round one. Jesus. Um, yeah. Plus 2,200. <laughs> I'm actually shocked it was only plus 2,200. I, I feel like a bet like this would have been like plus 5,000, but I guess it is heavyweights. Um so, yeah, I'm sure he was uh, happy about the result, uh, unfortunately. And then back-to-back weeks, we have an almost big hitter of the week, uh, QP Ape on Twitter. Uh, he had a 14-leg parlay intact, 13 for 13, going into the main event to win $12,682. Tom Aspinall to cash. Obviously that loss, but luckily he threw four grand on blades as a hedge. So he still came out with nine thousand uh, dollars of profit on blades before the loss of the parlay. So mm-hmm. almost, almost hits a parlay for twelve thousand uh, dollars. But unfortunately, I'm sure. I mean, when Tom Aspinall went down, he must have felt such a relief uh, that he edged there. So shout out to the big hitters. Shout out to Josh pushing people for uh, winning the DraftKings league. And uh, 
Yeah, shout out to us for hitting our parlay. Yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm a little Four. unsure as to what I'm going to do with this week's pick. Four legs this week too. Now that now that Frank's getting in the Oh legs. yeah, Frank, you said uh, you have your pick already, right? By the way, I will say right now, Frank gets the first pick. If we're going to make him fight wow. it, it's supposed to be okay. random. All right, come on. No, All I right. feel like that's the least that we can do for you. No, I like that. I like that. Do you know your pick? And then my pick has to deliver. Your pick has to deliver. You're out forever. Yes. Yes. (laughs) This is a once or never again. Okay, so mine doesn't go, let's say, and then neither do any of yours. If yours doesn't go, the whole thing goes up in smoke. But, okay. If I'm the only reason that we don't win. But you had first pick, Frank. We tried to get you in on the ground floor. You denied us, so now you only have one option but to hit this If I have first pick, then that, that answers everything. He does make a good point. What if two people lose or three people lose, including him? Still out? Still we out. already did our work last week. Yeah, we, we did our work. We've we proved already, our worth. We've, it pro- says we've no proven homers. we can hit parlays. There's no sure thing on this card, I'll tell you that much. There's no Mohammed Mukhayab. There's no uh, Nurmagomedovs. But you can know. find one. I'm sure you can find one. Can, I'm pretty confident on my pick. Remember you oh, you have it already? Too, yeah. Oh, wow. Do you want to tell us now? No, that, no, no Wednesday. That on. defeats the purpose. He's going to be pouring over... Uh, MMA lock of the night tonight just to make sure that his pick was... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> You're be watching some tape. I can give you my uh, tape index account, Frank. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. Respect. Fight pass. We can start splitting it. We can't just pick off of like who has the better-looking shorts? No. Frank, okay. if we go three for three and then you're the one that's... Well, oh, like the, first, <laughs> the first football pick I did, I won... That um that round, but we won't. We <coughs> and somebody won't know. was like, "Would you just pick the prettiest helmets?" And they were all bitter because I won't. We won't know. We won't yeah, know who has the uh, the best looking shorts because this will be before the fight. Oh, that's right. We will know because they <laughs> always wear the same damn thing. If Frank survives the next week, I bet we're gonna get old. We're gonna have a who picks oh, be first great. between Eric and Frank because Frank's gonna want to add Jake Paul and uh, oh, that's right. Rick's gonna want to add. That's rapidly uh, approaching. That I mean, is right. Ra- yeah, yeah, I would say two rapidly. Weeks, yeah. yeah, two weeks, August sixth. Less than, yeah, less, less than two, two weeks. weeks. I'll see you all there. Um, yeah, I'll see you there, Frank. Cool. You get your tickets. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I'll FaceTime you, Frank. Is that it? Are we good? That's it, man. What a day it has been. I'm sweating, not as much as Frank on a Saturday morning oh in Brooklyn, <laughs> but I am sweating up a storm here. It's very hot in here. You know what we could use in the studio? A little AC. Would a little AC kill anyone around these parts? Just joking. Um, by the way, that's not a take, I just want to say. That's a way of life, okay? Strong-minded. I could withstand the heat, all right? My, 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 my ancestors, my forefathers are from the Middle East, all right? If you don't think that this is a... I mean, this is just... Uh, you know, this weather, this is like January for me, okay? Anyway, I'm very pleased with how everything went today. Thank you very much. We are out of time. Frank, you can hit my music. I've got a gnarly mosquito bite right here on my forearm. I don't know if you guys can see it, but it's really itching me a lot. That's the one bad thing about the summer. A lot of mosquitoes. They like our blood. You know why? Because my family's last name means sweet in Arabic. Halwa. And so I have sweet blood. That's what the doctor told me when I was a young kid. Can you believe that, Frank? Sweet blood. So I they like to feast. Said something like that. Yeah, they like to feast on me. Because you don't have the AC on, so they thrive. They thrive. That's right. It all tied together. Anyway, it was a great day here on the program. I want to thank everyone who stopped by, all our guests, everyone in the chat, all the activity over there. 
uh, please come with good intentions. This is a uh, peace and love zone, all right? And, of course, we'll be back on Wednesday for a brand new episode. Then I'm off to Nashville, by the way, for SummerSlam. But I won't be sticking around for the event. I'll be coming home for 277 because this whole thing of doing big WWE pay-per-views on the same night as UFC pay-per-views has to stop! In any event, back on Wednesday, we'll talk more 277. Thank you to everyone who stopped by today. Nice little... uh, download if you will of all things ufc london congratulations to all the big winners get well soon tommy aspinall tommy aspinall aspinall tommy aspinall he'll be back thank you very much to mohammed mohayev thank you very much nathaniel wood thank you very much jack hermanson thank you curtis blades thank you dan hardy and thank you hamza chemaev how about that Back on Wednesday, same time and place. Until then, I say peace.